Hey guys, pod's over. It's almost 10 p.m. Vegas time. I thought we had one of our best ones. Want to tell you a little something here at the beginning. Somehow, some way, Scott Seidenberg, that's how you say the name, right? Yeah, rolls off the tongue. It does. He is starting to, we are going to have exclusive access to his premium picks. Now, your Twitter, there was all hubbub at your former job. A lot of talk about like, oh, you can't give too many freebies away. You can't, because people liked your stuff that much, quite frankly. Yes. And we, I heard that. I said, hey, it sounds desire. Mm, you know, and then... <laughs> Yeah, it was like hey. a, it was like an old timey, like nineteen twenty. Like I mean, you know, that's the kind of guy we want to get under contract, you know. But it was, and it also it was a chance. You guys have gotten to know Scott on the pod, and you know this is not a tough room, or this is not an easy room. This is a tough room. He's held his own, and he started selling. And you know, I don't talk about selling that much. I, I like to be the nice guy that doesn't. But the reality is. He started off just in a day or two as hot as anyone we've ever had start. That tells me as listeners, you guys have responded to him in a positive way. And you, you today was your first day of actually having picks, right? Yes. And you went undefeated. Correct. That's a good way to start. So here's what we're going to do. There's a coupon code, Scott75. That's two T's. I had a friend... One T in his name. It was always a don't point. Don't trust of, that guy. Always a point of contention. Like, why have a name that you got to explain every time you yeah, say it? That's why I don't trust him. S C O T. Then double it up with a T. Seventy-five. What does that mean? You have your choice of any Scott Seidenberg subscription, which means you don't have much choice. But you can pick any of them: weeks, months, years, seasons, and you get off seventy-five bucks. You can use it only one time, and it's good through Monday. My birthday Sunday. If go ahead. If, a que- if, it, if it's only twenty nine dollars, do I get paid fifty six dollars? No, we said any subscription, oh. a daily pack. I know, Fez, you're going to try to find an angle to shoot, like a blood I'll sucker. Sign everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's a subscription. Now, what's some of his stuff? I would say Scott loves baseball more than any of our. I mean, we got our baseball guys, but when football happens, most of them lose a little interest in baseball. You keep your interest. I love it. You love the baseball. I love it. You can get the right. So if you're the kind of guy that wants the baseball when everyone else is focused on football, it doesn't mean you can't bet football too. I always love thinking I'm one of the few people exploiting these lines. Back in the day, I love that. You know what I'm saying, Fez? Absolutely. And I have noticed the baseball just with football starting. The lines get a little less sharp, I think. Exactly. Because a lot of the big syndicates are putting their focus somewhere else. Yeah. So you can get that. You can get his college football early bird special. And, again, these guys went, AJ, the reigning college football champion over a three-year period. Undefeated this year. Undefeated so far. I didn't even know that. Scott said, he told me personally, I made him guarantee it in negotiations. He was going to supplant. Oh, okay. So we'll see. A little competition. But their pod did go 7-1 last week, and it really – Got a lot of good buzz. It was like, man, the energy, two professional broadcasters, very excellent. So you can get college football or you can get the NFL-CFB combo. He acquits himself quite well on this pod. He bucked me a few times, but I think it was AJ's influence. Don't let him over-influence you. Oh, I won't. (laughs) So Scott75, if you don't buy picks, doesn't matter. You're going to get a lot of freebies here, including coming right up. Let's listen. Whatever happens here, stays here. It's Vegas. 
our two or two extravaganza of over and unders, also known as RJ has to eat edition of the Wise Guy Roundtable. We got a full house here to my right, not a college or not an NFL expert, but he thinks he is. AJ Hoffman. Don't think that. Well, apparently we're going to see that you do. We got a certified expert here. The only guy on earth, living or dead, to win two Super Contests. We got to get a third one there, Steve. This year. Steve Fazek. To my left left, Scott Seidenberg, who is a college football specialist. And I got to tell you something. He knows it. You're humble in the NFL. Yeah. I like that. Try to rub off on age. <laughs> that's why we're doing the college podcast together. And the response to that's been outstanding. And we well, listen. Let's. We're not shy when we do well. well how did how'd the picks go? They were good. Seven uh, and one. Yeah. So you had eight. It wasn't like you're kind of acting like something's a pick out. It was officially eight picks, seven winners, one loser. Yeah. AJ went four and zero. Oh, I went three and one. Oh, look at him falling on the sword. Why? What's wrong with you? I know. I, I'm sorry. I, I'll see myself out. <laughs> now, you guys had no crossover. You had no double up. Like, you both like the same game. No. Oh, that's interesting. It's going to be fun when you do. Now, did you – I didn't get a chance to let – did you run the whole board or how did you – There was go? only seven games, so oh, we ran the whole it. board this week. Wait a minute. How many picks did you have in seven games? Well, AJ had totals. Oh, oh yeah. still, that feels like a lot. Well, that would have scared the shit out of me. We friend. were on the same game. Seven games. Total versus side. But yeah. you, but the line can't be wrong in all every game. What yeah. do you mean? If he he played a side, especially I played a total. The, especially it was touched up all all summer. I don't know. After after AJ like made a convincing case for Vanderbilt, and then they won by a zillion against Hawaii. <laughs> no, that, I'm not saying they're not on. Yeah. But what I'm saying, Fez, is it doesn't matter if you're God. If the line is within a corridor of. The late price, there's no way. To, there's a lot of games. There's no right side. I think that's very sage. And the fact this, I would argue this is the most difficult week to be college football. Why? Because the you lines have been the out. Re, the most recent week, right? Well, the, no, this week, actually. And the lines have been out for week zero. I, 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 I understand the lines have been up for week zero and week one for the past two months. Week one was up as well. Mm-hmm. But week zero kind of catches you by surprise. It suddenly pops up and the like. But And there's public money that comes in as well because there aren't very many games. But week one, there's a whole slate of games, and they've been up for two months. And now everyone's locked and loaded. Everyone's done all their college football work. So these numbers are very tight. Versus even even next week when they're going to be virgin lines that come up on, on Monday. And that's just as applicable to NFL week one. Yes. And I might argue NFL week two, because NFL week two is now enough, enough yeah, spots to put up. It, not as much as week so one. Little, yeah. It, yeah. But it's and still plus there. the big batter. What's the limits on the week two stuff? That's a good point. Right. Yeah. But in general, here's the message is the longer it's been that a game is battable, especially at higher limits, the more likely that any value that exists has already been bet out of the game. Yes. And thus, if you bet Sunday night when the line was just put up, you have your best chance. Virgin lines, they haven't been marred by all those sharps coming in, right? Illinois-Wyoming totals 46, then 44 and a half, and then boom, goes down to 43. And what's it land, AJ? 42 and a half, I believe. Oh, well, the well, game didn't land forty. Oh, they landed at forty-four. Yeah, yeah. So it lands, and there were some forty-two and a half. So it lands yeah. fiddle in the middle. So you get to it early, you win. If you get to it, you know, 
early in the week, you push. If you bet it late in the week, you lose on the under. Well, that was your game, right? Yes, sir. So it's funny because it sounded very prescient at the time. He gave it out like maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. And I said, hey, 44, it was 44 and a half. He gave it out on SOV. I said, that's a key number, you know, old school 37, 44, you know, and boom, it came out to be true. Good. He, I said it when he became a, a man in a way, a wise guy. <laughs> but today, I think he maybe loses this. Uh, can you have a, uh, I always get it messed up because I knew Bart's mitzvah, or uh, there's a bot mitzvah, right? How's bar, that bar is for males. Bar bot is for and bot. Okay. Are they at the same age? Yes. Okay. So in a way, though, can you have that and then have it taken away like you're a man and then say next month it's like no. you're actually not a man? No. no. Okay. Because I was giving it to him, but he's bucking me today so much. How sharp can you be if you're mm. bucking me in the NFL, Fez? Can't, I, I'm bucking you on a couple of them myself, so well, I'm yeah, getting a but, but, but not nearly as many. They, no. Well, first of all, I think there was only – was there one or two for us? I don't think there's – I don't know. There were several. We'll, we'll get to it. Several? Yeah, at least two. We'll get, are you the new producer of the show? No. It'd be funny, the fast show. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like computer voices. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Last week, got a lot of good response on this. What are we doing? Well, one, Mackenzie's gotten an upgrade. He's valuable here. And he came to me and said, I can't be on a team with AJ again. <laughs> and it was, Mackenzie, come on, man. It's, al- it's almost like when you hear his voice, you're like, you don't even argue with him. You're like, you know that he's saying the truth. He waited as long. As- I said, come on over. AJ, it, and it's weird. It didn't seem like you care. It's like you think you would want to hold on to him. I valued Mackenzie uh, as part of our team. I mean, that's the political speak. No, I did. What, what, you're in some really bad spots in the other things we've done. Are you going to blame McKenzie? No. I don't know. So now it's McKenzie and RJ? Yes. As a team, and Scott and AJ? Uh-huh. You know, I'm playing the loner. You know, I'm feeling like, you know the wrestler Bad News Brown? Remember him? Vaguely. He was Georgia Championship Wrestling. So he's he went to did, uh, the WrestleMania, I think, one time in the Survivor Series. And, like, it, it the match lasts well, like— First of all, WrestleMania and Survivor Series are two different events. Okay, you're right. It's Thanksgiving night Survivor Series. Thank you. And he's, he's got his teammates. And, like, within five minutes, one of his teammates accidentally hits him. Uh-huh. And Bad News Brown just, like, slugs him and walks out. And it's and like, I- I'm going solo. And the announcer's <laughs> like, I think this guy just has to work alone. And I feel That's like great. him. That's a great line. He works best alone. <laughs> what they did for a while was it'd be these big names in other territories, and WWF slash E got so big, they would be willing to pay him to come in for like one event. And it was like, it was always weird because if you were a fan of the other, like the Freebirds, mm-hmm. right? The Freebirds were so big in taxes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, then that's the Vince, greatest rock. Eventually, Vince just bought everything. You know, yeah. I, no offense to Dylan, End but that, that's, that's the greatest rock and roll song ever. I love oh, Freebird. Oh, that's a high-rated one. What's funny is I think there's other Skinner songs that are better than that. I just love the slow Simple tempo. Man. Yes. For me, for, me, for and, it to— And Tuesday's Gone. Or Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday's Gone is the other one. For it to be the greatest song ever, it has to have a slow tempo and a fast tempo, in my opinion, my humble so opinion. So Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. I'll look that up when I, I get home. I like the Rizzuto interlude. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm in over the my Phil head. Rizzuto yeah. one? What is and what? And he's coming home. <laughs> I mean, it's a metaphor for obviously what's going on. Uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. But, but that's why <laughs> what is and what should never be by by Zeppelin is my favorite Zeppelin song. Ah. It, it's, it's slow and then fast. It, it's, a, it's funny. There's a great show. That's so not- Stairway to Heaven, though. True. Oh, don't even. Yeah, stairway. You think you think Freebirds better than Stairway? Yes, because oh. I want to be contrarian. Everyone picks Stairway as number one. Well, just like people think, like God because is it's good. True. <laughs> yeah, <obviously>. Well, <laughs> Stairway finished number two on the uh, the Memorial Day countdown for the local Vegas rock station. No way. Yeah. But what it was Nirvana. You're saying it smells, wait, wait, like, so, it, it smells, smells like, like Teen Spirit. Spirit is a okay. legit top song. Because I it, think it also. It came at an influential time that yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's better in stairway, but in a no. weird way, people do get sick of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. At some point, you want. Okay. It just makes me feel shitty that Nirvana is now. Oh, that's cl- on sure. the same classic, classic rock. rock station yeah. as Zeppelin. Thirty years ago. I know. Think about it. Did you watch in, that Woodstock documentary? Incredible. In utero, it's been a long time ago. That kid's drinking of drinking age. The in utero. Kid. No, he was on Nevermind. The the naked the kid, kid. The kid was in Nevermind. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Nevermind is is uh In Utero was the album right after it. Oh, I know, but what I'm saying is Nirvana. So you're talking about Nirvana being yes. an oldie station. Yeah, yeah. In Utero was Nirvana. Right. And I said the kid in Utero is now drinking. Do you get the joke? We thought that you were saying the kid on the like cover of In Utero, but it was the cover of Nevermind, the little kid. The baby oh, in the but pool. He, but he was in utero. Now I get your literal <laughs> saying here. Yes. Yeah. So wait a minute. I didn't know. So you're saying? Yeah, your joke was too highbrow. I thought, highbrow. I thought you were referencing. <laughs> we we both thought that you were referencing but the infant yes. in the water on the cover. But of what Never I'm Mind. saying is they have an album named In Utero. Yes. But then they have another album not named In Utero with a kid in utero yes. on the cover. Yeah, that confused everyone. <laughs> I'm sure. But it was such a good joke that he's now drinking. Right? He's not but drinking. He, what do you mean? He's got a family now. Yeah. <laughs> it, but, it, but you stepped on it with your, you know. Again, that, that joke was over our head. It was too highbrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Quick last thing is um, there's a great show called Freaks and Geeks. If you like good TV. It Judd was, Apatow. Yes. Now in Boston's favorite show. Well, that's a good sign for both the show because he's got he's an artistic type and, and now in Boston. So I appreciate all that. But... Um, the, the kids who were the geeks, the one who was Lindsay's brother, I can't remember his name now, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes. When they, he went to a dance and was so scared that he didn't know how to dance, right? Like fast stuff. But then it started off one of the songs from Styx. I can't remember the name of the song. The Renegade? It's the one that goes from, it starts really the slow. Renegade? Oh, mama, come yeah, that's a, it's Renegade. my life yeah. from the that long song? list of the law. It's the long arm of what, the law. What's funny is Faz kept looking around and saying, should I stop? Should I stop? And no one. man is coming down from the gallows. It's a tremendous song. I mean, very long. Guys, the jig is up. The truth is out. They finally found me. Yeah. Guys, please don't turn off the pod. If you're a new <laughs> listener. It was a perverse that I let them do that. I kept looking, like, saying, when are they going to figure out they should stop? And they didn't. I'm sorry. Per- I, I've, I've never personally apologized. <laughs> okay. But what, so he goes and he starts dancing with her, and it's like a slow song, and then it kicks up, and everyone starts doing their moves, and he's just frozen on the dance. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Let's do it. Oh, for those who didn't listen last week, here's the rules. We're doing the AFC. If you miss the NFC, it's 
last week's. It was good. Now, what's happening? It's McKenzie and me. He's the captain of the team. See, I don't mind giving accolades to those around me, AJ. Very generous of you. Fez is, he, he, he works best alone. <laughs> like, like Bad News Brown. <laughs> he's like Bad News Brown. <laughs> and there's Scott and AJ. The, one of them knows he's not an NFL expert. One doesn't yet. But they're together. And what do we do? In every division, and this is an important concept, you can't really like three overs in a division because they play so many games with each other. In general, it's best to like one team over and one team under if you're going to have two picks in any division. And we're forcing that. All right? So let's say there's two neutrals, one over, one under. And we're forcing to bet that each one of the four divisions, and one's the best bet, one isn't. Now, what's our betting? Our betting is winner take oh, we with our points though it wasn't two to one our points was three to two meaning for the point count who has the most wins and it's a thousand bucks for the that winner and then any crossovers where you're going one way and i'm going the other or whatever have a, a if it's best bets it's a 300 dollars crossover if it's two non-best bets it's 200 if it's a hybrid it's 250. So, I mean, we're talking multiple thousands of dollars are going to be at, from each participant. But somehow, AJ, maybe you are an NFL expert. Right? No, nope. I think you are. Now I think about it. You want to double, double this, Faz? Sure. Nah. <laughs> no, no, we're keeping where we are. But this is real money, guys. And you know why? Because real people bet money on this stuff if they have an opinion. And, you know, that's something, you know, Scott, now you're doing more with this. I think it speaks to one of my core beliefs. A lot of people talk, but if you're not willing to back it with cash, shut the F up. I agree. And I got to give AJ credit. Initially, he hated it. Like I was pressing my button on it. He was like, what? It was like that. And then finally, I really explained it. He goes, you know, you're right. Like as time went on, he goes, if I feel something, I should be willing to bet. Wouldn't you agree you've come around on 100%. that? 100%. So let's do it. Showtime. All right, Fez, Fez, why don't you start, and we're starting in the East. We're starting in the East, and I will do my best bet. I'm going Jets under. It's uh, 5.75 is the number I'm showing. you agree, McKenzie? So, McKenzie, why don't you do this? Before each division, we'll read the numbers. I'm going to give you Fez's presentation to put together. And and we got him. We We want him to solidify an exact number. And then after his presentation, you can read him for the East. Sounds good. All right, so he'll tell you in a minute. So here's a Jets team that the public absolutely loved after the draft. How many times do we have to hear Jets killed the draft? They did but so well. Is that well. the public or is that the, the draft until it, or the, the draft Knicks? It was the draft Knicks and that the public read the draft Knicks. And, yeah, and you've always said, you know, we don't know who won the draft. We're, we really don't know at all. And the what's Ravens happened? Won the draft. Well, so the, mean, Jet, yeah. the Jets Next were year too. five and a half and they went up to six. Everyone was so bullish on the Jets. Wowza, it's been a bad month for the New York Jets. I would argue this Wilson injury is the worst possible scenario because if he had been like torn ACL, mm-hmm. the Jets would be like, oh, we got Joe Flacco for a quarterback. We got to go out. Whoever said that? Okay, you're saying we got to get Jimmy G. Okay. We got to get, and they, they could have actually upgraded to a better quarterback than Wilson, for who, sure. who I think is terrible. Now they got a situation where they got an old fossil in Flacco who's no good at all. Worst quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL. Whoa, 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 whoa. worse than Geno Smith? 
Uh, what I'm saying Comparable. is, here's the thing. Flacco took a bad break. I don't know where the Flacco, and I don't use this phrase much, but slander started. <laughs> because he won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He got paid a ton of money. Yep. And then it, because of that money, he became bad. <clears throat> I'll tell you this. I'm a Steelers fan, and in that era, I was watching every play of every game, and I was watching every play of every game in the preseason. Flacco scared me. I never liked playing Joe Flacco. I never did. Hmm. He would complete some bit. He'd mess up the whole game. And he'd get one pass interference with three minutes left. He was a winner. Well, he understood. He was a gunslinger. He would yeah, throw the arm. ball down the yep. field. Now he doesn't have an arm. So he's, yeah. I got a gunslinger with a dead arm. A lot of people. But if you look at the stats, he wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm just, I don't think he's a top. I think he might be the 22nd. We so sure he's at the very You bottom. know, I might be biased because I actually watched his last start in preseason. Uh-huh. And oh, so. That'll he, bias you. He threw sure. a pick six. I'm not kidding. In high school, if a high school quarterback had t- – he, he literally is staring at a defender. The uh. defender's the only one in his vision, and he throws it right to the defender. He's not under duress. It, what, what, AJ, and you see that play? What was going on? How is that possible? And listen, guys get old. At some point, you hit <laughs> Their the eyesight? Wall. Oh, no, no. What I'm saying is maybe I'm right and you're right, meaning that maybe – in recent years, he hasn't been as bad as people think, but now he's become that bad. You know, I don't the, know. the bottom line: the Jets have to go back to Wilson. So now Wilson, I don't know if it'll be week two, week four when he comes all, back. Really, not only do they have to go back, this season's major purpose for the Jets is to determine how good Wilson exactly. is. Exactly. Right. So, so he's he, he's already got an injury. He loses all his reps in preseason. Now he's going to come back. So he's going to be compromised when he comes back. And he wasn't any good to begin with, in my opinion. So, but, we, but let me ask you this: the stats were no good for anyone but Mac Jones. Jones last year mm-hmm. of the first-year quarterbacks, even Davis Mills. You could make the case Davis Mills had the second-best numbers. But mm-hmm. how do you ascertain between – if all of them were bad except one, it can't just be they were bad last year that tells me they're going to be bad this year. What is it that makes you say Wilson is no good, but I don't think you'd say that about uh, Trevor Lawrence? That's a great question. You know what I think it is. Well, I think Trevor Lawrence had the pedigree, so I'm more likely to say, you know what, that's it's in it's in him. But but any high pick in aggregate is going to have the pedigree to mm-hmm. be the second pick. Yes, I think what it is is just you keep hearing everyone talk about the inevitability of Tre- Trevor Lawrence, so you b- buy into well, it. I, I th- and this is something we've talked about before, and you like this about Justin Fields, y- y- Trevor Lawrence. At least we saw. He made his share of mistakes, no doubt, but he was willing to throw the ball down the field, make NFL throws. Zach Wilson never started making NFL throws and still was bad. Like at least you've seen Trevor Lawrence th- throw, make throws that NFL quarterbacks expected to throw. Whereas Zach Wilson, you never saw that. I, I agree with that. And the one possibility that Wilson could succeed is to use his legs some, which he was doing in preseason when he got it's injured. It's one possibility. It's a way to raise the basement a little bit. Right, but now he's not going to be able to do that because he hurt himself running. So that's going to they're going to put the kibosh on that as well. Um, Becton, one of their starting alignment, is out already. I, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. The thing that I think makes your case the most in the most compelling fashion is the fact that the total now is still higher than it was at open even though the news has been so bad exactly because there was such a push Mm -hmm. towards the over and usually um objects in motion tend to remain in motion. I think I've heard that in physics. And that's certainly the case with season wins in the NFL. It's very rare you see everyone betting in one direction and then there's a reversal. Now, that's happened with two teams. The Jets have reversed. 
the Jets were going up, and now they're mm-hmm. going down, mm-hmm. and Atlanta's reversed. Atlanta was going down, now they're going up. People are betting on Atlanta. Those reversals I pay a lot of attention to because it's so rare where the Sharps have said, you know what? We don't like we don't like the the direction that this team has been moving. We disagree with it, and there's been a whole lot of money so anti jets. The, rever- the reversal, do you rate the reversals differently if it's going down than up or up than down? I don't. Okay, but I would be more likely if a. No, actually, I I don't weight them any different. Mm-hmm. To me, I think you got to weight not so much up or down what the order is, but is their new information. Mm-hmm. With the Jets, I don't think anyone that liked the overs reevaluating why they liked it. It's just things have changed. The story's completely different. Yeah. Yes. Everything gets, like I said, this is the worst case scenario. I'm going to get a bad quarterback that didn't get any reps that desperately needed. I don't know if he's going to stay bad, but it's much more likely he's going to stay bad without any work during August. I think you've opened my eyes about what I was doing with the Jets. I didn't have them over or under. I was scared. I like the under. I didn't really agree with all the optimism earlier this year, but I thought there's too many sharp people that like the over for me to want to go under. But in truth, there has been such a change fundamentally that those opinions no longer are even pertinent necessarily. I would co-sign this under here. By the way, we did something new this week with our stats, and we'll get AJ and Scott's opinion on the Jets if there's anything else there. Here's what we've done. We've said, hey, what, what are the luck categories? We've talked about fourth quarter win share, with, which is effectively close wins or close losses, turnovers, injuries, strength of schedule. Year over year, those are four, the four most important. Did they win a lot of close games? They lose a lot of close games. That causes a misperception. Right? Were they overly injured or not injured a lot? Like Rams, they were very lucky with injuries. Right? We would expect that to regress. Right? And then turnovers, we all know, like a interceptions worth like five points. If a team has a bunch of them and they're unlucky, it changes things. Like Dallas had a lot of defensive turnovers, which really helped them win games. And then finally, injuries. If someone's, we assume in a given, oh no, I talked injuries. I mean, turnovers, strength, strength of schedule. Hey, if you have an easy schedule one year and a tough schedule the next, you can be the same team and it's going to affect you. But these are four things the market doesn't properly always account for. Well, for the first time ever, ever, we have, in fact, hold on. You might have watched Michael Jackson in Off the Wall. Well, now, Billy, G- oh, wait, no, no, no. Was it Off the Wall? I think it was Off the Wall. That was his album before Thriller. No, <laughs> it was the uh, it was the all luck, which is now the four factors added up, each one converted to a number of games. How were they lucky or unlucky? So the New York Jets were the eighth unluckiest team, and they should have won 1.7 more games in aggregate with those four factors. So Fez, in general, that's what drove some of the overaction to start yes. with. Now you're saying the quarterback situation. And the left tackle. And do we really know how good Salah is? We know he was a good defensive coordinator. In general, my default is that a new head coach is not very good. Yeah, we we all forget it's survivorship bias. We all like remember the successes, but they're few and far between. I would say, what would you say? 
three-quarters of new head coaches crap out to become defensive coordinators, never to be seen again? Listen, the fact that uh, the, the main handicap for most people on under – I don't think anyone here is dumb enough to have under Patriots – but if they do, it's usually anti-Belichick. <clears throat> so if I'm hearing the anti-Belichick, I don't know what to make of other people's opinions of coaches. Yeah, I want to I back Salah against Belichick. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah good I luck mean, with that. I mean, again, there's going to be good coaches that come from the unknowns, but when you have the greatest coach that ever walked the earth... You know, I have to. I have to share. I've got. I've got a really good friend, professional better. Um, RJ, you and I have spoken about him before, and I. I don't want to put his name on the air, but um, he texts me every every time the last five years that I've lost betting on the New York Jets. He'll text me. It's another good spot for the Jets next week. Like he, oh, has, so he, he figures the time when you lose thousands of dollars is the time to taunt you. Yes, he he, he basically <laughs> believes the Jets are perennial, like overvalued. That people he 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 thinks it's because they're in the New York market that people are always trying to find a reason. Well, then to why back was the, the Jets. but the same thing about the Browns? They were loved by the wise guys for years and didn't win. Yes, it's that Cleveland media. I you Come know. All? You, you you have to explain. Well, the stats were always so good for Cleveland versus their performance. Yeah, but that's right. not the case for the Jets. Okay. Any closing thoughts on the? You want to defend the New York market? No, I just want to say that the Jets do have. There were reasons for promise, which is why the market was bullish on them before the Zach Wilson injury and before the whole Mackay Becton injury as well. The, the the draft picks this year are going to contribute right away. Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall. You know, you look. Is at he going to? Is he even going to start? Know what any rookie is going to contribute? No, but they are expected to okay. contribute. Is, the, is Brees Hall going to get the start? Is he? Or is yeah, gonna him be and Michael Carter are going to be. They're, they're going to two headed running, two two headed monster running back. Okay, so he's not going to start. He's going to. He's going to get plenty of carries. Sure. Okay, plenty of carries. This is probably not probably. This is I would say the deepest wide receiving core. And include the tight ends in that as well that the Jets have had in a long time. I was a big so, Altoon guy. <laughs> I was a Wayne Quebec. Who's their best wide receiver? Garrett Hofstra. Wilson. No. Well, uh, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Um, is, is he even like? A, would he? Would you say any of these guys are top forty in the league? Well, Corey, Corey Davis is a good example. Yeah. The PFF. What well, the PFF guys loved him as a number two. He went to the Jets and was supposed to be the number one last year and just underperformed. So the question is, it's this whole thing in the NFL now, wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. They, if you don't have one and you try to make a two or one, it's a big problem. That's, the Jets have three number yeah. twos. Well, they, well, Elijah Patriots, Moore. Patriots, you can say that too. Elijah yeah. Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, um, you know, picking up Uzama from the Bengals was a big get at tight end and, and to go along with Tyler Conklin. So this, this sounds is, like New York talk radio. The optimism just, starts. If, if he's got a 1-800-9. I like that Uzama guy and that he's the guy in the Super Bowl that like had like a broken leg yeah. and he's like, I'm going to yeah. play. It's the yeah. Super Bowl. If you've got a bad quarterback and you've got a bunch of number two, number three type receivers, like how does that add up to success? When does that add up to success? I agree. But also but, healthier on defense now this year, too, mm-hmm. because Carl Lawson's back, C.J. Mosley's back. That You know, you do bring in Sauce Gardner. Well, Mosley has played like eight plays in four <laughs> yeah, years. Same, and, and Carl Lawson was hurt all, last year. He didn't I play hate all whenever years. the Ravens get rid of a guy and he, and he does poorly. It just makes the Ravens happy. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. What Scott said at the very beginning of his answer is a macro point. The NFL is built for bad teams to get better. The, the whole drafting part, I just think Jets are picking top five and the Patriots are picking 
29. Jets 30, have three first-round picks this year. They're all going to play. At some point, you could be throwing darts, and you're going to have a pretty decent team. But how often is it year one when you you have three first-round picks? They've been picking in the top five for five years. <laughs> I know, and one of them was Zach Wilson. Listen, we don't know. what I mean, we can laugh about it because I do think he had one of the worst years I've ever seen. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be good. Josh, we don't know yet. We Josh Allen's first year was really bad. It really was. It wasn't Zach Wilson level bad. But then, but how at a certain point does the severity of the bad matter even? I don't know. I'm not saying it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. I know that it's gonna. It's too quick to say. The Zach, here's the thing. The Jets are got, is a billion-dollar organization. They chose to go ahead with Zach Wilson. Someone think, and you might say, well, they're never going to get rid of a number one that quick. Well, isn't that what Arizona did? Yeah. Yeah. With Rosen? So, by the way, Josh Rosen cut today by the Browns. Well, they, Shocker. Uh, too late. Too late. <laughs> I mean, we looked at the Rosen number. He made as much after the Cardinals contract than he did yeah. before, mm. which was insane. All right. Enough on the Jets. Let's keep moving. Uh, AJ, what do you got your first pick? We have in the AFC East, we're going to go over with the Miami Dolphins. Okay, now, I would agree with that, except I don't. Okay. Crossfire. Crossfire. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I, I, the defense, all 11 starters and the DC is back. I think that's, that's a, a that's, good starting yeah. point. I think the offense is vastly upgraded. Uh, you, you bring in Tyreek Hill. You bring in Cedric Wilson. You bring in Teron Armstead to help protect Tua. You get to an offensive-minded head well, coach. It's very important, the left tackle with a left-handed quarterback. Is it important to have good offensive linemen? It is, but you, you understand this is an economic sure. exercise, and left tackles come at a premium, and they're paying a premium for a guy that isn't playing a premium position for this team. I don't care about their salary cap situation. But, we care about their win total this year. But the, the, they're one and the same because their ability to, if they overspend here, it means they underspend somewhere else where you don't see it. Meaning maybe it was the punter. Maybe it was the long snapper. But at some, it's like the Cowboys. Everyone can say Dallas isn't going to drop off. Two years ago, you heard, well, they're paying extra for Dak. They're paying, who cares? It's like eventually... And sometimes you're right. It can linger for a year or two, but it's a sign of a front office that doesn't know what it's doing, in my opinion. But go It's ahead. a sign of it. Well, first of all, it was a team that underspent the salary cap last year, so the fact that they're even spending, I think, is promising. All right. All right. Uh, but I, I do think that Tua now with – and I'm not here to say that Tua is going to take some sort of massive leap, and there are people who think that. I'm not one of them. But I think this team all, – all they've got to do is be as good as they were last year and with the roster upgrades – it almost seems impossible not to. And to the point about the head coach, uh, let's keep in mind, you know, he comes over from San Francisco and their ability to be uh, multifaceted offensively, I think is what you're going to see here from the Miami Dolphins, right? You have Raheem Mostert on the Dolphins, who is obviously very comfortable in that 49er system that Mike McDaniel ran. Him and Chase Edmonds I mean, provide... It's like a Parcells thing. You come over yeah. and bring one of your, yeah. your locker room guys. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and him and Chase Edmonds are a nice one-two combo where they're not only going to be good running the football, but also p- catching the ball out of the backfield. Chase Edmonds, a very good pass-catching running back. And all the things that Mike McDaniel did with Debo Samuel, he's going to do with Tyreek Hill, in my opinion. So everyone talking mm. about this whole, uh, maybe he's not at getting thir- handoffs at 30, out of running back. At 30 years old, it's, uh, he probably doesn't want to take that pound. That, that was the thing I was going to say. But a lot of quick 
pop yeah, yeah, passes, a lot that. of in motion, quick slants, the sort of things that we saw from you know Debo in that offense. You're going to see here, and having D, ha- having Tyree Kill alongside Jalen Waddle is one of the best one-two combos you're going to find in the NFL. I guess pursuant to what Scott said, the, the same thing struck me when I was looking at Miami's skill position players. I was like, I look at the Jets, I'm like, who are these guys? And then I'm looking at like Cedric Wilson's your number three wide receiver. That's better than anything that the Jets have. And you look two good running backs. And you got Gusecki, one of those tight ends yeah. that actually— Now, you, you don't know, have a pick on this. I don't have a pick leaning, on— leaning I was going to play Miami under, and then I looked, and I was like— Dang, this team is loaded with skill position players. Why was your instinct to go under? Um, I don't like Tua. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've got a quarterback I don't like and an unproven head coach. I agree. And so, I mean, that's, and they got to win 10 to go over now. I'm I'm being serious on this for a second. Mm -hmm. Does it look like when you look at tape of Tua that he belongs on the field? I would make the case it looks like it's like a pump, pass, and kick competition that. The players came back on the field when he was doing his last throw. He looks like he's, like, shorter than everyone. It looks like he can't grip the ball. Let me ask Some you. of it's just maybe visual, uh, cosmetic, but I mean, he doesn't look physically like he should be in the NFL. Okay, now, I'm not saying this is going to happen, and I'm not saying that we're making this bet anticipating this happens. All right, all right. But. So really what you're saying if, is I don't believe what I'm going to say well, right no, now. No, I'm but, asking you a question. All right, all right. If Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback of this team, would you like them to go over their win total? Now that's interesting. Do I Would I upgrade or downgrade or mm-hmm. say the same on Teddy? Uh, he played so, a couple years ago. Like the Teddy from the Saints I think would be an upgrade. Is it age or was that just how good the Saints are putting him in a good situation? I, I don't think he looked good at all for Denver. Seven and seven. I just don't think he looked good yeah. at all for that. I mean, it, but Tua hasn't looked good either. I've got him real close. At least Tua, you think, is trending up. Yeah. Because I heard someone make a case. I can't remember who it was, but it was compelling mm-hmm. that the first year he was coming off a catastrophic injury, they had an OC that was um, not. It was about Fitzpatrick. It wasn't about Tua. Yep. The old school guy. And then last year. Multiple OCs. And the O-line was really bad. You could say that Tua hasn't had his chances. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It doesn't look like he can hold the ball physically. My point being is that I understand the quarterback is the most important position. But if we look at this roster, we look at this schedule, we look at the reasons for Mm -hmm. optimism with this team. You're saying he could be the 24th best quarterback and still go over? Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. I think you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I have him number 24. There you go. So it strikes me one thing. I, I don't watch NFL games like a nut. So Minshew, his rookie or I, his rookie year, yeah. there was a couple games in I hadn't seen him yet. And then I was flipping around, and I saw him at the end of a half, I think, against the Eagles, if I remember right. And I go, wait a minute. He was trying to throw from the 50 to the end zone and literally couldn't get the ball mm-hmm. there. And it looked like he didn't get too good of a grip. I go, this is the guy everyone's – I go, no. <laughs> and you know what? He's been about as good as you could – because he was really good that second year with the Jags when it didn't look like he yep. was. And then he, he stepped in and played well. I mean, he – I think he might – in fact, I would want him. That's – do you want Minshew or Tua, Faz, if you got your life on the E or on Miami over? You know, I got Tua – I can't believe that's even a debate. I, I got Tua higher rated, but – 
because you can't in your mind. Th- yeah, Richard, I, I, because if Richard I'm, was the number one quarterback, he'd be rated very differently. It should have no effect. I, exactly. On you. Ba- basically, what I'm doing is I'm trusting the NFL executives to be a better evaluation of ta- evaluator of talent than I am. They are in aggregate, but in any yes. given team, there's a reason they maybe have a guy like they were trying to sabotage Minshew. In Jacksonville, because they wanted picks and they didn't want him to be the quarterback because they wanted Trevor Lawrence. Well, they got Trevor Lawrence. And he wasn't real good last year either, AJ. No. Uh, but I think there's more reason to have optimism for Tua this year than there ever has been. Well, it better be because after three years, you better have it. Yep. That's the thing. The league doesn't wait. At, you know, look at Daniel Jones. Agreed. It's year four, and everyone's mm-hmm. way impatient. But he had the, one of the best preseasons for any quarter. And I know that doesn't – listen, it's, it's better than well, have a shitty Rams, preseason. The Rams quarterback was first, right? The guy, did he even make the Is game? it better or worse than having – would you rather him have a bad preseason? You could laugh, but like – But that's like saying he didn't break his foot. It's like, yeah, it's good he didn't break his foot, but that's not like the driver of the conversation. I don't know if it's pertinent or not. I think what is pertinent is – on a per pass attempt basis, the Dolphin, which that was a, one of the big issues they had last year, uh-huh. was yards per attempt on pass. Can't attempt. even hold the ball. Ten point eight yards per pass attempt on Saturday night against the Eagles, which was one of the best in the last five years in preseason football. Well, he was football. digging deep for this. All I'm it. saying is that the fact they're willing to push the ball downfield a little bit is promising. What if, you know how they depict sometimes you're talking to the Supreme Court like it's in a movie. And the the lawyer will say something, and the judges will like whisper to each mm. other. It's it's almost like right when he said about the preseason, it's like, we've come to a ruling. You know, it's like you've decided to go to the preseason so early, you're guilty. I thought you said we we're wrapping up. Well, I haven't even said anything Flacco's about interception yet. in the preseason. You saw it. Yeah, that's true. But, no, <laughs> I, I do. It. I it was do, bad. <laughs> I do agree with AJ in this way that it can be a bad sign the preseason. It's hard for it to be a good sign. But under that theory, it means the absence of a bad sign is good. Yes, but it's not good. Okay. (laughs) I'll accept that. All right. McKenzie's got very quiet here, but he's got deep knowledge on this because this is a coach that was part of the Shanahan system. And here's the thing. This is the guy that if there's ever a sense that, oh, you know, Kyle isn't really that smart. It was his daddy to start, and then it was this guy after Almost like Belichick, again, I obviously don't believe this in either case, but this is like Belichick with uh, Adams. I forget it. I always forget his first name. But a guy that's been like the director of football research. For Ernie pa- Adams? Ernie. For a long I – I loved Ernie. Or Adams Ernie, ribs? Ernie from Ernie, Bert and Ernie. I loved Ernie, right? He was the lovable one. The yellow one was Bert, right? Yeah. yeah. Ernie was orange. I liked Ernie. He was, ra- was kind of like a – he was like a, uh, from Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Guy. Like he, was, he caused trouble, but he had a smile on his face. Yeah. I liked him. Bert was a bully. Was he? Well, they yeah. said it was repressed gay or something. Maybe. That was the theories later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But to me, Ernie Adams was a brilliant, he's retired now, brilliant guy, but Belichick was brilliant too. Mackenzie, amongst those inside the whole Shanahan, you know, legacy, how, how does this narrative go? Like, what, what do you believe is true when it comes to? I'm sorry, I forget. What's his coach's name? Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. What's his? Wh- where's he belong in the hierarchy? Well, let's go back to Washington when Kyle was the coordinator and McVeigh was the quarterbacks coach or the tight ends coach, and Matt Lafleur was the quarterbacks coach. Okay, so that's the triumvirate there. All three are great head coaches right now. Mike McDaniel was an intern. So he was, you know, significantly less than that. And he's but, been but an intern not because of merit, because of age. Yeah, All exactly. Right. 
I'm, he could be better than all Einstein them. was once exactly. a student in college. Go ahead. Yeah, and he's been, you know, with Kyle since that time in Washington, 2011 to 2022. This is the first year he's not on a Kyle Shanahan staff. So a lot, a, a lot of questions from that perspective. Well, but it could be one of two things. It could be the outsiders didn't appreciate him because he's known as a very, correct me if I'm wrong, a bookish, hyper-intelligent, but not demonstrative person. Yeah, a mulatto for me. Yeah, I'm rooting for this guy to be much okay, more successful. Okay, but that's that's a personal. I should be on the personal podcast. We're, we're we're talking about here is what we can, how we can somehow exploit your deep knowledge on this, right? You following it? Yes. All right, we want to exploit now, but the uh, he. My sense is this was the right-hand man that did a lot of the work that I'm not saying he innovated it. I'm, well, let's just say this. When you look at San Francisco, do you downgrade them because of his absence? I don't, no. Because I tell you this, we didn't talk about this last week. This is the first time Shanahan's OC is a guy that hasn't been part of this family, not family tree, but this tree. It's the guy who was the Miami Dolphins quarterback, the undefeated year when Ohio State beat him, so they weren't undefeated. What was his name, Dorsey or? Uh, the Miami quarterback? Yeah, yeah Ken, Ken Dorsey. Dorsey. That's who's the, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the OC of the 49ers this year, right? You're talking about Brian Greasy, the quarterback? No, no. They're saying Greasy, if, if I'm not mistaken. No, Ken Dorsey is the uh, Bills OC. How was I? Okay, you know what might have happened? I think I mixed those two up. I heard because they both are in the not in the news, but being discussed. Okay, so and Greasy is the guy who was like the commentator last year for Monday Night Football, right? Yeah. Now he's the quarterbacks coach. The 49ers don't have an official offensive coordinator this year. Okay, so which means what? Kyle's doing more than usual. Calling the plays just like last year. I don't see a big difference. Well, no. yeah. Okay, we can act like that. That. Um, so then I'm confused because when we get, I can't wait to get this Patriots talk because one of the narratives I've heard on the Patriots is Belichick's there, but he finally ran out of coaches, right? And now he's having, instead of going outside, he's trying to get coaches to coach somewhere they don't typically coach, mm-hmm. right? Okay. He's got a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, first of all, if you ever are scoffing and laughing at Belichick, <laughs> I am. I am. then you should be laughing at yourself. I, I, because I am. your first thought needs to be, what am I missing? Like, think about it. I, if Phil Ivey makes a poker play, do you laugh at it if you disagree? Or do you think, what am I missing? Exactly. Phil Ivey plays in your Baccarat pit. There's a reason he's in your background. Yeah. Hey, watch Imagine out. The casino bosses were laughing, saying, doesn't he know this is a negative EV game? <laughs> this is like these guys with the anti- Let's just get to the ballot check. Who's got the Patriots under? We, we do. Okay. Fez, do you? No. Yeah, the thank, Jets under. Thank God. All right. Make your case. And, and please, don't hold back on the hate of Belichick. Uh, I don't hate Belichick. I, I'm, so all, not hate, I'm sorry. He's incompetent. All I'm saying he's is. He's incompetent. The, this isn't about incompetence. The only reason you can possibly like the Patriots is because of Belichick, because their roster is terrible. Are you screaming purposely to have the mic, like, crack with it? No. All right. You heard a crack. I did. Bring it down. Okay. Go ahead. But you're, you're saying the opposite of what I said. I, I'm going to let you present. Okay. I think Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach oh, in the history of time. My best friend's black, but... But <laughs> he doesn't have any players. He's got a bad offensive line. He has a bad defense. He had a bad defense last right, year so that so lost so some of their best players. question. His offensive line is... Uh, the Patriots' offensive line is certainly top 10 in the league. I d- disagree completely. So where, completely. Wh- what is your metrics for this? Uh, 
I guess just looking at their players. I, I don't so know. So you, you're, you're in a position to judge how good their center is. I mean, I, I find that in common. The best anyone's going to do who's not watching the All-22 is be well-versed in the rankings at PFF or other, you know, there's other sites that rank. Like okay. SP, like, so, Mackenzie, let's take a gander at the PFF rankings. Seventh. Seventh. Uh, AJ, can you, do you want me to call? I know people over here. You want me to call and tell them you're going to correct them or what? No. I mean, I just don't know. But I, I guess if I can't disagree with PFF, then what do, am I doing no, you here? You can, but you've got to have – disagreeing isn't saying they're wrong. Disagreeing is making the case, right? And I don't – and you can say, you know, something I was all worked up and I started saying offensive line. I didn't really mean that. Like, what are you doing? Are you looking to see how good Shaq Barrett was last year versus now? No. Because here's the thing about that trade. They're saying, why would Belichick give him up? Why? Well, it was for what, a six-round pick? Right. Doesn't that mean that the entire league said no to the fifth rounder? So it's Belichick's an idiot. Who who knows this guy better than anyone on earth as a coach? Belichick, right? Because he yeah. played with him for five years. So played for him. So the guy that knows him best, the smartest football mind ever, wants to trade him. The market is a six-round pick, but everyone's saying he's an idiot for doing it except Hasn't the other 30 teams other than Tampa and New England spoken that this guy's not worth a fifth-round pick? The Steelers need linemen. I can promise you that. They said no. Right? Patriots defense. Let's talk about <laughs> well, the defense. So AJ, you, we'll let AJ end on the O-line, meaning he can take some research time if he needs well, it. Well, no, I can, tell, I, mean, I can tell you what I've seen in the preseason. Their preseason, they've, had, they've been one of the worst pass protection teams. They can't run the ball. So, sure, do they have these players that are – have been good in the past, yes. But now they're running. A, this is not the offense they've been running. This isn't Josh McDaniels here. So right now the offensive line looks, I think, leaky is a good way to describe it. And I think if you're gonna, if if most people are upgrading the Raiders because of Josh McDaniels, then don't you naturally have? Oh, to, that's anti-Gruden. Well, don't you naturally have to downgrade the Patriots for losing Josh McDaniels? I think I you think. absolutely have to downgrade them. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, but, but the question is, we're all talking matter of degrees here, right? The question sure. is, is it a half point a game? It can't be much more than that. I think when you I think if when you have the uncertainty of who's running this offense, and then you just that look uncertainty at, does, Belichick knows what he wants. Sure, but let's look at the options then. What did we see from Joe Judge's offenses in New York? Oh my gosh. Are we really gonna act like Joe Judge, who worked for Nick Saban and Belichick, went to the New York media market? and flamed out that that's a sign of how good of an assistant coach he is. Same with Matt Patricia. I mean, you got both those guys. I yeah, mean, A rocket scientist. Maybe they weren't good head coaches, but now, now they're back. Sure, I'm not even sure what Joe Judge would have been. I mean, he, he was prematurely fired, hmm. though we said it last week. That team wasn't playing hard at the end, and, and that is an indictment. But would you rather have had that Giants offensive talent or this Patriots offensive talent? Oh, man. Are we going to put Barkley up as something because of the way he was four years ago? I, I, here's the thing about me. I'm a top-down handicapper. I can't sit and judge the O-line for the Giants. I, and I'm not trying – I mean, like, I'm saying I don't know anyone that can that's a professional better, meaning I know prof- people that really know the X's and O's of football, but they don't know anything about batting. And I know betters that know that even watch the All-22, but they don't know enough. O-line is a whole different universe. Sure, sure. Right? So I don't know. I don't know. Right, well, let's talk about it from market stand, market, per, mar- market purposes. Mm-hmm. The market only has the Patriots favored in six games this year. 
Right. That's and, and it. We, we went over. I mean, yeah. to me, there's a fractional win on every one of those sure. games that's going to add up pretty much always to within to what, what, what two tenths of a win within. To, yeah. Yes. And you know, what's interesting about New England is how many years you you look at the New England underlying stats and they're mm. they're not that good, and yet they won they thirteen games from the stats. The market has them as a betting favorite to miss the postseason. I, I understand. They're they're, well, they're, they're, they're but, an eight and a half win team. It's always going to be an underdog but, to make mm-hmm. the playoffs. But that's the thing. That's why their win total is what it is. Like they're, they're win, the, the, what's our current number, McKenzie? Eight and a half. All right. So eight and a half means exactly five hundred. They can't have half a game. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what's interesting? No peaking. How many? How many? Uh, just just from Pythagorean um, points scored, points allowed. What was New England? Were they plus or minus last year? Oh, you're only going to say that if they were minus. Well, they had to so have, they, when they yeah, were nine, they started the minus. season nine and four, and then they. Oh, and now I think about off. it. Now I think about it. They, they had the Houston and all that. They they probably had more. They they probably should have won more games than they did. They're plus 150. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like we're, we're trashing. You know, they, they, oh, these guys can't move the ball. You know, it's like. Well, they, they, let's I, think about this too, though. The the wins that they had last year, they won two games against teams with a winning record all season long. One of those was Tennessee, who played without without Henry and without A.J. Brown. The other one was a game where they threw three passes in the Buffalo game that was like the craziest weather game. Boy, when Buffalo game. loses, you find a way to make an excuse they, for every game. Buffalo handled that. In, they, they wiped out that so loss. They were so able they, to beat they, they were able to beat the best, they were able to beat the best team in the him. NFL but not, without even throwing the ball. Yeah, amazing. That's impressive. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll get the luck of that weather again, well, right, he, Fez? He, here's the thing. If we only look at binaries of wins and losses, it's too simple. That's the the Pythagorean or Pythagorean is avoiding that in a way. But let's just use our eyes. They play Tampa Bay to at least a tie, meaning I think watching that game, I think New England should have won that game. But let's call it was a split down the middle. Last second field goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another and- crazy weather game. It, no, no, no. That wasn't a crazy weather game. It was there was a little bit of weather. It wasn't a what was the total in that game? The total probably dropped two points. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a crazy weather game. It was weather. Like in New England, there's weather games, by the way. All right. That's another thing Belichick has been able to overcome. But you look at the Cowboy game. They that was a coin flip. And Dallas was what, eleven win team? What I'm saying is New England certainly benefited from beating like Houston bad or like they beat the chart if the Chargers was really bad if I that was a nice first of all if you don't look at the Chargers win as a nice win last year three-point win 27-24 they dominate I mean what I'm saying is watching the game so so if if it's convenient we can throw out the score but then if the score match I think you're thinking of last year when they won or two no, years no, no, ago no, no, 35-0 no. don't tell me what you think I'm thinking all right it wasn't the year that that Lynn was the coach and they killed him on special teams okay I'm thinking that go how's this sound go look at the game the play-by-play and tell me that New England wasn't up by double digits with less than eight minutes left in the fourth quarter I'll bet you right now they were. You no, you don't have to tell me. I remember that game. Okay, so then maybe it wasn't I thought the wrong year. Maybe it was the fact they were winning by double digits until they gave up a touchdown late. And you know what? They gave them the touchdown because they took a lot of time off the clock. Thus, they probably won by effectively more than the score said. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, thank you, bud. Hey, but you're a good teammate, though. Better when I'm quiet. <laughs> no, but j- j- don't interject things that chances are I'm – I don't know. I don't know why. You I'm not betting betting against Belichick, especially if you look at the skill position players. They, they, the New England always sucks with this, and, and it's actually decent this year. They, the guys, well, look, they always suck when Tom Brady's there to lift them up, right? Yeah, I but now they, there's a full they, they year. They made the playoffs last year. There's a full year of film now on Mac Jones. Well, teams you can are, say that about every second year. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And every second year quarterback does better than their rookie Mac year. Mac Jones will have to develop. Years, that's true. Second year. But without Josh McDaniels now, it's yeah. going to be a new offensive system. I never heard his name last year. Like, I, And what handicap did Josh but, McDaniels but, but, ever come up in? But how many times do you we, – we just said it earlier. Having a different offensive coordinator every year is a disadvantage to a quarterback. I agree. So I think that there's going to be a learning curve here. I agree. No doubt. The question is how much – again, it's the same question. It's the Josh McDaniels question. How much is it worth to you? And to bring it back, guys, game, 20 that are used to the system, used to the organization. It's not like they just you have to hire two new you know, OC guys. Yeah. Here's what I know. Bill Simmons knows NBA, and he knows the Patriots. Anyone that wants to act like he doesn't is making a mistake. He said he was more than ready for Josh McDaniels to go. That it was like watching these games, it's like he thought it got stale. He, I can't even speak to that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is he had multiple job offers, and he never left he, to the point where the Colts – I mean, am I correct? That Andrew he took the Luck, job and then turned yeah, it Yeah, but down. Andrew Luck was on the team at that point. Yep. It was like you could have the great Andrew Luck for the rest of his career. And he said, no. Didn't, did you hear any fight? Like, if, is there any team going to the Raiders with a weak ownership group that, that the league is against? I mean, by all accounts, they want Davis out. They want Jeff Bezos to own this mm-hmm. team in Vegas. Is that seem like the perfect place? A place that had this draft history that we just said is so bad in the first round? Or was that the other? Was that SOV? We haven't talked about SOV. Okay. But like you guys were very convincing, rattling off like how bad their their top of the draft yes. has been. Yes. Why would the Raiders be the place you finally take a job? Maybe it's Belichick wasn't so anxious to have him back. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he fought for him because the, the understanding was he was the coach in waiting. Yeah, the reason that people think that he left is because Bill's not going anywhere. Which means he believes in this team and he believes in this system. Or why would he want to mar his legacy? It's a good point. I got to tell you, he might – I have no doubt that they might start one and three. They've always started kind of slow. This team will be one of the uh, 12 best teams in the league at the end of the year. And you might say, well, what's that? Well, it's better than an eight-and-a-half win total. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts. But. I can't see it defensively. They, 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 the players, they, they don't have the players to run the system that they've been running. So does that – but and you looking think Belichick the, knows that? Of course. And I, I, you know, they could have paid Jackson. Yeah. They chose not to. Yeah. Well, they brought, him, they brought back Malcolm Butler, and he got hurt. And now okay. he's out for the but year. Butler was Butler was, didn't even play last year. He was retired. Yeah, but maybe, so he couldn't be the salvation to bring him back, right? The guy that was retired? You don't bring a guy like that back unless you think he can contribute. No, you th- they thought he could be yeah. like the, the, the sixth corner or the, you know, the fifth But you're corner. saying, but in that theory, you're saying that Bill, they thought Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's idea was, we'll let J.C. Jackson walk and replace him with no one. Well, except they got, again, this is where me not being a great player guy, I can only speak broadly. But supposedly, and again, how do you know this? You don't. But supposedly their fifth-round pick this year is looking outstanding. But, again, you don't know that, even though Belichick has drafted DBs better than wide receivers, let's say. But one of the guys that was a starter last – here's the thing. When um, – I always have a mental block with his name. We just talked about, about it, McKenzie. The guy who's, uh, that was the good corner that's now on – Stephen Gilmore. Yeah, Gil- when Gilmore was there, did you ever hear Jackson's name? I mean, at my level, I didn't. Then Gilmore left, and now it's like, Jackson's so great. And now Jackson's gone. You don't think the ne- we're going to be hearing about the next guy? I mean, I just don't think Belichick lets him walk if he thinks he's go- it's going to be a disaster in the secondary. And you know what? 
people are moving from man to man. Like, like the good quarterbacks are killing man to man with all the holding. I mean, what think about man to man now, right? Mm-hmm. Is pressing at the corner is very important in that. What are they? What's the point of emphasis this year? Illegal contact. So does maybe Belichick was a little ahead of all this, saying we got to get away from man to man. Jackson's a better man. I don't know, but you know what? I want to bet on that more than I want to bet against it. Also, if that's going to be the case, though. This offensive line is PFF ranks them one of the bottom offense, excuse me, defensive lines in the league. They do not have this; they won't have the same pass rush. You know, linebacking core is different. Van Noy's gone. A couple other pieces are gone. Again, I think. But this every team is, year we could have said that throughout the whole dynasty. Yeah, right? I, I, they turn yes, players. They over. do turn players over. I just and, do not. I think defensively, this team will struggle. And I. AJ and I are both not high on them. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be an eight-win team. If only – if well, if – that doesn't seem very confident, right? That's I think that's I, their ceiling. A ceiling, okay. Which is why I'm going under eight and a half. No, 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 no. Listen, to some degree, it's a chocolate-vanilla conversation, as in I like chocolate, you like vanilla, whatever. Well, we all know chocolate's better. <laughs> but to me, I do question any handicap that's based upon the incompetence of Bill Belichick. He didn't know that he's going to be weak at corner, or he didn't know that Josh McDaniels. It's almost like he's like sitting there playing like uh, words with friends, hmm. and he's like, "Hey, coach, we lost the OC. Well, don't we have another one? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Fez, what do you think? If you had to go over or under, I'm hearing fundamental. Oh, oh, I go over, and fundamentally, what I'm hearing is that the players don't add up to a nine-win team. Well, that's. They never add up to the season win number for New England because well, he, he gets a, more a out of his draft choice. Apparently, he gets, strange was strange. He gets more out of his players uh, year in and year out, and the, we, the sharps never get it right. The sharp, the the semi sharps always feel New England's overvalued, and they bet New England under in every year season wins, and they lose almost every year. Last thing I'll say on this, and closing thoughts are welcome. There was a quote from, I always get this guy's name wrong, the guy that wrote The Black Swan. He's a brilliant mind. In my opinion, like, you know, on the internet, especially one of the handful that I want to read every word. Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Exactly. And he said that there's nothing that upsets, and this is a paraphrase, there's nothing that upsets a quasi-intellectual so someone who's smart, but they're not near as smart as they think they are or partially intellectual, however you want to think of that, right? When they, th- these people love to tell dummies how dumb they are, right? But when someone who's a true intellectual tells them that they're not, that the very fiber of their essence is questioned because they're all built up on how they're telling other people how dumb they are, that when a truly smart person says, actually, you don't know what you're talking about, it destroys their world. It's like Amadeus with the other musical oh, composer. Oh, Saliare. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It, <laughs> to me, Belichick is so far above every talking head, everyone, meaning that the guys on NFL Network and Fox and whoever, that when they have a chance to attack him, they want to because their very purpose in life is non-existent. They have no purpose. He went for it on fourth and two from his own he, 28. He, and he started an entire innovate. He innovated and a revolution came from that play, right. right? He was the first one to do it. Hmm, coincidence. Now, here's the last point, though, is what is the point of a talking head? Is to tell you something that's true. Well, if Belichick is doing a lot of things different than what the talking heads say, 
and Belichick sh- truly is sanctified as a genius, that means the talking heads are wrong. Mm-hmm. And that means they have no purpose. Why are they there? Telling us wrong information. So whenever there's weakness with Belichick, they attack. They, they do. Because it's like they don't understand him and he invalidates their very purpose. And he's surly. He's, um, oh, they don't, he doesn't kiss their ass either. He doesn't give them free food. No. <laughs> and, and to me, I think this has all created momentum. I mean, listen, Colin's been great to me. The, his obsession with acting like Belichick is incompetent is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Because it can't, you can't want to bet against, well, I guess some people do, but you can't, in the long run, you, do, you don't want to bet against it. He's, in general, Belichick just says something about football. Do you think it's right or wrong? Most of us are going to say we think it's right. Collins attacking him in a way that is, I don't know, attacks the right word. He's contradicting him in a way where Belichick's wrong about eight different things. And it's like, how likely is that? You guys, can, you can bet the under and not think he's wrong at fundamental I, level. I don't think he's wrong. I, I think the reason why he let J.C. Jackson go is because New England's salary cap space is, but is he strapped. Cho- but he chose but, that by spending so much the year before. Sure. Which now looks really, here's the thing, the smart people actually understand this. If you look at the PF, and when I say smart, I don't mean IQ, I mean knowledgeable about the, the cap. The guy from PFF who used to be at over the cap, or I don't know, he might still be, but there's an overlap is uh, Spielberg or something. Spielberg's not Spielberg like the director. But anyway, he said, we all thought he overspent last year, but because he knew or seemed like where the cap was going, they weren't really overly strapped this year. I'm not saying that they couldn't have, uh, that they weren't restricted because everyone is to some degree, but they were in a fine position. And they say next year, they're going to be in a great position. So it's like, it seemed like, and you know why they did last year? It was a sale because no one had cap space. Because of the fact that um, of the COVID. And every, so he was able to get a bunch of players, in his opinion, on discount. Now, we can say Aguilar's not as good. Hey, does he miss on my receivers all the time? Right? So maybe if he could find – if Kevin Colbert, the Steelers guy, would go there as a consultant, it'd probably be a good thing. But in general, it feels like Belichick – you know, we talked about this on the other show. Lombardi, who I like, worked for Bill for a long time – you know, he's told me some stories behind the scenes that were, you know, fascinating. I just love Belichick because it's so rare that someone's so good at something. It's like he, and he spent his whole life at it. Like he started coaching for the Lions when he was like 22, and he's just done it every year. He's no no hiatuses, no breaks every year, and he, 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 we probably will never see this again. It's like it's like Shakespeare among us, as they say. And I think Dylan, to me, Belichick and Dylan are the two. I do believe that, is how did they win so many Super Bowls? Because if we just say Tom Brady, the 199th pick in the draft, it was Brady the best? I mean, like we said, by most accounts, Peyton Manning was better, at least certainly in the regular season. Sure. And Indianapolis went against... The Patriots, like, what, five times in seven years in the playoffs? And every year, Belichick had something new that made uh, I mean, Manning, like, say, what the hell? Would I- you agree the gap between uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning is smaller than the gap between Bill Belichick and Tony Dungy? Though I think, Dun- you know, I, I respect Dun- just because he's quiet. I, I respect Dungy as a coach. But, yes, I think there's a big gap with anyone with Belichick. That's what I'm saying. Reed, it, like, I think. I, I think when you paired 
Tom Brady with Bill Belichick, it unlocked things with with both guys, really, that I think you're not going to find when they're not together. If Aaron Rodgers was on the Patriots... Oh, my God. Would they have won more or less? Maybe more. No, they would have won less. But that's only because Why? because New England got lucky to win as many as they did. Boy, I think that's wrong. They it, went they went ten years without one Super Bowl right in the middle. Ten years. Ah, uh, you still look at at the body of work and the, you give me give me this look of incredulousness. So you've got too too many Atlanta in, incredulity. No, go ahead. Yeah, buddy. yes, that's the word of the day. Um, but I mean, you've, the, the the bottom line. I get it. The, the Patriots could have beaten the Eagles and the Giants, but they the, the, the there were a whole well, lot of coin flip just Super look, Bowls. No, I disagree with that. I think that because they ended up three, you think that, and it was small margins. But like, think of the Philly game. The Philly ended up the first Philly game. Yeah, I mean that that was a, that was a close that was a close game. But New England should have won. Clearly, they were. It was almost entering the fourth. It was almost impossible right. for New England right. to lose. That's not a close with, game. I agree with right. that. So and maybe the Carolina game also. You know, where it was like, that was but almost it, impossible for them to lose. Yeah. Right. So then now, where's the close ones? Obviously, the Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right and the Philly Atlanta, you know, but what not, I mean, like even the first Super Bowl, Patriots were tri- winning seventeen to three entering the fourth quarter. Yeah, and again, they were double digit dogs. So I guess what I'm saying is, I think if you just look Super Bowls, you're right. They they won more than they should have. But That's if a you good look point. At conference championship. There's game, a lot of kick ass. They're three and a half point favorites against the Chargers, and they like annihilate the Chargers in uh, games like that. Although the, the, there was one, there were a couple AFC championship games like Jacksonville and Baltimore that they were very fortunate to get to the Super Bowl. Well, I agree. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is, if you look at that 10 year period. It's like, man, how many times? Because they almost always made the conference. I, I, I guess where but, I go back to RJ is like the very most dominant team in the NFL. What are they to to win the Super Bowl to start the year? They're only like like plus three hundred, right? You're saying if it's a real good team in a in a meaning in any given year, usually it's going to be a longer shot than that. But you're saying an extra good an team. elite team with everything, but one fourth chance is about mm-hmm. as good as it gets, All right? Yeah, yeah. So so one fourth times ten years is only win win two and a half. Okay, but he's so they've maybe, been doing it now for twenty plus. You know, it's twenty so, years. So you put Aaron Rodgers and Belichick but, together, but maybe, maybe they wrong. win three out of every ten. But maybe those odds are wrong with Belichick. Maybe. We've never seen maybe, someone. Maybe, because, because, because Joe it's Montana, an outlier. If Joe Montana would have stayed as good, if he didn't get old fast, and and Walsh would have stayed, how many Super Bowls did they win? Yeah. I don't know. But but what I know is he couldn't be bad at picking players if, and do this. And he, But they act like he's bad at everything except coaching. But how did they win them all? All I know is I think players matter, even with genius coaches, because everybody can talk about how great of a coach Greg Popovich is. Why do the Spurs suck? Because they don't well, have any of, good players. I, I don't think Popovich I think, should be spoken in the same universe as Belichick, though I do think he's an elite NBA. I, I actually think players don't matter. Oh, that's nearly the as much. Thing ever. Let me finish. In the NBA, players matter. In the NFL, the quarterback matters. And aside from that, you know what? All these players, you know, they has got a point here. They, 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 and this isn't Dan Gordon's book, a guy that I've had difference mm-hmm. in opinions, but but he brings up a great point. See, when, you, have to, you work alone best. Yeah, but he says like, you know, you got college football starters, you know, starting for Northwestern, they're like a seventy-three, all right. And he's like, from one to a hundred, you look at like in the NFL, like a lineman. He's he's like anywhere from a ninety-four to a one hundred. I mean, these guys are all absolute great athletes. You got enough, you know. It's, this is a whole replacement level concept, yes. right? Is and Josh Hernsmeyer has said this a lot. He believes that the NFL has come down to you either have a quarterback or not. If you do, and you have a competent organization, you're going to win, be make the playoffs. Exactly. If you don't, you're not. 
which actually makes Mac Jones and what they did last year all the more amazing. The fifth quarterback taken in the draft and the, the first new quarterback, well, I guess Cam was new. And remember, you could make the case winning seven games with Cam out of 16 was a hell of an accomplishment. He couldn't throw the ball. <laughs> and they remember, they were up in Seattle. They win that Seattle game. It was... Uh, Listen, I, I have a professional better friend in Philadelphia. He wins every year in the in the season, betting season wins. He screams at me every summer. He's like, Fez, you make this way, way too complicated. He's screaming at me. He's like, do you have a really good coach and do you have a really good quarterback? That's a team you cannot ever play under. You play those teams over. You cash every year. But when you tell them you play every under. Pardon? You tell them I play every under. Well, <laughs> when he says you can't play – what he means is it's either over or pass. If you have Andy Reed, Andy Reed and Mahomes, you play over or you pass. Mm-hmm. You don't look for all the reasons why Kansas City is not going to be as good this year. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, how good of a quarterback is the cutoff? Is Mac Jones good enough that you won't bet the under? Matt Jones is not good enough. No, I agree with that. He's not. Now, if he progresses from his first year in a natural way— He'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Everyone seems to have this ability to understand his physical ceiling, except he ran a faster 40 time than Mahomes. Mm. So I don't fully understand all of it. People are beyond me, I guess. I don't understand. And they work at like post offices, meaning I don't not like that. I'm saying it doesn't seem like they're NFL experts, but they are. I don't know. So last question. And obviously we're not going to go this long on anyone else, but it's a great conversation because if you think about it, we are, at least my position is, in Fez's is contrary to the media narrative. If we're right, that means there's a big opportunity, all right? Now, listen, New England's probably got a premium on them anyway. So generally, I haven't been one to bet them a lot as much as I love Belichick. I think this year it reversed itself. How could they have a premium on them if they cut if you're saying this year? Versus no, I'm saying typically they cover 57. percent Well, that's his genius. Is <laughs> yeah. that, that, that his secret formula that they don't understand? So you're saying the numbers say he should win X, then they tack on a premium because they won all the Super Bowls, but then his secret formula, the difference is not in X, overcomes the premium. Yeah. In the meantime, they tack the, the odds makers tack on the tax, yes, and, and then in come, in come the duct tape guys taking that tax back because oh they got they got they they got the New England line juice too much. Well, they the duct tape guys don't realize all these ancillary reasons why it's pro, a, a proper adjustment. And and I'm going to say one more thing before I ask the question, Steve. You actually innovated a uh, research effort um, or initiated and it led to innovation about how coaches do after 60 years old. Yeah, so Hall of Fame coaches. So it's only Hall of Famers. Once they hit age 60, that's the point of demarcation, mm-hmm. they become average coaches. They win half 52, their games. It was like, at the time, it was like a year or two ago, 52% of their games from then on. Yeah, just barely over 500. So Belichick, prior to age 60, had won 75% of his games. Then he turned age 60, and then he was winning 78%. I haven't updated in the last two yeah, years. So he got... Better. Yeah, so, but but if we let's say it's down to seventy-two, just kind of adding up because he was almost seventy at the time. So you know it was a lot of years. If the average, like, I mean, literally George Al, whoever you want to say is that Vince Lombardi, whoever you want. Now Lombardi, I think died before he was even sixty. But you know what I'm saying. A lot of coaches, Chuck Knoll coached mm-hmm. a long time, too long, fifty-two percent. Belichick, we're estimating now seventy-two percent with no drop off. So it's like. To me, 
my question is this. If the premise is it's Belichick doesn't know who to make the offensive coordinator, that one I don't think goes too far. Just because it's like that same Belichick's incompetent. It's effectively saying he's incompetent as a head coach because a head coach has to decide who's the offensive coordinator. That's his decision, right? If it's the players, then I got to understand what the drop-off was from last year. I mean, Van Noy, I don't think I heard his name last year. I really don't. Yeah. So I know that's a name that's – he's a veteran, so we know the name. Did Van Noy say, I'm never playing for you again, Bill? Or did Bill say, hey, thanks for your service? Like, I, that's the second time with Van Noy, right? Yeah, he was he was with the Patriots yeah. dynasty. Then he left did, then Miami. He back, was at Miami. They, he came yeah, back for a year. I think he I killed think so. Miami on the contract. Yeah. It was like he hardly played and came. <laughs> yeah. And he said, thanks for your service again, and you can come to the party every year. Because Belichick's close with his ex-players. They all defend him on air. You never see, like, Nikovic, you never see him bad-mouth him. Bill. You know, Randy Moss, who has a truculent relationship with everyone, Everyone always talks. It does nothing but talk about how great Bill Belichick is. There's a famous quote when Howard or um, Howard Cosell said that you're truculent to Ali, and Ali says, "If that means I'm great, I agree with <laughs> it." <that." laughs> so I don't know if you're playing like some meta game with that, Fez. So my question, AJ, is where? Wh- who are these players? that make it so much worse than last year. Well, uh, J.C. Jackson's to start. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt Judon's not going to be healthy to start the season. I mean, Malcolm well, Butler's when's not going to be. Because Ju- Judon was one of the great finds last year. They trade, He was with the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. And he had like a borderline defensive player of the year yep, type great year. season. When's he back? I don't know. Might be important to find out. Mackenzie, you want to check on that? Because if that's one of the premises of the handicap, so it's one guy that was an undiscovered gem last year, Jack. How much is that worth? I mean, a cornerback can't be worth more than a half point. Half a point. So if we get, let's give a point to to the OC, right? Who he didn't seem to fight for, but okay. And a half a point for Jackson. So in the course of the year, Feds, that's going to be what? Third, 28 points? One and a half? That's right. All right. So it's going to be like a little less than a win. So they don't win 10, they win 9.2. That sounds, that sounds right to me. It, I mean, that's acknowledging these losses. Mm-hmm. How does it get – what is the calculation that it's like three less games? Because if we look at the luck factor, New England in the fourth quarters, I haven't looked at this. All right, they were minus .8. So, Mackenzie, the way we're doing that means – They should have won 10.8 wins by that factor, and they only won 10. So they were unlucky. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. They outscored their opponents by 150 points. Yeah, the well, Pythagorean was the bigger game. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing, Fez. The Pythagorean thought that they should have won 2.6 more games. And by the way, Matt Judon, he's going to be healthy for the start of the season. I was wrong. Uh, and I mean, I, listen. So no think, about, think about it. Freeze it. So the, it, just throw everything else in the garbage can. The Pythagorean says they should have won 12. If New England, 12 and a half. If they, so let's, let's, let's assume they blew one game. So let's assume they won 12. There's no way they'd be lined at eight and a half. And, and I'm telling you, even with these downgrades, they'd be they'd be at ten and a half. But it shows you how good this fourth quarter win share is, mm-hmm. because if you're up by thirty and you score, Pythagorean takes that as seriously as any other score. We ignore it because you're yeah, at ninety nine percent anyway. Sense. Yeah. So it really shows you. But even with that, because people will say, well, they beat a bunch of bad teams by forty. This is saying no. If you just look at their percentage chance to win each play of the fourth quarter, they should have won almost one more game. What is the calculation that this is going to all – and when's the biggest jump? Second-year quarterbacks. 
what's the calculation that this is going to add up well, to a disaster? What about the schedule? Because the internet's full of talking heads. They're talking about how the league that 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 um, the quarterback for New England is very good at a few select things, and they feel that they can uh, the defenses can adjust for that. Well, AJ brings up a good point. Let's talk about the schedule. Like I said, the market is down on them. If you look at the way these games are lined. All right, so 2021, they had the 19th hardest schedule. This year, they have the sixth hardest. So, Mackenzie, that's right. So, the schedule's getting tougher for them, right? Yes. Yes, based on the schedule, they should win .9 games less than last season. Okay. And three short week road games for the for the Patriots. Oh, the, the now famous uh, the rest disadvantages. I mean, to me, this is a stat that was unspoken a year or a year and a half ago, and now it's like everyone's able to look at sharp football's numbers and say, oh, look how important this is. But we talked about it. We talk about it week to week all the time. Like, oh, I they're playing really. on a short, they've got Fez short does. rest. Fez does when he doesn't have enough in the game. That when Vito told him, it's often High fatigue where, rating. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he, you know. It's, but I agree. It's become more in vogue to talk about for season wins. But I think week to week, we always talk about, oh, this team Again, played. I never really did. But I'm going to do a study on this between now and the start of football. Because we got a big database. Like, you know, other mm-hmm. which we can say, what is the performance over 20 years when a team's one day Monday versus whatever, right? And we'll see. I, I think Thursday's humongous. I do. I think buy. Here's the thing about buys: if you're on the road in a buy, it matters a ton. If you're at home, it actually doesn't help you one iota. Because I think it's the whole people party down. They're home. Fly back from Cabo all hungover, yeah. and then they just do you know continuation going through the mail, through the mail and paying bills, fast. He's, that was always his You got by. people that do that for you. Well, you got to meet with those people, right? Exactly. So, listen. Do you think, Bill, at the end of the season, that they have travel spots and play a Monday at Arizona and then the following Sunday? Oh, Arizona in, late in the year? I like that. And then, and then the, following sun, the following Sunday here in Vegas. Does he well, first keep, of all, he does stays he keep, out. Does he sure. keep the team here? For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. He loves that. Oh, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to keep him here. No, no, no. no. Yeah, he's, he's going to keep. Although he did call the facility the Taj Mahal of. Oh, he lo- I mean. They're going to be at Ely or someplace, right? <laughs> I, mean, so. I tell you this, the most brilliant, well, I don't know, but one of the great Belichickian moves was they had a game in Mexico City. He took the team to Colorado Springs. Yeah. 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 But, then he kept, but remember, they played Denver yeah. because he told the league, hey, I hate this Mexico City. you got to put this Denver game right before it. And then they stayed at Fort Collins or whatever, right? Or, they stayed at the Air Force Academy. Okay, Colorado yeah, Springs, yeah. yeah. Remember, his dad was at, it was Navy, if I'm not mistaken, but his dad was a was a 40-year scout and was with Navy that whole time. Yeah, Annapolis. And then so he loves the academies. In fact, they have the Bill Belichick football um, library is really? at Annapolis where there's like, there's on the internet, you can see the books. There's like, a, you know, a room of books that are all old football books that came from Belichick's collection. Mm. It kind of inspired me a little bit with the sports betting stuff that like he just, he loves like single books on the single wing mm. and, and he'll tell you about it. When the wildcat came out, he was explaining, you know, I, I just love a guy that dedicated closing thoughts. Have you been, let me ask you this. At one point you had to start thinking, you know, I think I'm directionally right. I think you still think that, but maybe it doesn't add up enough to go for a team that should have won 11 and a half games last year to 12 and a half or 12 and a half to be down now where they're like 500 is yes. the expectation. Yeah. But I just can't look at this roster and think that this is a, 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 a nine, 10 win roster. But at least they got Judon. They do have Matt Judon. And so, that, I mean, that yeah, was important if he was gone. So it has to be important if he's here. And Matt Patricia's pencil in his ear. 
It's a big well, factor. the question is, do they have factor. a special pencil that can write on yeah. laminate? And Joe Judge telling everyone how happy the free agents are to be playing for New England. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like Judge talking about the prior regime in such a way. It was like they were like molesters or something. How hardcore it was like. Well, I've been told many times it's better than it was. Like, well, they usually aren't going to tell you the opposite. Okay, at this pace, it will only take nine hours. We got one more team in this division. We haven't talked Buffalo. Okay, but let's get the pick straight. So I had the over. If you can't tell, under from these boys. Fez, your first pick. You had uh, the Jets. I went Jets under. Jets under. And oh, here's my sheet. And what's left is the Bills. The, who's got a pick on the Bills? I got the Fez. Bills. I got the Bills to go over. I'm going to keep this real simple. We just spoke about it. Good coach, good quarterback. You go over. Well, McDermott or pass or pass. McDermott is a very good coach, and Josh Allen mm. is the best now quarterback listen, in guy, the league. Hold on, for a guy that loves game theory and stuff, that 13 seconds was not a shining moment. No. The you, you you kick off to the two yard line yeah. and it's like six seven seconds just maybe, to get the and, and again when I say the two game for the game for the five mm-hmm. boom exactly so unless they Belichick run the kick back for that. a touch of course he would <laughs> and then and then what happens even if they run it out to the third as long as they don't go all the way you could even instruct your players grab his face mask tear him down if need be just getting that five to six seconds off the clock I, I you Pandora's win box. all okay. right don't do don't you get you get the idea only do that no, if I, no, I will say this I got say one more thing Harbaugh is one of the biggest assholes in the league that seems obvious right that's just his nature well both of them right yes one smells but Belichick's so smart that in a playoff game he exploits the rules he had this in reserve for years Exploits the rules so bad that Harbaugh after the game said the league's gonna stop this. The league's gonna. It's like, it's like this guy thinks he knows the rule. Oh, it's beautiful. All right, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, so it, it, it's this simple. I get it. That what happens. Everyone talks about parity league, okay? Regression of the mean. If you look at football outsiders, you, they, they do an excellent job with all their evaluations. They have every team winning between six and ten games, and they consistently lose on the outliers. They don't believe that the best— Meaning they, 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 they underestimate how good the good teams are and how bad the bad teams are. Exactly yeah. right. And 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 year after year, the Patriots got lined you know, their premium years. So you're saying Buffalo is better than people think because they're one of the best teams. But that lends itself to saying let's bet overs— like Take the three highest win totals and bet over. Exactly, yeah. and you made while, money doing just that for no, the I've last the, eight, the last eight years. Now, now the last twenty, no. On this. Mm. Because a long time, the high numbers would do bad. Then there was a period they didn't. Mackenzie, we got those numbers maybe not right at the tip of our tongue, but you got them in the next minute or two, right? Yeah, sure. Outstanding. So, so let's do this. I think prior to last year, when there were sixteen games, eleven wins or more count. Yes, eleven's a, a and, great point. And we'll go. Let's just keep it at 11 for, for yeah. last year or two. It's 11 or higher. Yeah. yeah. So, McKenna, is just 11 or higher? Should right. we do win percentage so we can include last year? No, in the day? 11 or higher. Keep it simple. Plus. But you liked, you liked over the Rams last week, and you like over the Packers last week. But the Rams are not. Rams are like the seventh or eighth highest one, right? I just think they're the highest in their division. Well, that's certainly. what's really like, telling is how low. Think about this. I've never seen anything like this. What's the second highest total? Green Bay's 11. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you got right. Yeah, Green Bay's eleven. Tampa Buff- Bay's eleven. Tampa Bay is, and really, Tampa Bay's ten point eight. There's mm-hmm. only two teams in the league. It's a seventeen game schedule, and only two teams are projected to go above eleven point zero: Buffalo and Green Bay. That in the history of the NFL, I don't think I've ever seen. So what you're saying there's parity. 
the the odds makers have priced parity. The odds market is priced parity. I'm not sure. You don't think they're in? Well, yeah. AFC obviously in general the AFC is it's a tough one. That's a good. That's a good point. You got all so many like look at the AFC West that you've like with the Chargers and Kansas City and Denver. It's just there's there's too many good teams. There's not enough wins yeah. to go around. So just to be clear, and we'll do uh, New England and Miami. If you add up all the luck factors. New England was minus 0.1 wins, meaning it was completely a toss-up. Mm. Now, if we do this for Buffalo, Buffalo was minus 0.8. So the 20th unlucky team, which means they were a little uh, – McKenzie, we got this convoluted. We got to do better with this, bud. Me too. Um, uh, let's see. The Giants were the unluckiest. The most lucky was Dallas. Okay, so this is interesting. It's saying that the Bills were lucky in aggregate then, right, McKenzie? Yeah, what's fascinating is in aggregate they were lucky. A lot of that was turnovers. In close games, they were unlucky. Yeah, so, so everyone's yeah. – this is what's funny about these mm-hmm. luck things. They zero in on one thing and make that the story. Buffalo fourth quarter win share was actually number one, meaning they were the most unlucky team they should have won 1.6 more games. And that's consistent with their Pythagorean also. They outscored opponents by 200 points. Yeah, so – So they should have won – 12 or 13. Yeah, is what that says. But then if you look at their turnovers, the Bills were number five lucky. Right? Or number five lucky, yeah. So it's like they got lucky there. And then if you look at strength of schedule for the Bills. Uh, it's interesting because they only. Oh, that's they, huge. They only... So last year they had the easiest schedule. Now they have the 18th hardest. No, no, last year they had the 18th no, easiest. No, no. And this year it's the, it's the hardest. Well, that's crazy. The, the idea that they were the 18th last year, that is a crazy number. Because, like, it was obvious. They were number – see, this is what's interesting. People reevaluate at the end of the year the schedules, and maybe that's better. But throughout the whole year, the Bills were considered to have, like, the easiest schedule Yeah, ever. it's tough to compare their season – their schedule at the end of the year to what it is preseason this year. It's not exactly – Well, no, no. That's, that's, right? All you can do is get the best – Right. Info you have at any given time, right? Yeah, so and I'm now, wondering at the end of this year how we'll view their schedule. Yeah, but, but, but right now, we're calling it very difficult now. But it's not. It's not very. It's it's eight, it, 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 it's like the. It's the eighth most. Difficult. It's just a big jump. I, I yeah. show 18th. The my number. I know, Fez. It's like if you look at the fourth quarter win share, the Pythagorean. It looks like the Bills should have done better. But remember that talk about extremes. They were some bad teams they played. Yeah, so easiest schedule last year, this year, a little bit more difficult than average schedule. Than average, so right. 18. So how much how, how much of an impact is that? You know, you, well, I, we, we equate it out to being um, uh, about .85 wins, about a little less than one win. So that's a little concerning. So all things being equal, if everything plays out the same, the Buffalo would win one fewer games. So now I'm asking them to win 12 when they really – when I normalized the 11 wins last year, they really only won, would only win 10 with the harder schedule this year. And if you add up all these factors, they are amongst the lucky teams, whereas they're like the 13th luckiest team or the 20th unlucky team, however you want to look at it. Looks like everything else pretty much offset each other, and it's well, all strength. It's all the strength of schedule. That's the strength of schedule versus the Pythagorean. Y- yes. The expected wins, because that was a real good number for them. Bad number on strength of schedule, that about evens out. But it actually is minus 0.8 games in that. No, Fez is saying if you don't include the strength of schedule, all of the rest equals out, and then the minus 0.8 is solely due to the strength of schedule difference. Yes. Okay, then then that's correct, yes. And the other factors would have been injuries 
and turnovers. You know, and I go back to the whole big picture. If I told you what's the the second best record in the NFL this year, what what, what would you think the second best? No matter record? who it was, yeah, I would say over. Well, let's see, seventeen throws me off. So fourteen. I'd say over under. I don't want to give a flat number. I'd say fourteen, though. Yeah, I would say fourteen also. And doesn't and, and maybe the fourth best schedule, fourth best record would be like twelve and a half wins. And it sure seems to me, I expect the Bills to be a top three team. Boy, I tell that's you, you're. I know that's, that's a good way of putting it. I, that's I, I, that's a great way of putting it. You're as sharp as they come, but that feels square. It I mean, does. I think there's logic to it, but yeah. it does feel square to me. But when you think about it, put it in. When you put it in, I know it sounds really simple. It, maybe it's oversimplifying it, but sometimes. What is the Occam's Razor, right? Sometimes the the, the easiest answer is well, the simplest often. answer. A, a yes-no yeah. prop. Will the Bills have one of the top five records in the NFL yes, this the year? Yes, the answer is yes. I would immediately say I want to bet yes, but, but what, if, if that's the case, they're going to go. They're going to win twelve. They're going to have to. Now, AJ's being conspicuously quiet here. He loves the Bills. What's your take on this? I liked the Bills over. You don't like them. You love them. No, but I liked the Bills over. But I, I felt like the this the difference in the schedule was enough to keep them keep oh. me off for this game. Oh. I, he's sharp over there, yeah. isn't he? All right. Um, <laughs> one. But as you know, I thought the Bills got unlucky in some games last year. That <laughs> hey, you don't have to convince me the on the Bills. The Pittsburgh game, the block punt. We got it. We got it. I wagered all my budget dollars on the Bills to be the team in our Super Bowl draft. Oh, then I was so you, you don't got to sell me on He's that. hedging by not going over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one thing, Fez, you're going to say aha to this one. The Bills did great in the regular season, got demolished two years ago by Kansas City. They had a real come to Jesus moment, reevaluation. They tear through the league last year. They're leading with 13 seconds left. And it's one of the most devastating losses ever because they, they probably beat Cincinnati in theory. Mm-hmm. They do have Wide Right and Music City Miracle on their ledger. So but it might any, not even be but like. But if anything, it becomes a <laughs> compounding thing. When someone's taking a beating, that next beating's harder. I'm just saying it's well, like. If, if if the people of Buffalo, no one circles the wagons like the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. This happened three straight Super no, you, Bowls, and they kept coming back. And they kept losing. Yeah, but they kept getting there. Did you ever see they the kept mo- going over on their season win. Did you ever see the movie? But you're thinking that you're actually inverting this. They did poorly in the Super Bowl, right? And they did fine in the season wins. Yeah. They, same thing. This is basically their Super Bowl. They're you know they're but, a huge playoff game and what a gut check disappointment and. But are they? Is the goal of this organization you think to repeat the past? Or I actually I, think, I, I'm not even getting a chance to get my point out, and I'll say it in 20 seconds because I usually obviously get my say. Is I think they might lose interest in the regular season because they're going to all figure what's the fucking difference. AJ, what did I tell you when we were discussing the yeah, Buffalo it, Bills? It missed a bit because it's appears the gap between the Bills and the second best team is so wide you could see the Bills either getting Especially lazy if Belichick's dumb or you could see them at the end of the season being in a position where they don't have yes. to get yeah I mean I mean how much can you focus on that week's 14 game if you are up in the division and you've already done this. You've been there, done that. We see it in the NBA all the time. Yeah, but would they Look not? Would they not year. say, "Boy, if that game wasn't an Arrowhead, if we had been playing that in in, in yeah, Orchard you Park?" Bring up a good point is if they do get the home field, which is valuable, they're going to go over. 
Okay. I, I don't think it's so much resting. I think it's just hard to keep doing the same thing again and again. I, you told yourself it was important, and you did it, and it still didn't help. I, 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 I think there's a difference in cities. This may sound square <laughs> as, as F. You've never, you've never once been the underdog. So it's like, how are you going to put your, yourself in the mind I think of a when you have a I, I, I think when you have a gut punch loss and you play for Philadelphia, the fans, it's, it, it, it's a bad environment. The Buffalo fans are so loyal. But, They're never going to no turn on their the team. Bills fans don't care. That we're makes saying. it easier on all the players. Well, remember, there's only one buy. Remember, the, the one buy changes things. So if it comes down to a point where the Bills have a similar record to, let's say, the Chargers yeah, yeah. or Chiefs or whatever, the end of the season, you are playing harder to get that one buy as opposed to if there were the two buys, they're resting. They don't care mm-hmm. because they're just trying to get – they know that they're in the playoffs already. They know that they have a buy – and they could focus on the playoffs and not repeating the doom that happened last season. I think that it, it matters who else is up there in the AFC. Yes, it could be where they are the best team, and they're two wins yeah, above but, everyone else. But if they're up and not, they're going over anyway. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get the yeah. twelve. So that that's I'm supporting. I'm supporting Fess here. Last point I'll make: Did these 13 seconds break them? Meaning mentally. Because let's be honest, McDermott's not getting blamed a lot. It was a disaster decision not to kick short. It was, I mean, like, that's something a Madden player, I mean. It, it was a disastrous decision. It was almost impossible to lose that game. Yes, but it was a disastrous decision for, um, amongst the tech, the techie analytics people. If he kicks, if he kicks off and gets run back for a touchdown, then the talking head's like, how can you, how can you let them run it back? You know? Yeah, but I'm not saying the media's not going to be stupid in their blame. Yeah. I'm saying that for someone... If we understand even the basics of this, he made such a blunder. Yes. It was almost impossible. If a kick return touchdown is what you're scared of, yes, there's a lot better chance. I mean, it's how this isn't cow. This isn't like the band game. It doesn't have. I mean, he mentioned the Music City Miracle for a reason. It was a freaking miracle. Right. So otherwise, how do you lose? Because they don't have enough time on the play. There's physically not enough time. For the, uh, yes. yes they, they. So you don't think McDermott's having sleepless nights? Mm. He and, should be. And, and But the question is, does that help them or hurt them? I don't know. I, it feels like they sold their – not sold their soul. They sold their dowry to get Von Miller. The Von Miller signing is one of the stupidest signings I've ever seen. Down the road. But this year might be good. But they got Josh Allen. You're right. But what I'm saying is – so you're saying even if we knew it was, it doesn't affect this year's win total. Yeah. Unless it's a sign of a mental break. That's happened. That's going to affect them in every uh, way. I think, this yeah, year. I think they're pushing the chips into the center this year. But how can you have Josh Allen in his prime for the next ten years and say we're doing something now that in three years will almost hamstring this team where we can't win? Because you had the game one with thirteen seconds left and exactly. you're going nuts. But that still isn't a good. Uh, yeah, going nuts. They're on tilt. Yeah. They're, I'm, do I'm, we want to bet? But do you think? But do you think Von? Yes. But do you think Von Miller <laughs> upgrades the team this year versus last for year? For sure. That's yeah. yeah. I mean. I think what the Rams did on that trade was borderline insane. To get, for a half a year of a guy they weren't sure. Now, once you knew how good he was playing, it was fine. I still don't like it. And the fact he ended up probably was the difference in the Super Bowl means it probably was a brilliant trade, except it was probably, in hindsight, the worst trade you could have made. A second and a third for a <laughs> rental? And Jimmy G went for a second? But it's only brilliant because it worked. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's it for the East, right? So did we go through all of ours? We did. did. That's it. Did we do our over? Our over was New England. Our under was Miami. 
and we had the reverse of those, and then mm-hmm. Fez had over Buffalo under Jets. So yep. you would think, AJ, that you, the college football expert, would um, maybe n- this would be it. Like you're two for two bucking me, but no, I'm not thrilled about bucking. <laughs> just but you, like you said, we write these down before the show starts. Well, that's the, but you, you know, I, listen, some of these. I did know we were going to be head to head on New England. So what's our next? What's our next division, Fez? I'll let you decide. Let's go west. All right, go with your pick. All right, I'm going to go Kansas City. I'm going to go over. Well, we're doubled up on that. I got over too. And I'm going to keep this short and sweet. We just discussed really good coach Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not, you know, a top one coach. Now, now maybe he's a top four coach. Fine. You know, I could make the case in this offensive league where offense has become so much more important. Maybe he is number one. I don't think he's as talented as Belichick, but in this game, defense doesn't mean as much in 2022, maybe. Obviously, Mahomes' top two quarterback on top of it. Well, I don't know about that. Really? Listen, have we really answered the fundamental question of how he's going to do against the cover or the the two high? That's a great point. We have not, so we'll see. We'll see how he evolves with that. You know, and I hate to talk about preseason. But how can someone be the clear number two, one or two quarterback, and we don't fundamentally know if the league has solved him? Well, they they haven't solved him. They well, may have curtailed he, him or which dialed him back, like eight, which could easily make him the eighth or ninth. Quarterback. It might make him the third or not fourth. wrong. Wrong. We'll, mm. I mean, think about who. Well, let's think of the top quarterbacks. Josh Allen's on the list. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still is on the list. Herbs has to be on the has list. Has to be. Burrow has to be. How Stafford. Much, I don't think Stafford makes that cut. But let's split Brady. hairs. Brady. Then we're done. Uh, well, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, if Mahomes takes yeah. any step back, Deshaun Watson, the way he was last time he played, was he's better. not playing until December first. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, in the years to come, sure, it could easily be that Mahomes is like at the DAC level. You know what's interesting is I was watching Mahomes in preseason. I get it's preseason. Guy looks, looks. Well, he's dialed in. He is dialed in because he knows he has something to prove. Yeah. So every drive, bang, 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 touchdown, right down the field. It wasn't a Bengals game until it wasn't. Mm. What ha- was that? The worst second half we've ever seen in a playoff. It's almost like they. Yeah, you talk about a hangover from from that debacle at the end of the first half when they didn't get any points. Mm-hmm. It just seemed well, like that. The whole second half from there. And then Zach Taylor made you know his staff made some good adjustments and on on, on defense. That's a good point. You know that that Kansas City offense was no good in, in the second half. And even in preseason, I might add, I don't pay attention to preseason. No, remember if you look at the season on a per drive basis, they were still the best offense. So mm. like they are great. It's just I think that. Well, here's what jumps at me. Last year on Straight Out of Vegas, I said to AJ, there's only one quarterback in the league that's bulletproof, meaning I don't see any clear argument you could say, even if this happens, he's not as good as we think. Every other quarterback I would have said that about. Burrow, injury, all the different things. I said Mahomes is bulletproof. He's the one quarterback amongst the seven or eight best that had a down year. Every other quarterback proved themselves. Think about all the quarterbacks that stepped up. Herbert stepped up. Burrow stepped up. Brady continued. Rodgers continued. Um, even Josh Allen, there was big questions. He only yeah. had one good year. It was the craziest thing. It was all positive, except Mahomes, who was bulletproof in theory, took a stray. Yeah, and now we say Josh Allen's the can't miss, and Mahomes, yeah, we're, we're 
Yeah. We'll, so you know, I, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and see. You know, it, I'm not a draft guy, but I'm watching Kansas City. I'm like this. So they got the Purdue linebacker, Carl Loftus, uh, mm-hmm. edge rusher. And, and like, every play I watch, he's like a stud. He's, he's, a lot of love for him for defense. Usually the highlight or defensive re- rookie. reels are pretty good for the player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so defensive <laughs> player of the year. Defensive that, that money. Of the year, and, and they got a guy in the seventh round, a running back, that's like a oh, throwaway come on, pick. Dude, come on. No, he's you, good. Oh, yeah, he's good. I mean, we know it already. I, 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 well, I, you and AJ should be watching the okay, preseason I'll, doing a simulcast. He's a seventh round pick, Pacheco. I think he gets over 600 rush yards. I'm not saying, but does it matter? Meaning, because it's plug and play at running back anyway. Well, you got to have a couple guys you can plug. <laughs> so he, right, he plugs in with Edward Solaire. Boy, so. I hope you're not drifting to this as your second main. Well, point. I, I, no, no, I'm uh, continue, but, but no. The, the, the main point is everything. You've got, you've got, you got the coach. You got the quarterback. You've got a pedigree of a team that wins 12 games each and every year. All they got to do is win 12 games. No, and they're, they're over unders at 10 and a half. Hill is one of the most singular talents in the game. We can debate if he's getting old. Is a dot was down this year or last year, but up until now he's been a guy. And this is how it was explained to me, because I got serious people who say he's the best receiver and it's not even close. Forget Cup, forget Adams, and here's what they say: players are either quick or they're fast. Very few players are ever both. He's both. He's both. He mm-hmm. can he can be like A B wasn't fast, but A B was quick. Like stopping him at the line was yeah, t- first move. Yep, yeah. yep. So that allowed Hill to do things no one else can do. Mahomes is a singular talent with his arm and his mobility. Right. The question is, does he have the mental discipline to go short when he needs to go short? I, I don't think you can just say we draft. We're going to draft the singular talent. We're going to draft his replacement. And think it's gonna. Th- there's a big question mark there. There's no no doubt about it. And, and where things could really be a problem is they're going to need Kelsey to still be at, at again, his Kelsey, level, which he may not be. Tight ends in general, if you look at their age curve, he's on the wrong side of that, and he dropped off last year. He, I don't he, care what the he, numbers. He say. did so. Kel- what the counting numbers? So how do, how does how does my pick lose? Kelsey gets gets injured, nagging injuries, has a down year, and now I'm losing my top two guys on receiver. As long as Kelsey gets his 1,100 yards, which he's supposed to, then Kansas City's going over. To me, listen, I'm on the over. I think there's questions. I think it's just an overreaction. To me, when the market moves one way, I'm going the other if I think that it's not a justifiable move. So, McKenzie, what's our current number on KC? 10.6. All right. How's that? Give us a little historical perspective on that, meaning Kansas City, how Andy Reid's done, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, when Scott and I were looking at our at our choices for the AFC West, we looked at Kansas City and we were looking at the under. And at the end of the day, we just couldn't do it because Kansas City, since Mahomes has been there, they win twelve games. Are you contractually so, obligated to bet every every like narrative in the direction of the? Why were you looking at the under? I, just because I don't I don't know that Can, uh, Kansas Kelsey. City at the end of the season last year was so good. I agree. I, I guess it was just in my head. Kansas City lost this. They lost this. It's going to be hard for them to maintain. But again, like Fez says, certain quarterbacks, certain coaches, you don't want to buck. And when we started saying oh, Patrick Mahomes has won twelve, he wins twelve every year. He's focused this year. Now he now not only do we need him to win one less, we need him to win two less to win that. No, thank you. They win twelve even when Mahomes gets hurt. Yeah, you know, even when he misses three games, they find ways to win twelve. So what's history tell us, McKenzie? Last year it was two wins higher. It was supposed to win ten and a half this year, twelve and a half last year. So that's the one year adjustment. All right, and and Andy Reid's done historically very well with these over unders on season wins. Give us those numbers. 
Yes, he's won eight out of his last nine. And last year was a half a game. Yes. And if I remember right, were they, did they have to play in the last week or not? Who'd they play the last week? I don't think that game. Oh, it was um, it wasn't Cincinnati. Well, I guess let's look it up real quick. Cause I think it was I, week 15 that they lost at the Bengals. No, no, no. What I'm thinking is that they had. They, they played the Broncos. And it was the last week? No way. They won 28-24. And they did win 28-24. Okay, so they, that was even Drew though they won, they still were half a game below. That was Drew Locke for Denver. Okay, so if you look through. But Mahomes played in that game, so it's. No, no, I it, did. It, I thought they lost a game that was. You know how Cincinnati lost a game at the end of the year that wasn't competitive. Oh, they, okay. I thought maybe. Yeah, the I Cleveland thought game. Kansas City was in that spot. So here's the thing: they they lost by the, the delta or the shortfall last year was a half a game. Kansas City, right? Two and a half or two point four. They were ahead the year before. One point three, three point seven, point nine, two point three, two point three, one point four, three point one. So give me the mean of those. Season. So this is Andy Reid with Kansas City from 2013 on, not counting last year. And what was our average over their win total? 2.2 wins. Guys, that's, un, that's unmatched. Exceeding yeah, your win total over that many years. I mean, obviously, people tend to undervalue. And it, it continued up until last year. In fact, the biggest number was the, minus, the 2.4 the year before last year. Mm-hmm. In general, why buck that? Like in a weird way, it is. I, I think over a pass. And, and we've talked about Kansas City in prior years. How we don't want to use the term clutch, but more they kind of sleepwalk through the first half. Sometimes it's like when they yeah, yeah. when they need to make the, when Mahomes you, needs to make the plays, he makes the plays. Ask but, but see, that's emblematic of a guy that doesn't really win as much as he should, though, because in the long run, Brady didn't do that. Montana and the great winners don't do that. Mm. Because they figure every everything counts. Yeah, maybe they should have won 15. I don't know. Yes, you're so right. So here's the question then. Why isn't this square? Why isn't the because, Kansas City because Chiefs it's two Because it's two games less than last year. right? Is, if you think of the narrative right now, is it how good, is it how good Kansas City is going to be? Or how there's a new sheriff in town. His name's Herbert. And it's not square because all these analytic geeks that are running all their models with long-term progression. Imagine regression. Steve Fezzikon people geeks. <laughs> yeah, all, all their long-term, <laughs> last 30 years regression in their NFL, NFL models. They say you should never project a team to be able to win more than, than two-thirds of their games. You know, it's a parody league. Yeah, but... No, no, no. I, I, think you're wrong. I think you're wrong here. I think what it is is they finally have a narrative. People, this industrial complex of sports media feeds on narrative yeah and how can you make it now you are getting a backlash it's saying oh there's been so much questioning of the chiefs that they're going to show make a statement look at the preseason that started this kind of backlash but in general it's like you lost your best receiver you had the worst half the last thing we saw in Mahomes, except for you avid preseason watchers. The last thing we saw of Mahomes was the worst performance in a Just big awful. stage we've ever seen. Second half, yeah. Then we, well, yeah, and then we hear about him and his family and TikToking from the locker room that game. There's talk that he's not focused. He just had a kid. You know, at the time it would have been, you know, I'm not saying I agree with any of that. I'm saying it's all negative. So let's pick the Chargers to win the division. Yes. Never mind the Chargers couldn't even beat the Raiders to get into the playoffs. But ne- listen, the next year, is they're going to be good. They're loaded. Look at those players. Nine years they've made the playoffs once. Are we ready for our win total no, over? one last thing. Okay. <laughs> I, thought last you were, uh, I thought you were it transitioning. Was a, it was a transition. But the last setup will be this. I am concerned about one more thing. 
where has Andy Reid really been an excellent coach since his son's incident? Yeah, that's a good point. His son's incident was right before the Super Bowl, last uh, year before last. I can't blame them for losing to Tampa Bay, but they made no adjustment, at least from my non-expert, and I say that sincerely, eyes. Everyone's saying they didn't really do anything at halftime to change. Probably should have run a screen pass or two, right? I, see, I don't know enough to know that. I really don't, but I know yeah. that people that do say they didn't do much. Listen, grief can F you up. How old is Andy Reid? Like, he looks older. I think like 62, 63. Ooh, that age 60. Well, that's true, too. But yeah. plus he's, 64. I, mm. Okay, but, I mean, still, he looks like he's 70. If you said him or Belichick, who's older, you're taking uh, Belichick is younger. Yeah. I mean, I you know. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm saying, Andy's a heavy guy. Listen, his son OD, his other son OD'd. So if you have, I don't know how many sons he has, but, if you know, all I'm saying is maybe the grief is taking up some of his time and maybe this year he might perk out of it. Or you know what? I can't say last year he was wrong. Didn't seem like the response to the too high was all that great. But in response, someone would say, but RJ, how do you do better than number one? That's what the offense was on a per drive basis. Something I think to consider until Andy Reid shows us at least. And maybe it's not his job to show us this, but I think it's a lingering doubt for me. Do you agree? I agree. And I think I, th- I think this is good because, like in in every ca- in every case, when you're thinking about a bet, you should have reasons for, for sure. and against, for over sure. and under, and we're, we're we're addressing all of it. All right, so that's a good segue as we talk about narratives and people who fall prey to them. AJ, we're going with the LA Chargers <laughs> over. Oh, did you let this happen? This was my pick. <laughs> They're at ten point three, so I I don't know. If it would... Well, Mackenzie, and give it a nice, honest. And remember whose team you're on grade right now. And then go ahead, continue. Okay. So looking at the Chargers, the, the reason why listen, the Chargers were awful last year defensively. They got partic- Jackson. Particularly against the run. <laughs> so what do they do? They go out. They get a couple defensive tackles. They get Khalil Mack. They get J.C. Jackson. They massively overhaul their defense, upgrade it. Well, when you have the worst D, you better do something. Well, listen, now these guys are in the second year. Brandon Staley's defense supposed to be a defense. Except these guy. guys aren't in the second year. They're all new they, guys. Well, those four guys are new guys, but the rest of them are. And the, Joey Bose is in the in the second year of it. You know, they, they, there's they, they cupboard wasn't completely bare for their defense. Which but, makes you wonder how they were so bad. It, it, it's a good point. But I do think shoring up the defensive the the defensive interior line is massive, and now having Bosa and Khalil Mack on the outside gives them just a kind of an unstoppable force, at least from or that. At least an irresistible one, right? Against the unstoppable the defense, right? Yeah. Well, I'm say from a pass, like it's going to be hard to to top that pass rush. Let me oversimplify it and ask the Fezzik question. Based on what you know of the Chargers and what you expect of the Chargers, will they have a top-five record in the NFL this year? No. The Chargers have no home-field advantage. It's, a, it's something no one ever speaks you about. You know what? Almost That's all home-field advantage is Home-field is so though. overrated now in the I NFL. Disagree. There's only a couple of places that it really even counts. You ask the bookmakers. The bookmakers, have even they don't even consider it's like a, a First of all, most bookmakers don't have any opinion on anything because they don't. They, all, they do is stare at the dog bash screen. But there's only a couple of places where it's worth more than maybe a point now. It's not worth the traditional three points anymore. It's well, worth I the, agree it's right. not three. It's, yeah. it's but, worth but, like two. I right? think two's fair. And... It's worth more than two in some venues. And here's a case where I don't think anyone can make a case the Chargers have more than one for home field, especially— well, I mean, almost—I mean, you almost would make the zero. case this. If it was an empty stadium, give them one. 
Exactly. But with the other fans there, they I think it goes Pittsburgh. back to neutral or, ne- or any team, really. Well, Pitt- I, I use yeah, Pittsburgh yeah, or Denver, extreme, yeah. you know, and extreme fans, like when the Chargers play the Raiders. Yeah, it's a, it, and that's so going to be 75% home this, Raiders. Home this year that the fan base you're worried about. At home against the Raiders, that'll be a very yeah. pro-Raiders crowd because L.A. is a Raider, Raider city, right? At home against Jacksonville, you're not worried right, about those fans. So it's coming. empty. At home against Denver. All right, yeah, maybe travel. at home against Seattle. Russell Wilson. Seattle's going to travel. Oh, like the twelfth men, Seattleing down to watch that team. Seattle, bad me? team. Come no. on. Okay. Uh, listen, we're getting into the weeds. Yeah. Is they in general teams play teams that have good traveling fans, and they play teams that don't. And in general, every team has a better home field than the Chargers. So there's nine. There's nine home games that you're only getting one point for. So there's a quarter of a win right off the bat, right, ripped and, away and from you versus saying. an average home. Yeah. Game. So is it the end all? No. But you know what? It's bigger than the Josh McDaniels effect. It really is. That just that one. But we spent a lot of time on it. Thanks, Feds. Continue, guys. I think we have the offense a very good shot. We? Sh- you're now part of the no, we? No, me and AJ. Oh, okay, okay. I think we have the MVP <laughs> of the league as the quarterback of this team. I think the expectations are through the roof. They're going to live up to these expectations. AJ oh, mentioned obviously. AJ mentioned how much better they got on defense. Well, offensively. No, no, no. How their talent improved. Their we don't know how improved. much better they're going to be. Yes. Let me add, let's let's play a devil's advocacy here for you two. Fez is going to the restroom, so I'll cover the pessimism on this. I like this a lot less than I would have in March. You know, because I've made multiple bets on the Chargers when I thought, you know, at much better prices. Now, I don't usually overemphasize that, but meaning you guys are late to the party. Though, here's the catch-22, why betting late's bad in general. Most of the good bets have been taken by guys like Fez. So, in a way, you got to pick out. It's like picking over things at Walmart two days after Thanksgiving. That's where we are, and we're forcing bets. So, it just is what it is. Staley's the issue. Here's what I didn't like about it. He backed away from his fourth down side. Like he literally, the fire came, going forward on the 28, whatever. And he said, I've thought about it, and now I realize it affects the teams, the players, they're humans. It's not a, it's like, what the hell? You didn't know that before? So he either is pl- saying things that aren't true to placate people, which is fine, but why be so weak that you have to do that? Or two, the guy is an, is an inexperienced twit. And, or, or maybe a really smart guy that's inexperienced. Because the year before, the year before last year, so not last year's Chargers, not the Rams, where was he? Where was Brandon Staley? We it wasn't talked about. I mean, I'm saying I think he was at John Carroll like five years ago. Mackenzie, look mm-hmm. at his, his, his verte, as I think they call it, right? Your CV. Right. He was at uh, John Carroll from 2015 to 2016 mm-hmm. before he became a linebackers coach for the Bears, then the Broncos. All right, so he was he yeah. was under he was under uh, Fangio as I was talking about him as the yep. guy who invented yeah. the two high. So he was at Fangio a couple years. He's a great presenter. He's a great talker. He has the media eat out of his hands. Is he really that sharp? Is the question. He's obviously bright. Is he really like to the point where like you wouldn't rather Fangio times fifty run your defense? Except Fangio's out of a job right now, mm-hmm. meaning they didn't think he was good enough. Why? Because he doesn't talk about going for two all the time or going for it on four. There seems to be this obsession with the. No one wants to be stupid, and they don't understand the math. 
And I don't fully understand it either. I'm not saying I'm, I'm at the highest level of the NFL play-by-play stuff, but I can promise you I'm spending more time on it than anything, and I can promise you soon enough I'll be ready to talk at the level that I'm fine disagreeing with anyone. Right now I'm not. But I'll tell you this. There's an obsession with young ideas in the NFL. I heard people talking about how bad, like the more Zimmer slander I've heard of how bad Zimmer is. What the hell? He knows more football than these people. He's forgotten more than they ever will know. Second best against the spread record. How bad could he be? Apparently so bad. Even Bill Simmons, again, Bill Simmons can fall into traps. He's like, oh, at least uh, the coach will be awake during the game. Like if anything, Zimmer was too intense. Right. Yeah. Well, so you, coach with an eye ulcer one week. But we also talked about like with Joe Judge. At some point, you kind of lose your team. Okay, but you don't lose your team if you have an amazing pedigree like Zimmer to turn around a Vikings team that really hadn't been much and to be as good as they've been. I'm not saying Zimmer should have been there. I'm saying, meaning maybe it was time for him to go. I'm saying let's not act like the inexperienced new coach is a huge upgrade. And my point is with Staley. If I told you that what was going to happen last year happened, you would have said, why'd they keep Anthony Lynn an extra year? Like, would Anthony Lynn have done any worse than miss the playoffs? No. Right? No, yeah. And Anthony Lynn's like out of the league now, right? He was at the Lions. Where is yeah, he Yeah, and he got canned halfway through the year. So I think they took away his play call. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So, but my point is, what do we know about Staley other than he bucks convention, he's inexperienced, in his one year as a head coach, he shit to bed. What else do we not like? Why is aren't we concerned, AJ? I, I mean, I I have my concerns about Brandon Staley. You do? Sure. So you'd rather Belichick be coach, even? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. got my concern about the Chargers. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll steal from Alan Boston, who talks about college basketball. And it's like when you ask a team to suddenly, mm. like, let's say the Dayton Flyers are loaded in the A10, maybe a bad example. So an institution like a college or something has a natural decades-long baseline that factors we don't fully understand play into. Exactly. So, and the Chargers um, institutionally are never a top five team ever. Now, the fact they changed their actual home maybe means, but they got the same cheap owner. It, same cheap owner, same organization. It's worse because th- there were fans of San Diego in San Diego. There's no fans for them in LA. That can't be a positive. And yet they're getting priced based on uh, this valuation is higher than even when Dan Fouts was quarterbacking this team. They were never projected to win this many games. Aaron Coriel is coach. This I'd rather is... have him than Staley. Here's what I will say if the Chargers suck this year, you're right about Brandon Staley because it's not their roster. Their roster is as good as it gets. You don't think the defense they, might not revolt when they go for it fourth and five in midfield and, and now fail? Now he's saying he's not going to do that. Yeah. But no, to, to answer your question, no, the defense isn't going to revolt. I but would. The, why? Because I'm. Did you ever play football? But no one here played it, it, football at a professional. But that's level. what I'm saying. Like, but even it, when you're playing junior high football. You don't listen, see the coach's decision and go, this is bullshit. I'm going to wow. stop I dis- trying. I disagree. I think the defense is going to be very upset when they're f- forced into short fields and then blamed for giving up 31 points. I would say this. I generally would agree with AJ. I do think the player empowerment, You can lo- like you just said, you can lose a team. They can, they're still going to say yes, sir, but they're not going to be into it. You've, got, you've told me many times trying to put ourselves in the minds of these athletes is fucking crazy. And, I agree. And it is. Like, but I, I, I don't do it often, and I'm not doing it here. I, I sure. think they want to win. They, and if, they think, if, 
if they believe that it, listen, do you want the ball in Justin Herbert's hands or not? The, the answer to me is an easy yes. I, 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 but the answer to me is an easy no. If the if, if the ball's at midfield and it's fourth and four, and I'm on and I'm a defensive midfield, player, it's like the twenty-two yard line. I'm just throwing. I know. Yeah. I'm just throwing it. I want them to punt. I want them to punt the, the other team inside the ten and then go I, in and I, dominate. So here's what I was saying, AJ. If you have a close on that, I just want to say one thing. As I listen to the guys that know NFL guys or former guys. The thing that jumps out at me is the self-interest is so much more intense than you even would realize. That they're thinking, like Lombardi talks about this, a guy can be a nerd, he can be black, white, yellow, whatever it is. If he can help that player get better, he's going to respect it. He said when Belichick, think about Bill Parcells. Parcells was a gruff, big guy. He was a guy <laughs> kind of acted like he should be playing too, you know, when he was younger especially. Belichick was like 28 years old and a nerd. Mm-hmm. And LT listened to Belichick like you wouldn't believe mm. because he knew this guy can help me make more money. That was what it was about. So in general, I think that when we talk about players, Fez is right. If a defense is bad, in, in the following way, I agree with him. If the defense is bad and people say, man, the Chargers D sucked last year, and you were a guy on that defense, your brand gets hurt. And you're thinking, wait a minute, it's not because we were bad. It's because he went for it all the time. We were tired. I do think that affects us. Otherwise, I don't, or affects players. I don't know what they're thinking because they're just a different breed. They're professional athletes. You know, I'm not. Don't be deceived. What any, I, any closing thoughts? Yeah, what I was saying about the roster, though, this is one of, if not the best roster in the NFL. If I, it was it, five years ago, it would be really good. It's an older roster. It's gotten old. You know, what? They've got, you know what benefit they've got that the other three teams in this division don't? A quarterback on a rookie deal, so they yeah, were able to pile up c- pile up guys around him that are elite players. It's a great point. It, 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 it's a it's great a, point. It's a good point. The question is, how do they play together? Yes, and it's prices if it's going to go perfectly. I don't see where there's an like what the number should be, right? Meaning that when you bet an O, like in general, every one of my bets, I can move it a half a game and say this would be reasonable. And you're right. This op- this was ten. In April, and it's ten point three now. Is it? It's not the best of the numbers. That's that's been the jump only. The point three. That's it, Mackenzie. What do we decide on this total? What's the legit number? Ten point three is very accurate. It's ten and a half minus one twenty to the under. All right, all right. Or ten minus one forty to the over. So that's the move from but ten what, flat what to ten minus op- one forty. What did this open at? Ten flat. Guys, this is only going out three times of a win. Because yeah. the, the division odds have changed drastically. So maybe this market is is moving a lot. I, mean, I think it's just sexy. Like think about the content providers. The, you know the division odds have changed drastically. Yeah, because the content providers well, don't want to pick the, the 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 favorite to ever win the division. So they so they can pick an Eagles or they can pick with a bad example because the, the Eagles are a legit pick. But um, the Chargers in, aren't. The, the Chargers are the no, sexy he's pick. To, he's trying to explain why the, there might be a phenomenon of a narrative affecting different bats. I can't pick cans exactly. I can't pick you, but not. I could never say it that way. The Kansas City is like that's boring. Picking Kansas, the Chiefs to win the division. That's that's so I want. So I want to pick something mm. non-obvious. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I don't want to pick Denver. I'll pick the Chargers. Yeah. Look at all this weaponry. Look at look at all this additions on defense. I, listen, I I think this has been a great convo. I think we don't know NFL players. Let's start there. <laughs> I, I also think that the a talent assembled on the Chargers looks great. I don't I don't see any proof of them playing well as a team. You know, I haven't. I haven't seen the Chargers as an institution play well very much. And when they do, they still stunk in the playoffs. What was that, 13-3 and three one year, right? Yeah. Uh, defense, I got more. Qu- I think Herbert proved himself. And this is something I've said a time or two. I'm going to say quickly. If you look at his numbers, they look very similar to his rookie year. So you're saying, where was the upgrade? 
But, AJ, you, upon me talking about this, dug into it. Why don't you take a minute and explain the difference in the pot, in the under pressure and all that, and what has you even more optimistic about her? Yeah, the, the one year, and you said the under pressure stats are basically not sticky. Where they, there's a randomness to it. Yeah, they're not as telling. So the fact that he was bad under pressure year one, or bad under pressure year two, excuse me, not not as big of a deal as being upgrading in a clean pocket. So if you look at the overall numbers, they look about the same year one, year two. But his rookie year, he was shockingly good under pressure, which doesn't tell you a ton. And you know who else was? Is for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Quarterback. Mm. Well, no. Oh. Wentz. Ooh. That second year when he was an MVP candidate had crazy third down advantages and under pressure advantages that just are unsustainable with the way it was perceived. So we were looking at if you want, like the real jump can be made is can you improve in the clean pocket? And that's where Which he was made a his huge biggest jump. jump. But it looks the same because he was very lucky under pressure his first year and very unlucky mm-hmm. his next mm-hmm. year. If he would have had the same year under pressure as his first year last year, he would have been the best quarterback in the league Which by is far. And like, he's an MVP legit yeah. candidate. And if you were doing that same game that we did last year where Patrick Mahomes was the, the infallible quarterback, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's near well, the top of he's well, near the top of the list. After one one year, two I guess he's now. had two years under a clean pocket, but that's still about you know. But I mean, how how far down the list would you get him? You Got to make the playoffs once before you. Okay, I mean, just one. But how far down the list would you go before you said Justin Herbert is a guy that I trust the most? I I think the Watson gets confusing because I think there's uncertainty just because the absence, right? The time off. I think Brady and Rogers, you almost got to put in a different category. Agreed. So after that, I'm not sure I wouldn't want Herbert first. If I over Josh Allen? Oh no, I don't. I think know. it's the two of them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If we're going tears, yeah. The only way I don't put Burrow right there with Herbert is because of injury risk. If if I God t- told me neither of them is going to get injured or it's going to be the same reasonable amount, I think Burrow. There's something about we can act like wins don't matter, but Herbert couldn't get them to the playoffs. Burrow took a worse franchise historically, and got him to the Super Bowl. We've never seen someone do that. And for, got sacked six times a game <laughs> in the playoffs. For, Steve, how do you have a big gash across your forehead? I was I was walking late at did night. you just notice that now? Yeah. I was wa- it's the Harry Potter. I, I, I thought was, he had a lobotomy, but he was talking. I was, wa- I was walking late at night last oh, night and texting, and then, first of all, boom, I walked into three. that's more than a day old. This is a bad story you're telling right Monday now. night. I can I can get fresh blood coming out of it. Ah, don't he's rubbing on it. <laughs> no truth to the rumor that Todd did that to him. It's been like three, it's been like three, Don't exercise, bro. <laughs> what a tennis racket. The weight loss. That looks like the strings of a tennis racket. <laughs> so what happened supposedly? You were texting, you ran into a wall? I ran into this a, is what the wife is in the to neighborhood. Say to the place, I was walking Dave. through, and there's a tree, and I and I and the, with an underlying branch, which normally I would stoop to because I saw it. But I was texting somebody, See, and it may give, have been Wishnev, in fact. Let me give you a hint. And I walked Scott, into it. When, when the story's this rehearsed, it's mm, untrue. Yeah, because all yeah. the details. Oh, I, I've done it before. Uh, oh, yeah. We're all guilty. You hit Steve before and put a mark. <laughs> no, no, rehearse the story. Uh, that's what. I, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you don't want to tell. I was bowling and I t- fell. <laughs> <laughs> that does look more than a day old, though. It actually does. does it? If you would have guessed how long that that cut happened, you wouldn't have said a day. Yeah, it looks like it's two days. Yeah, at least. Yeah. If you if you, if someone has bad nutrition, two days. 
No, he is dieting. Well, he could have been putting ointment on it, though. <laughs> All right. You know what's bad? I, you know, as you know, I cut my foot really bad. Yeah. The top of it. I every day the first couple I was redressing it, putting all the oils on. For about three days over the weekend, I just kept the same bag. I took it off. I started saying, "Is this infected?" Gangrene. Oh, it has man. a little bit of a. Oh good. Yeah, so we'll see. You gotta let it breathe. Oxygen. I know. There's all these theories. Jump in the swimming pool. The chlorine probably kill that. I just piss on it. Yeah. You know that, well, that's what you're supposed to do in the woods or something. I think if you don't have the right thing. I don't know if that kills germs. It's just I think sterile. It's well, that's what it's sterile is. Yeah. Lack of germs. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's going to kill the bacteria it, it and the germs. Will, it will up. irrigate it. Uh. What do you think, uh, AJ? I thought when I first saw your foot injury that you needed to go to the doctor. Oh, for sure. I should have went to the doctor. I'm just stupid like that. It's yeah. really dumb. That needed to be <laughs> stitched close, yes. Exactly. I mean, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a little cut. It was like the skin was broken oh, and yeah. separated. It looks like you were getting ready to eat it. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> it, was, it was gross. You didn't get the photo. It was gross. I mean, it was pretty bad. But, you know, I don't. Shocking. All right, moving on. I'm and still you, here. You're on me. You're always like, hey, get that knee taken care of, your long-term health. I so do, I it's don't. It's funny. It's easy to say that, and I don't care. I don't it. endorse this, this charger play. No. I don't either. But I tell you this, I liked it. At, uh, the divi- do we have any sense, Mackenzie, how the division odds adjusted? Yeah. Can you tell me? It was 4-1 to one, it opened, and now it's plus 225. Uh, that's, Steve, that's, that's more a, than a third of a game. Yeah, it's massive. And, you know, it's... I don't get it. There's not. It's not like there's negativity associated with with any of the other. I mean, Kansas City for for a second opened eleven. They've been like ten point seven the whole summer. Well, the holds probably stayed about the same. So it's yeah. moved. I'm just saying, if you look at that movement and you look at the third of a game upgrade, it feels incongruent. Yes. All right. Next game. What do we got? We want us to do ours. Uh, we could. Uh, we. I guess we can go to our under if you want. No, no. We don't. We've heard enough from you for. Okay. A we'll take a little break. Um, I'm going under Denver as our best bet, and that one's easy. This is real simple. And actually, this wasn't what I was going to hit you with Miami with because I was killing you guys on Miami too much, but it applies here. <laughs> when, and, and we got a true authority on this. He knows the Shanahan system well. Not X's and O's, but the, you know, the ancillary elements of it. The first year is not good for a Shanahan system because it's so complex. It takes at least the first half of the first year, if not more, to get it. You can play, run the plays. You just don't know why you're running them. You don't understand the underlying logic. Even if you think about it, the, um, the first year, and I'm just trying to think straight, the guy at Green, the Green Bay, right, and then was that his first year when they won 13 games? LaFleur? LaFleur. Yeah. They've won yeah. 13 every year. Every year. All right, so, but... but uh, but he wasn't Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers' numbers year. wasn't near as good, right? Yeah, second year was, was when he blew up. But they give his numbers, because remember, for three years now, he got two MVPs, and then there was the first year. What was his numbers then? Take a minute, and I'll keep going with this. It was like, I know this is about Denver, and it's not about Russell Wilson, but in general, if it's slow going the first year, and Russell Wilson's been in one system effectively the whole time, meaning they had different OCs, but it wasn't the Shanahan system. It feels inevitable that it's gonna, they're going to start slow. Not to mention the question marks about Russell Wilson in general. Worst, worst half of a season I ever had two years ago in the second half. And we can explain and say, well, if it's not the mallet finger, take away that game and this game and this game and this game, and he was okay. I don't know. This is the classic free roll, all right? All right, go ahead. 
if Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback, the line's right. The line's right. If he's not a top five quarterback, you are stealing playing under here. Another thing that I think the markets got, I, I fully endorse this play. I almost made this. This is my bet, best bet. The um, the fact that everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson versus Drew Locke, it's such a huge upgrade. It's like seemingly people have forgotten. Denver was a 500 team last year. Denver was seven and seven, which in, in theory makes the case for how good the roster is, other than quarterback. Yeah, well, they, they had Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Didn't play that great either. Yeah, but he was Teddy Bridgewater is almost a five, an average starting quarterback. All right, Drew Locke is not. Drew Locke. Let's say 24. So Drew Locke shows up, and then Denver just goes in the tank and loses the last three games. And so now people are thinking, oh, what an upgrade from Drew Locke. But it's it's a big upgrade regardless. So you're, saying, you're saying that Locke narrative makes it seem like they had a disastrous quarterback, but they had a slightly below average starter. Yes. I accept that. Um, so if you look at last year, in Luck, Denver was 15th in aggregate, so exactly pretty much in the middle. So we could go through the elements, but it doesn't really matter. The question is, how much is Russell Wilson an upgrade? How much did the rest of the team get affected? It's a downgrade of coach. I mean, Fangio is an elite, maybe the best defensive mind in football right now under behind Belichick. And he's more innovative than Belichick in the last five. I mean, he is the guy that invented this concept that is now going across the league with the two high. I'm not saying it was never run before, but the way he runs it. Because before it made rushing the ball so easy, you couldn't run this. It was a prevent. The way they do it, it makes rushing not as easy. It's still not hard, but it's like not gimmies, right? So Aaron Rodgers was 20th in QBR the first year in the Shanahan system, even though they won 13 games. That's when you thought they were going to win like eight and a half the next game. Yeah, yeah. Year. Second year, he was first in QBR. Next year, he was first. Let me repeat that in case. Hmm. First and first, 20th. That one, and it started, and I kept hearing Shanahan second year, you know, and it's like, do you believe that, McKenzie? And can you add any nuance to it? Yeah, it's all about verbiage, and it's about, like, a whole language, you know, how difficult it is to learn a new language. Well, a lot easier when you have more time. Plus the blocking scheme. I mean, they're going with the, you know, the, the different, you know, where the blocking schemes are either east, west, or north, south, and you usually got younger, more athletic linemen in this. It takes a while to transfer away. And you know what else? When, when the league was going with 3-4, Belichick went 4-3. And vice versa. He always wants to be in the minority because you're not fighting for players as much. You want it to be where they, where the the everyone's fighting for that rush end that you don't even need, and the guy you need is cheap because there's not a big market, right? Hmm. So if you think about it, what's the market now for Shanahan type offensive linemen when everyone in the league seems to be running it in some ways? More expensive than it was three years ago. I think it's a big factor mm. for all these Shanahan teams. And that's why usually no one system ever stays prevalent. It might be three or four years, but then the market adjusts, and now it's cheaper, and it, and it reverses itself, and it just and on goes time. <laughs> what do you think? I, I tend to agree. I, I do remember when, I, Shit. when, uh, yeah. <laughs> when David Carr was in Houston and when uh, – Gary Kubiak first took the head coaching job. Which is one of the guys, I mean, they caught the Shanahan system, but Kubiak was instrumental in the development. But I I will say, and now David Carr only got one year because he was at the end of his contract, but it was David Carr finally had a good year, and everybody was there was excitement, of course. Now, was that his first year under the system? That was his first year in the system. Yeah, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. 
Some would say you're contradicting my point. I am. <laughs> just with that with that one example, I, I'm, I'm assuming you had, and obviously the, the Aaron Rodgers one is way more recent. No, I was just teased. I know. I mean, it, it, <laughs> you were being part. I was. I, all I was yeah. saying was, I just I have experience. I was there to watch a year and, where and of the first year of a Did you get a sense that the terminal, the, the things that were, you had your press pass at this point, right? I did. I, I was actually living in Austin and and going to the games on Sundays in in Houston. So did you get a sense that the learning curve was steep? You know what, David Carr always he always projected as a, a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he projected as a guy who was in, put into a pretty bad spot at the beginning. Well, but he's always done that with himself. Right? But I, I, it felt like he understood things. But I also think that Gary Kubiak was really good at at teaching. I think that, I think Gary Kubiak was underrated as a teacher. Mackenzie, is there a, a lot of like strife between Kubiak and the Shanahan's for credit for this? No. Done. No, I think I think they're like family. That's what they want the outside to think. Gary Kubiak was at the, the Rivers uh, Thanksgiving. Is that right? No, I just made. So that that's up. where he was instead of with Brad and me with AJ. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that we was were talking a, about guards and mobile guards. <laughs> that was a, that was a smart move, Mackenzie. By the way. <laughs> All right, Fez. So you like you lean under too? Yeah. How the heck is Denver suddenly going to win eleven games? You know, Kansas City's not supposed to win eleven games. That's crazy. <laughs> well, let's think about this. Let's assume the rest of the team's the same, right? Upgrade from uh, Bridgewater to Russell Wilson. I three, mean, is it three, three? points? All right. So what, how's that equate with wins? And let's one compare. and a half wins. All right. So what was last year's number of wins? Eight they had or seven? No? Seven. So that means they're supposed to have eight and a half. Yeah. What's their win total? 9.8. I like under. Me too. What do you think? I agree. All right. I, I'm not buying that this team is all of a sudden going to make this jump and be a Super Bowl contender just because of Russell Wilson. You can see how if they say if you got one of the best rosters and you add one of the best quarterbacks. I understand it. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I yeah. can see it. I just don't. I think especially year one. I was going to say, I think next year we may be singing a different tune about the Broncos. Which is one of my favorite things is when a team gets a lot of accolades and they disappoint, the next year is the time to play them. Hmm. All right. What's uh, anything else in this division? Boston. We've got Vegas the Raiders unders. under. All right. Who's got that? Fez, you? All I of do. Us. Oh, I don't. Well, well, the three of us do. All right. Go ahead. I think the Raiders have become chronic, have become overvalued by. It's not just last year; they were really lucky. They're lucky every year. I mean, I've, this, is that luck then? Yes, it's luck. <laughs> it, it, it's it's just it, it, it's it's unbelievable. They win more I, coin I, I saw McKenzie on Twitter recently say, if you're saying the same thing every year that a team's lucky, you have a wrong. What was your quote, McKenzie? It's faulty analysis. No, damn, that's what you're calling Fez then. Not in this case. Oh. It's not faulty analysis. It's 51 games where they've gotten fortunate over that 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 stretch of 51 games. Think of it as one agree, season. I agree right. with this. It's even multiple years in the NFL can be deceiving. Yeah. So so obviously it's obvious they went four and zero in overtime games. You should go two and two in those games. Well, listen, not we don't have to overthink this. Fourth yeah. quarter win share. Yes. They should have won 1.8 less games. 1.8. So they won 10. They should have won eight. And Most which, extreme in the league. Most extreme in the league. Yeah, and you know I'll even throw out one other win they had week fifteen. Remember we sp- we spoke about Bridgewater went out and Locke took over. Well, that was the week fifteen game against the Raiders. Raiders beat Denver by four points at home. Yeah, but we don't got to get into minutia. Who but that's another. But that's an- the difference between Locke and Bridgewater is like a point and a half. Well, we'll put an asterisk. But it was a really <laughs> close game, and the Raiders got were fortunate that they got to play Denver, and Locke had a bad game, and they won. Despite only scoring 17 points. Here's what's fascinating. They were 1.8 games over when where they scored, had more wins than they should have. 
And for the entire season, when you add up all luck factors, they won 1.6 more games than they should have. So it means the other luck factors were actually unlucky for them, but they still end up the sixth most lucky team. So just their wins in the fourth quarter where they won some games they shouldn't have, even with every other luck factor being where they were lucky or they were unlucky, they still are the sixth luckiest team. That's how much they got lucky in close games. And they luck boxed into the second place in the division, which means they've got a tough schedule. They've got the 30th toughest schedule. Okay. But you that, need the, I guess it's the, the, the third toughest. Yeah. And they pick up the shiny new toy, Devontae Adams. Hey, great pickup. Tremendous wide receiver. But you look at the overall wide receivers. So Hunter Renfro is their second best wide receiver. Yep. And is this Mac Collins? No, this, I don't think you got to worry about their position or their receivers. Well, they, they but they lost their their, their other they receivers. Got a pretty good tight end. It, Waller's been banged up though; he's not yeah. healthy at all. The, all the, all the he's rot- not going to be healthy the rest of his life. The rotisserie geek people are saying he's falling in their drafts. Okay, falling right? from what to what? Well, he's still he's still a top six tight end. Yes. I can't believe we haven't heard the two most important words in the dictionary yet. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. <laughs> How could we go this deep into this analysis without hearing Josh McDaniels, Fez? Well, <laughs> he's the best ever. You're bucking the best coach ever. He's not the best ever. Oh, he's so valuable. Belichick cannot recover from his absence. Well, it's not like the Raiders had a paragon of coaching, you know, Well, listen, listen. So. whatever he was politically correct or racist or whatever you want to say, Gruden was a – he actually had Carr listening, and Carr was playing his best ball. I don't rest you can question, but you know, I don't think Gruden was an idiot. Yeah, you can't just you can't say it's an upgrade. Yeah, maybe. I think I think maybe, first maybe year, not. Think about Belichick coaches, good or bad after they want to tear things down. And I think on SA SOV, you did a great job um or, or, or orchestrating <laughs> the discussion of um with Scott and with AJ about the busts that have been the Las Vegas first round draft picks. Like the well, past these guys really the past three some years. At some that. point when you lose when you're just flushing down the toilet all your number one picks and the most recent one, you know, the Leatherwood, you know, lineman, mm-hmm. that and you're paying your quarterback. And you're paying your new wide receiver. Where's the money to pay everybody else? But amazingly, they drafted really well in the mid round. So it kind of was a wonder. Mm. But here's the question: Mike Mayock was always considered one of the true guys that understood. People make fun of Mel Kiper. Again, he's made mm. a he invented a career. Great hair. But I mean, he invented a career. He was passionate. Up until 2013, he used to write like a 200 page book every year. Even though he was on ESPN for a long time, a 20-plus year, he kept writing that book. I'm collecting them, and I got almost all of them so far because I think it's a great testament to, like, a guy coming from an apartment and building an industry. Like, he built an industry, at least mainstream. There was other guys before him that did it hardcore. Quick, I mean, we talked about 40-second Belichick story. There was a guy named Joel Bushmom. I think he lived in Brooklyn. And he was a, a, a true shut-in. Like, he literally wouldn't leave his apartment. And if you look at his picture, he, he, he looked about 6'1 and about 140. Hmm. Like thin, like scary thin. He died, like, young at 55 or so, I think, if I recall, like in 2002. He was a great draft guy. He used to do for uh, Pro Football Weekly, but was a well-respected guy. They had a service for him at the Combine that year, right? Belichick shows up, says Joe Bushman was one of my best friends. And, like, does, the, does the, one of the eulogies, he never met him. 
but they were on the phone yeah. nonstop mm, for wow. like 20 years. He goes, Joel was always home. He goes, whatever you called him, he was home. And he was how much he loved it. And over 20 years, he said he became a truly dear friend. And it was like, you know Belichick is going to find the freakiest freak that's home all the time. But Bushbaum put out books. And I actually got most of them now. Just this year, I found out about them, and and it's just these deep, long dives. And he died like he died in like 2003. Mm. But it is interesting how Kuiper was the guy with the sizzle. And not saying he doesn't know his stuff, but there's there were these draft nicks. But now everyone's a draft yeah. nick. But here's the question about May, Maylock, Mayock, Mayock though, is he was considered a legit guy. He was a disaster. What does it say about these other drafts? Like, how much do we really think these draft grades mean anything? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Right? I I mean, it's a weird thing how much the league doesn't know anything, but the people that would take a job job as a GM so fast their head would spin are the ones critiquing them. Hmm. Doesn't make sense. All right. One more thing. I'm very pessimistic about the Raiders' defense specifically, but what you were saying about Hunter Renfro being their second-best receiver – this is a, the PFF grades last year. Stefan Diggs, DK, DK Metcalf, Hunter Renfro, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins. That's like 12 through 15. That's good. That's a good yeah, company I'll, re- I'll to retract be in. that. Renfro's perfectly good as a number two. Perfect. like good. a kid that loves ice cream, but then he goes to an ice cream buffet and gets mm. sick. As <laughs> you start up and you, you're on the right track and you say, should I have one more bite? Yeah, the Renfro bite. The, one more the bite. Renfro bite. That was an unnecessary <laughs> bite. That was a bad bite. <laughs> I, like, I like an ice cream buffet. That sounds fun. I've never heard of such a thing. It sounds amazing. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I love ice cream. But, but you would definitely be sick. <laughs> I don't care. It's the price you pay, yeah. baby. I've had to forego the, the peanut butter buster parfait at Dairy Queen, which is my favorite. Well, that would be a celebration when you break even on this bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might. When you push, <laughs> when I hit 180, I'm going to go get one. Uh, it's kind of sad when you make a bet that's a year long, and within a week you realize you can only tie. That's me <laughs> hoping for the 49ers <laughs> over this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next division. Hey, Scott, you're kind of newish. You pick the division. All right, let's go to the uh, AFC South. All right, first team for you. Our first team or you and AJ. in the South is going to be the uh, Jaguars over. 6.5 wins. Now, by some happenstance, we have a disagreement here. I'm on the under. Okay. So continue. Uh, I think now we... Uh, Trevor Let me think Lawrence. Urban Meyer sucks. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Trevor Lawrence now has a real opportunity underneath a quarterback groomer in Doug Peterson. Now, he groomed Wentz. He's groomed Wentz. He's groomed other quarterbacks. Other, other, the famous other category. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, tell, us your, uh, tell us your resume, sir. So, well, <laughs> it was Alex Wentz and, and varied other quarterbacks. Alex Smith. Who? The number one pick that was a bust? A bust? Yeah. 12 wins for Kansas City is a bust? Oh, wait a minute. We're saying when he was on staff – with Andy Reid and didn't call plays, he was the groomer. OC of the Chiefs, 2013 to 2015. And who? And, and the OC after was the Bears coach last year, right? Nagy. Yes. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is a real opportunity to shine this year. Uh, uh, <laughs> this sounds like he hey, the guy dated his girlfriend, yeah. took his girlfriend away. He has to say something nice. I, 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 and so you're saying a guy that was one of the biggest disappointments in the history of the draft in year one. 
because he was considered a savior mm -hmm. and literally had a disastrous first year. He has a chance to do better. Yeah. And you like the over. I do like the over. So Travis Etienne now healthy. We have not seen this kid play except Which for what we, we saw. Have, he's like a draft choice. But we have sure, no idea. Sure, but the hype going into the season last year was really high. Urban Meyer was driving Travis the hype. Etienne. James Robinson was pretty good, though, right? He was, yeah, but the theory but, is but if also, you can have a, it's like I'm sorry, it's like mm -hmm. a Le'Veon Bell situation. If you can truly have to garner uh, someone to defend you on the pass that matters and run the ball, it's amazing yeah. because you can't you can't really see Kamara. Yeah, Alvin Cook. Look at what you know, and and last time we saw this kid play was when the two of them were at Clemson together. That was a pretty great combination. Very fragile, so, though. I think we, what we do know is he gets hurt easily. Okay, we'll see. And the weapons surrounding Trevor Lawrence now, Christian Kirk adding to that wide 18 receiver million core. A year. How did they with, have to pay eighteen for that guy? With Marvin Jones, they bring in Evan Ingram from the Giants. Good pass How catching old is tight he? end. Ingram? Oh, wait. I was thinking of the Ingram that was with the Ravens and was with the Saints. Mark Ingram. Mark All right, Ingram. go ahead. I'm sorry. Bring in Evan Ingram. Uh, and I think this this defense was already okay. You Wasn't Kirk funny? like the number four for Arizona? You know what's no, funny like about Scott? Really? I, I pick up things quick. With now he's the one? Oh, that's a good one, Fez. Because you're Here's asking like you don't have a bias, yeah. too. I like that. Yeah. Now, listen. Here, I, I know so little in player personnel that, like, whenever I know, know some. That's that obvious, like, but yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> Scott's the opposite. You know when he's really not into a pick? When he has to look at his notes. Like, he rattles off names that I've never heard and of. And I'm always looking at my notes. But yeah. It's not, not about you. About his memory. <laughs> about his memory. From his memory. And then, like, literally your second point here, you're looking at your notes. Yeah, looking at my notes. AJ, do you want to jump in? Well, I will say the, the Jags had the worst. They You talked about different <laughs> kinds of luck. Uh -huh. They had they were had the, lo the worst turnover margin. And so by worst, you mean they, they suffered for they it. They suffered the Minus most 20. And now, i got to be honest with you. Until you look in at the interceptions and try to assess, I think it's hard to judge turnovers. I'll tell you what we think in a moment. But okay, in injury luck, they, they were pretty pretty unfortunate from an injury standpoint as well. But when you're the also, worst team, does it, it, are, are those players being heard? Do they really matter? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this, I hear you. This, this number also a big jump in in schedule, ease of schedule this year. This I, number's very low. Let's let's also acknowledge that. Do you so, think you think they're a five or six win team this year? Yes, I think they're a seven win team this year. Oh, Mackenzie, this is a good one. You, I'll let you say this. He tried to flash me with it. Go ahead. So yes, the Jaguars were lucky. They're one of the identified teams that we say were. Should have won more games last year. They should have won one point. I feel more like you got to throw last, last year. year out. Last year was if a you disaster. just throw two wins. But how'd they do after he was gone? I mean, there was 11 games. I always get this stat a little wrong. There was like 11 games that Trevor Lawrence threw one touchdown pass over. Like a, it was a crazy streak. It's like the guy couldn't quarterback. It seems. Yeah, and and Jacksonville won three games, so they should have won four and a half or five. Well, that's what we're saying. I mean, so they so, won. So they won five. Let's let's just assume they won so five. And this they year's won number five. is what? It's got to be five, right? Six and a half. That seems high. Seems high to me too. I mean, what's, what's different? But here's the thing that's to their advantage. If you look at the spending, they're actually in a real cap problems next year. So this is like the year they got to show something, which all, is weird. All the player 
evaluation personnel analytic geeks uh-huh. agree with them. Agree with Scott that well, this is, this they, is this more is, anti-Urban Meyer. Here's yeah. what you got to understand. They, they just add up the pieces. They should be able to win seven games. Yeah, Texans twice, Jets. I mean, yeah, that's in the division. They yeah, have Texans. Saying, How'd they do with the Texans last year? Over two. They, they went over. They went over well, for Urban a lot Meyer. Of, it was over, Urban they Meyer for a lot of things. Yet, How many year? times in the history of the NFL has a team been the number one pick twice in a row? And then how'd they do the third year? That's an interesting trend. Cardinals. No, they were 10th when they got Rosen. See, that's where people, it's deceiving. I would still remember. Was Tampa Bay, like when they first started like in the league? Yeah, when they were draft. Oh, except in 79, they were in the, the, the championship game against the Rams. Vince Ferragamo against mm. McKay was the coach. I know a little football. I know Only more. time ever, Browns 2016 and 17. Oh, yes. Well, that's going well. <clears throat> Well, they have about as many, um, you know, the Browns actually have as many playoff wins in the last nine years as the Chargers. But the Browns 2018 won seven games. All right. All right. That would be six and a half normalized for seven, the 17 eight and one. game schedule. Oh, that's a good point. Seven, eight, and one. Oh, it'd be, no, it would be seven and a half. Never mind. Seven, eight. They were seven, yeah. eight, and one. Yeah, that's true. All right. So listen, let's be serious for a minute. Mm-hmm. What do we know? I think the Eagles. I'm, I always have trouble with that. What's the the dude, the Eagles Sirianni? coach? No, no, the new coach here. At Doug, Peterson. Doug Peterson. Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think you got to question any Andy Reid disciple because he does so much. We've seen that with Belichick. These great coaches don't ne- – And you can make this case why Eric Bieniemy has not gotten a head coaching job. Because it kind of got exposed to some degree. Or maybe he's just a di- disagreeable personality is what some people whisper, you know. But the thought is that it's Andy Reid. It's not – and maybe it's true yeah. because, but I will say this, the guy won a Super Bowl. So right there, it doesn't matter what else happens. You got to give him credit. Mm-hmm. But I think he made one brilliant decision that won him that Super Bowl, which was we are going to go to the edge of analytics and go for it on fourth down. He did everything. Like if you look at that team and look at that Super Bowl, if they would have played a normal game, fourth down punt, they're doing the Philly special on fourth. I mean, it's like they were like, we got nothing to lose. They were playing. It was like a video game. And that's and they hit every inside straight, and they just won the game. He's why they won, because no one else was. And the guy who was the analytics guy is a young guy. He was on the PFF pod one or two times this offseason after Peterson got fired. He's back with him at Jacksonville. So the question is, has that been lost, that edge? Everyone else is caught up, some better than others, but whatever Peterson's edge was by being modern in his football thinking with decisions – Feels like most of it's gone. Yes, and does he have? He, he had a shootout team, and that team. He doesn't have a shootout team here with Jacksonville. This is yeah, the type of team. They don't need to win the Super Bowl. They just got to win, you know, seven, seven games. Yeah, but this is well, a team that probably ten. should be punting on fourth and two. Well, that's an interesting point. Does those decisions exacerbate how bad this team is? Yes, because you want a lower variance with bad teams. Now that is a good point. Actually, think about it. Now, if you're getting ready, he's figuring. Remember when Reich from the Colts made a decision in overtime that made no sense? It was like four years ago, and it was like they could have tied for sure or had like a 15% chance to win. Yeah. And they went for the win. And he said, I don't want this team to learn to lose, to tie. And the theory was they weren't going to make the playoffs that year anyway, so he was teaching them a lesson. Does Peterson maybe do some stuff this year that hurts them this year but gets them ready to win in the future. But it hurts your bat. I think they're live dogs in week one at Washington. 
at home against Indianapolis in week two. We know the record, right? Indy hasn't won in Jacksonville. Yeah, what's fascinating in, is how focused – or the – if you were betting that game, Fez, would you rather there be no trend? If you if you were betting Jacksonville, would you rather there be no trend like there is, which is the Colts can't win mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, or not? Because my theory is that loss caused them so much grief that they're this is like their home run game. Yeah, it's handicapping one hundred and one, a favor of eight points. Don't give them a reason to like be ultra motivated because now they're going to bring it. But it does seem like there's a reason. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. What, yeah, when you say, like, if you parlayed $100, you'd have, like, 50000 now on it. It's more than that. But yeah. here, here's the thing. It's a little deceiving. One of those games was in London. Mm-hmm. They were the official home. Well, I'm just saying they haven't won in Jacksonville. Yeah, so, but if you do, if you look at the year since years. 2012, yeah. it's yeah. won last year. But it's mm-hmm. still amazing. Yeah. It yep. still is. Um, and we know how difficult it is to play in Florida early in the year. I, I got to say, the boys here, like, like all the money's been on Jacksonville. But that's been the case the last two years. I mean, the weather, the global warming's not warming that yeah, much. I'm just saying so this that, is, that game, all, that all the money's been on Jacksonville over. So the Jacksonville total was like sitting at 6.2, and it just keeps going up. So every, every the, the Sharps are betting Jacksonville over. They see what you're saying. But, uh, but here's the thing. When the Sharps keep betting and then it plateaus – it's usually far past the point where the Sharps are done with it because there's that run that comes from the wannabe Sharps. Like, I, I don't think it's plateaued yet. I think if we wait, we can play under like six and a half and get like plus one. I don't know. What's, what's, been the, the, what's been the tangent, McKenzie? What's the slope? Yes. Because to me, it feels like there's a lot of love for Jacksonville and it feels like it's kind of getting old. It's yeah. finally dying. So that doesn't mean it's still going up. Well, it went from 6 to 6.3 before training camp. Since training camp, it's still creeped up, now 6.4. So it's slowed, but it's still increasing. Okay. So it's like, it feels like it's got, they're getting all the juice out of the orange. I'm, I want Now, if you just knew that, do you want to bet the over or the under? I want to bet the under. I don't worship at the all I want all the time. under at post. I want the very best number. But that's not the choice right now, Steve. Oh, <laughs> that's why I passed. <laughs> what you had, but you did make a bet is, all right, so... I think we're in agreement that generally at earlier numbers, the Sharps like what you guys liked. I don't usually want to just buck the Sharps because I want to buck the Sharps plus a run of others after. This doesn't, hasn't run as much. Like the Chargers, in some ways, the division, it just kept yeah. running, right? The only thing here is I think there's too much love for the modern thing. There's an obsession. There's an obsession with modern thinking now where, like, I hear people say, I can't believe Minnesota had such a bad coach last year, but now they got a good coach. Mm-hmm. A guy that's never coached a game in the NFL, not a single He's game. He's going to throw the ball. It's obsession with going for it on fourth, with not running the ball hardly ever. And if it were that simple, it would take me about 20 seconds to be an expert at football. Mm-hmm. Just, and it's not that simple, but very few people talk about the other side of it, which means they either don't know it or they're trying to deceive you. Why else wouldn't they talk about something that matters? Final thoughts, AJ. My final thoughts are that if this is going to win, it's going to be a lot of it was we were right about Urban Meyer. He's a total disaster because if Doug Peterson can be average and would be a massive, massive, massive upgrade. How did they do after Urban Meyer left the team? They they didn't. I mean, this was Urban Meyer's. What were they going to change with an interim coach? They they did the same as they did with them. Do we think the schemes were bad? Because Urban Meyer is considered one of the top. Now, again, there's been a a reevaluation. But a year ago, you would have said Urban Meyer is one of the 10 best coaches on earth. I would have thought so, yeah. 
So how could he be? I, so well, I do know the, we, it's pretty clear the culture was bad. What, was it, or was it that any culture is going to crumble once the coat? Well, first off, him staying at that bar was one of the craziest things I've ever. I mean, like NFL people say that doesn't happen. The coach doesn't fly back separate. I don't know. And if he does, he has a sickly mother that he's got to care for. Yeah, there's not even not, an excuse for that. Yeah, it's but a, you know, maybe. But I don't. I, can you think of that excuse that's been no, used? No. So to me, it kind of makes AJ's point. If he was so off on what should have been done, maybe there were a lot of unseen things that were problematic. But he he is one of the, he just got hired again to talk about yeah. football. I don't know. Hmm. I, I all I know is at some point. Whenever a bad coach gets fired, there's usually a bump on the team, right? We've talked about that trend, Fez, is in general, bad coaches get fired midseason. The, the players get excited and they Yeah, the dead cat bounce well. did not happen with Jackson. It didn't happen here. So now the question is, are we sure it wasn't a media narrative from the outside and the kicker causing trouble? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, like, like, getting, I don't like Urban Meyer. I, don't I thought like getting he, molested when I kick. No, he got kicked when he was kicking. I know. Maybe that was the causing this. Did Urban Meyer cause that scratch on your forehead? I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay, enough with the Jags. Yeah, uh, let's go to our under. We're on under the Titans. Okay, this I is concur. fresh. Oh my god, I, I, I my my thing is in the shop. But should I sing "Hip to Be Square"? All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm so down on this team this year. And a lot of people are. I think Ryan Tannehill. Be scared of that. I am. Honestly, that's the one thing. It's like everyone says this, and it's like, ah, great. Uh, Ryan Tannehill losing A.J. Brown is going to be a big loss for him. He does not. He's not as accurate of a quarterback as we'd love to have in the NFL. He's so good when he has a guy who has the largest catch radius of wide receivers in the NFL, and he's so good off of the play action. That's been the bread and butter. Derrick Henry coming back from injury. I have I have versatility concerns. He's going to be 29, right? Henry? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think 29 this year. And I think I saw something like of the top 20 running backs, like 18 of them were age 25 or less. It's it's unbelievable how late 20s is like, you know, AARP for running backs. I, I have versatility concerns. And I just don't know how good this offense is going to be this year. And Vrabel Coach of the Year, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they won games without Derrick Henry. If... I don't think there was anything that he did coaching-wise that you were like, wow, this is the best coach in the AFC, or this is the best coach in the NFL. And they won 12 games, but Pythagorean says they should have won 10. Yeah, From a yards per play for and against, they actually got outgained. So here's a team that just massively... You know, overachieved versus expectation with the with the twelve wins. They should have won ten last year. Well, we talked about the Chargers and how how much I like the Chargers because they've got a, a rookie quarterback salary and they've been able to build a team around it. Ryan Tannehill, who I don't think is any, I, I don't think much of him as a quarterback at this point. He's certainly not a top ten quarterback. I don't, you may think differently, well, but well, he's got the highest on, cap hold, hit hold, in the league. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think we figured out how to assess quarterbacks, right? Sure. We say half PFF grade, half QBR. So, Mackenzie, do that as we're talking, please. But he, he carries the highest cap hit in the league, which has really limited the way that they could build this roster around Ryan Tannehill. And I think we have seen – the only thing that I think could mess this up is Malik Willis coming in and playing like the bet that you and I have, RJ, that he starts by midseason because he looked – he looked horrible. He looked horrible in the preseason. Like Malik Willis. Yeah, they, they there's huge, a huge setback for 
any Willis thought. Oh, there, there, oh there, no. There's he a lot of talk good. out there from everything they read that what they did is that they went ahead and ex- selectively took all of the plays that were successful, including that one long pass where he underthrew his receiver by 10 yards and the receiver made the great catch going out of bounds. Like, look how good Malik Willis is playing. Listen, he, he probably has more physical skills than we even, or the league suspected. Yeah. But he is so far behind on actually being a quarterback, it's almost impossible. He got benched in a preseason game. That game that well, the, the media Rabel said he was doing. Well, that's show me serious, though. Well, he's just, but he's not following the script is, the, the, is the not, reason. It's not about script. He doesn't have the ability to get through the reads fast enough to get rid of the – in his whole life. It's, it's complicated, man. Well, it's not even that because it gets dangerous if you have a, a minority quarterback. We start saying he can't – because some – you know what? Some white guys are dumb and some white guys are smart. Some black guys are dumb and some black guys are smart. It's just life. But sometimes it's Nathan, hard to say. Nathan it. Peterman struggled. It's hard to say it that way. <laughs> Here's what I know. Couldn't process. Here's what I know. If your whole life you never had to do that because you're so physically gifted. Yeah, you're better than everybody else. It's yeah. kind of hard. He's still physically yes. better than everyone else, mm-hmm. it seems. But it's not by enough that he doesn't have to process. And now it's mm-hmm. the fir- you could make the case in a way it's the first time. Is I he think- even number two on the depth chart? Yes. So is Woodside still on the team? Do they cut him? Nice. Uh, Probably still on the Not team. even on the depth chart. Doesn't right matter. Now. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. But I think Ryan Tannehill's. <laughs> no, I'm for, asking, does it yeah, matter? Ryan no. Tannehill's in for a rude awakening with a wide receiving core that's Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. Well, first of all, Robert Woods, Nick if he comes Westbrook, off that injury. Keenay. Well, I've never seen these scouts. I mean, there's like some scout level people assessing like the fourth receiver for the Titans. Vrabel's pretty good. He's coached four years. Four years he's exceeded his win total. All right, so big concern. Great point. By almost two wins a game. Or I'm sorry, two wins a season. So he could have lost two more games and been about what every year and been about what was expected. Now, let's look at Tannehill. His PFF rank and QBR the last two years. So that's a good sample. Puts him at a 6.8 average, which means fifth among 22 quarterbacks that qualified. So there's only four quarterbacks walking the earth that's done better at quarterback. Now we could say it's because of Henry. Yeah. Except Henry's still there. And it's because of A.J. Brown. The second round, A.J. Brown changed everything. Largest catch radius in the NFL. I I think you nailed it. The question is, is Henry still there? And I have that's the, that's have the key question. Concerns. We don't know if he's still there. I, I, I have concerns about comp. Do you think Tennessee would have built this team the way they have if he wasn't? Meaning they, they saw him on the field. I mean, it's easy to say he came back too soon in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Other than that, what do we know? They know. They saw him in all the pre-camps and everything. Go ahead. Go I was going to say, when you said the way they built this team, they there was no restructuring of Ryan Tannehill's contract because they didn't want to kick for, the can down some, the road. For with someone team. that says I don't care about the salary cap, you seem to care about the. Salary I'm saying cap. they they they're proving they didn't want to. But they, when I said that so they didn't want to take out credit card debt. When I said so and so's overpaid. You said what? Is, oh, we were talking about Von Miller. You said what does it matter? Because you're Why talking is, about for this year. I'm talking about from what? a fundamental standpoint. If they're not wanting to put money on the books down the road. To help this season, what's that tell you about this season? You think it's you think the number one seed in the AFC is such a lost cause because who else did they lose except one wide receiver? Who's the big losses from the number one seed? Well, the concern is Derrick Henry's going to fall off a cliff. No one thinks well, that. What's his, over, I mean, what's his over under for yards? Thirteen hundred seventy-five. Does that sound like that's the concern? I like under. Well, you do, but no one else does, or it'd be bad, it'd be bad down to like eight hundred and fifty, <laughs> right? Yes. 
So you think, like, if I, I guess, you know, I guess I'm, I'm maybe, maybe I'm over. I, at this point, we got to draw in. Maybe I'm overreacting to like, like Zeke and Gurley and all these backs that were like elite. And then all of a sudden you blink but and you they're just, the, they're, they're, the rule, they're the average. Three, you heard the rule of 370, right? Sure. Henry's had like three years in a row he beat that. All the more reason he's not going to happen. It's the same thing you said about Brady for eight straight years. At some point, you say this guy's not as susceptible. Well, but I said Henry last year that 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 that, that rule was finally going to catch up to him. And and he did get it. injured. He got hurt. And it he had got hurt. To, it had nothing to Listen, every injury doesn't. If someone has a drink at lunch, every time they ever fall down, it doesn't mean it was because they were drunk. You're making a connection. That True. Is, and it's not an injury that is because of overuse. When you when your foot gets bent a certain way, it's just now every time you run the ball, there's a chance it's going to happen. When I drive 90 miles an hour, eventually I'm going to get into an accident. So what you're okay, saying? Okay, so yeah. you're saying, but you're not saying he got hurt because he ran the ball a bunch. He had a chance to get hurt more because he ran the ball a bunch, and that's eventually he did, which means there's no greater chance of him getting hurt this year. Well, now I'll disagree because once he's got that first injury, it becomes more likely well, that the second they say, one hits. They, they do if he comes back too early and if it would have had an extended run. But the way they fix that with the plate, they say it's stronger now. Now, again, they say that about a lot of things. So I don't know. They lost four of their top five receivers from last year, receiving in, in terms so, of production. Is that why you've been quiet for three minutes? You were researching that? And then right. the receiver they brought in is coming <laughs> off ACL surgery. So, I, There's no doubt that they are weaker at receiver. The question is to what – first of all, they had a number one pick at receiver. Traylon Burks. Yeah. So the – now this was a guy that's one of the biggest question marks in the draft because in some ways he was physically like a, a top five type guy, but in other ways he had trouble being a normal receiver. They were – like they built – a bunch of play, almost gadget plays around him in college. You get him the ball. I don't like that. In general, I don't like that because usually physically you're not going to be so good in the pros it's going to matter. I just feel like that with Vrabel, he's so good. And could this be lower? Let's go to that question, Fez. So what's our win total on this, McKenzie? Nine. All right. So eight and a half is the next iteration down. Mm-hmm. Could the team that literally was the number one seed – Go to the point you're saying, I think they're a 500 team. I mean, it feels like we're there. It feels like all you guys. It feels a lot like the Green Bay team mm-hmm. that was eight and a half, which I played. I played under I the. Were, I played on. Nine, I, I played under nine, then won 13. That's, you know, that's a good, you know, you open up my eyes. I like the. My whole handicap is Derrick Henry's not going to be very good. So let me just bet Derrick Henry under because yeah. he might not be very good, and they still might win 10 and games. you know what? He, they could win 20 or 12, 13 games, and he might go under 1,300. And if Derrick Henry runs for 1,500 yards, Tennessee is most certainly going to win 10 games because he's going to be running it. So, so I like I, if I could, that would be a, a much preferred proxy for this under-9 bet, which I was forced to find someone to play under. Enough with the – first of all, you cry about the overs. You don't cry about the unders. Now you're – you're crying well, about having any. You're bet. right. I love unders, especially AFC. But now you've been crying about this. Let me. Em- I'm not crying. I'm, <laughs> let me emphasize the AFC. The unders are the way to go because oh, yes. you got the nine road games. Mm. Okay, you only have eight home games, and Jacksonville mm, only this is has like an ice cream buffet. Jacksonville only has seven true home games because one of their games, one of their home games, is in London. So you're 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 digging on their pig from before. So you only more. got seven home games, buddy. <laughs> he's like you say about the Chargers, though. We really bet in Jacksonville because of their home field. Well, you're betting against them having to fly they ten. One of the worst they they, they have to right. fly ten times, including that, one trip to London. No, but that's me saying. Like, that's, I'm just saying. Like, why they've been the worst mm-hmm. pick for two travel travel is, uh, fatigue. Travel yeah. fatigue. It okay. Does. Bottom line is Jacksonville has to get on a plane yep. and go to ten different locations. No other NFL team has to do that this NFL season. That has to be a disadvantage. 
Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I think they're a lot like Seattle. Seattle is in the corner of the country, and it's so far from like you would think Seattle to Vegas is short. Oh. Hmm. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, what blew my mind was that I think L.A. You spent two years in L.A. I, I think did. L.A. to San Fran. I thought, man, that, like I always thought of San Fran as being as north as you can get <laughs> from San Fran to the Canadian border is longer than New York or check that L.A. to San Fran. I was talking about So L.A. to San Fran is less distance than San Fran to the Canadian border. Sure. So it's like you get up in that Northwest, there's a lot of flyover country that no one even flies over. Yeah, I mean, there's that state, Oregon. It's kind of in the middle there. Yeah, I never took that too seriously. <laughs> no, you just go from it's But California, I thought California Washington. was like six <laughs> times as big as Oregon. I, I don't know. You, you know, I'm a wussy guy, but when I was in L.A., I was going to Nevada every weekend. And so I would, state line or all the way to Vegas? I would go to Vegas and I'd go to Reno and okay. I'd alternate, all right? And oh, because you were trying to camp. And this is ridiculous, but the um, the having to fly to Reno, what I could tell, like with my body, I mean, I know they're both short flights. That that was a much bigger deal than just the you know well, hop into Vegas. I mean, it takes like what ten hours to drive to Reno from Vegas. Well, I was far. flying. Huh? Yeah, Reno's far. Yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, and that and that drive, you go through like gold. It's like gold mine, Las Vegas or, or Nevada. It's like one of the worst towns you will ever drive through. It's like. Abandoned vehicles everywhere. It's scary. <laughs> no, it's, it's like Mad a zombie Max. movie or something. Yeah. It's Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is I I want to do this so bad. You know how they have like the, this is kind of a sad like bucket list thing. I don't know sad, but I'm not, I never do like things I really want to do like this. I'm so my grandfather used to say one of these days. And when I was a kid, I'd be like, we're running out of day. You know, there's not. And it's like, but. I want to drive and spend like two weeks driving to like the seven towns in Nevada, the other than Vegas, like the top seven populated. So number two through eight, let's say, because one well, number two is Henderson, so you don't have no, to drive I far. I, 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 I have a book. I, I have a book. Someone did wrote a book about this. It's called Blackjack Autumn by Barry Meadow. Now this is, sounds good. Now continue. And he documents his travels to every casino, Winnemucca, Ely, Elko. Throughout Nevada, oh, there's Eli. So Ely is—is is that how you say El? I believe is so. E- I don't. I, believe I think it's Eli. Is I think Eli's I, correct. Eli's Ely? Correct. Yep. How do you know? Went there, went there a couple times. <laughs> okay, still, so he goes to Beatty. He goes to Sparks. He goes everywhere. There's a town called Jackpot, Nevada. He, exactly on the border of Idaho. He okay. he goes there, and he describes the highway as being the loneliest highway in America, going through the middle of Nevada. Now that my, scares me a little bit. My wife drove. My wife's from Central Oregon. And she drove from Central Oregon down to Vegas, and she was like, "It's it's the most dreadful drive you can imagine. There's nothing for hours and hours." But in a weird way, the, and and all that's interesting. But here's the thing: imagine if you were going to spend two or three days in every one of the cities, you would get a flavor for it that you just can't drive. And he through. plays blackjack at every casino, and he documents, he describes the the, the clientele. And the like, whether they be miners, whether they be ranchers, it's it's quite a good book. I mean, now that is interesting because you're going to get a different breed here. If you want to live in nowhere in Nevada, which is, in a, I'm saying metaphorically, who wants to live there? You're either local and never left or there's something about you that wants to get you. Like Montana's known off the for grid. the You want to get off the grid. Mm-hmm. And you're not an outdoorsy type because the people that want to get off the grid outdoorsy are up in Oregon yeah. or, or uh, Montana. Mm-hmm. I, or um, 
uh, Wyoming, yep. right? And that's a different breed, too. Very independent, usually very physical, you know, outside ranchers. Ranchers, yeah. It seems like these guys want to be smoking cigarettes, playing blackjack, but want no one to bother them except the deal. Like, you better not come at first base or whatever. Just sit out. Just sit out. You mind if I sit in this hand? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's no. one town in Nevada in Walker Lake that is, has a military base there, some very small one. And it's so pristine and clean compared to every other one of these other towns, which looks like, you know, hell's, you know, um, corner. It's, it's what a contrast on that drive to Reno when you go through Walker Lake. Yeah, th- this is interesting. You guys got to get this thing rolling so I can be gone for two weeks. <laughs> and, and, and there you go. But, okay. I, was, I have one more thought on the Titans. And- oh, well, yeah. But I was going to play a drop of Fez's about what we just talked about. But you go ahead, and because I, and, I, cause I could find a better one. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to have, have you look at the pregame research. Yes. Six and one, the Titans in games decided by three or less. So I wanted to see what Three or less. So that's interesting. We always hear eight or less when it's convenient. It's because they lost a game with the, uh-huh. when they, when, which was decided by six. But I did see the same thing. That, well, that, yeah, I'm not saying he started. I'm not saying he did the work. I'm saying it was something he might have. Well, I just looked at their schedule just now. And yeah, but that's the thing. People reverse engineer these trends to make them compelling. It would be seven and one in games decided by six or less if they had won that game. All right, so yes. here's what we do is look at the fourth quarter win share. And we say there was 1.3 games they won more than they should have. All right? That's not nothing, but okay, 1.3. All right? So they, uh, they should have won 10.7, and they won, they won 12, right? They did. Yeah, so 10.7 was their true winning. And let me ask a question. Who was more important, Brown or Henry? Henry. By far, right? By far. So in the second half of the year, they had Brown but not Henry. How'd they do? About the same. So now we're going to flip it, but that it's going to be so important. Oh, they my were, God. But they were lucky. They won but all you, those games. You agree. Like, they could have A.J. Brown right now if they wanted. That, why does it matter? But don't you think that the fact I that mean, they traded— Tyreek Hill. They could have Tyreek Hill, the Kansas City. What's but the, the fact that they traded A.J. Brown away, mm-hmm. doesn't that tell you they're less interested in winning right now? So does that say about Kansas City? I think it does. Okay, mm. so you should have been on the under there. Well, I I leaned my and my instinct was the under. Here's the thing: it, it, the question is, you're trying to build for because you like the Rams. The Rams did the opposite; they just do whatever to win now. Yeah. and because you know why, McVay won't be there. I'll bet you any amount of money, literally at even money, over under five and a half years. He's a young guy; he should be there. You think he's going to be there? No, because he wants to be on TV. He wants to be famous. Great. Oh, he's famous already. He wants to be more famous. Vrabel's trying to build a dynasty here. So in a weird way, do you take a half a step back now to keep you viable? Or maybe he didn't like Brown. Let's be honest. Do we know, did he love Brown as a receiver? He was a second-round pick. He did all right. A lot of people say his limitations they thought that made him a second-round pick still are there. That his physical skills are amazing and he can overcome some stuff, but he doesn't run good routes. I well, I think you, I think you nailed PFF. it. When, when fifth someone in what though fifth in for receivers in PFF. Okay, what? but they break down other like route running. Look into that guy. Well, I, no one knows better, and this is RJ one hundred and one. No one knows better than these teams about the chemistry of their team and how much of an asset a certain player is, and and whether there's something under the radar that isn't measured in the stats that there's some issues associated with it, and probably there there probably had to have been. My understanding case. is they offered him a deal, meaning they wanted him. And they thought it was a reasonable deal. He didn't. 
and that, and they mm. said, okay, we're going to trade you, which is the same thing that happened with Tyreek. Kansas City wanted Tyreek. They offered him a deal. He said no. They said, all right, we're going to have to trade you then. Mm. So I don't think it means the Browns some kind of cancer or there's some – it's like they had him valued at a certain amount. You know who this sounds like? Belichick. Belichick will keep anyone or trade anyone based upon the price, just like I will bet any game or not based upon the price. I, I don't know how it's the thing of the world, right? The fact that A.J. Brown, I, I think A.J.'s assumption is that somehow Tennessee doesn't have any money to spend because of one year. There's a reason Tannehill's contract's so big this year. It was loaded to that. He's, his contract's not that onerous generally, right? So, but maybe your point is, yeah, and now is the year they suffer. And I'm saying, you know what? Probably. But how much suffering are they going to do when they're supposed to, when they won 12 games, you go to 10 and a half, assuming just downgrade them because they got lucky. And now how much? You brought up a great point. We can't make them eight. They were the number one seed. And, and plus. That'd they, be unprecedented. Plus they had half a year, which is really this year, which is one of the two big guys is gone. Yeah. If, I think this is the reverse free roll that you talked about. Hmm. If Henry ah. is banged up and limited, this number's right. What would the number be even if we knew he was? Would we go to six? Like what if we th- knew Derrick Henry was out for the year, but he's not out. We don't think he's out for the year. What's what? What's assume he is? What? What, right, right. what do we make the number seven and a half? I mean, I, that seems right. How many points seems per right. game could it be? A point and a half, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the most point. any running back is. Exactly. Earl Campbell wasn't more than that. Exactly. Now we with with uncertainty with him, he's worth a point, which means he's worth only half a game. This doesn't. This is all directional again, guys. At some point, you're going to yeah. listen to me, and we'll be all agreeing. But this feels directionally like everyone agreed that they were going to be worse, and thus it doesn't matter what the number is. If they would have said this number was ten, you would all said uh, under, under that. 10. And if it was, and if it was eight, we would be complete idiots to go under eight. So why are we I'm playing not sure. under nine? Maybe seven. You're and a half. I don't even like this anymore. <laughs> I don't. Yes, this is rare. I, I, this I don't is even. Rare. I want to change my pick. <laughs> I want to change my pick, and I want to make it Houston under. Uh, what? Yeah, I want to go under on Houston. No, well, this transitions perfectly oh, into... Uh, I don't like this at all. Okay, you want to go under Houston. No, but I don't want to go under Houston. I just don't want, I don't want he to He doesn't play. want to go against you is what he's saying. I don't want to, me and both of I'll, 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 stick, I'll, stick, I'll stick with the... T- no, the reason I don't want... I, well, I don't oh, want to so go... How can you go so low? And I, because I, I, because Lovey Smith's a terrible coach, but everybody knows that, and it's like, you know, the... The but bottom line, the line numbers four and a half in Houston has Mills could be fairly good, and they and that this rookie running back might be great. Actually, about he that. might. What's your sense of him? Have you been following that at all? His odds shot up to win rookie of the year. He's now the second favorite, right behind uh, Brees Hall's plus eight fifty. He's nine hundred. And there's all these stats, RJ. These break. He's getting more yards per, after contact in preseason, and this matters. You know, this Pierce kid is great. Right now. What round did he go? Fourth. Fourth. <laughs> How does that happen? Like, what is the skill set that the, he now has shown that he didn't show? I mean, I don't, I don't even know what school he went to. Florida. Florida, yeah. Well, so I knew that, actually. Yeah. Well, the odds jumped up when they cut Marlon Mack. That was the Yeah, but well, yeah. that's a team talent. Yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. Yeah, he's the number one running back now. Yeah. All right. So, well, well, let's look at this. You need an under. Which usually no, I'll stick. I'll stick with All Tennessee. Right. Yeah. But you, your spirit wanted to, which is yeah, a rare thing. Exactly. All right. So what else we got? This the Texans. Okay, I got over. So Fez, you can still consider. If you no, want to I love. I actually love the running back, and I think Mills might be a top twenty quarterback. I, I don't want to play them under. Listen, there's a lot of love for Mills now. Now 
AJ's been a mill skeptic. Now, is there a particular reason for that? Or just because he was on the tax? He hardly played in college. He was a highly touted high school recruit. And because of COVID at Stanford, he just never had experience. So like Trey Lance. And Yeah. Uh, and the, Trey Lance went third. He went in the fourth round. And the experience he did have in college, well, well, he wasn't that great. So he got drafted so on. You just said the sample size is so small, but I'm going to make it be meaningful. He got drafted on tools. So, I mean, he well, could be good. The understanding is, and this has been uh, documented, is Belichick wanted him. He mm. was like the next, that round he was going to take him. Now again, Belichick hasn't been perfect on quarterbacks, so he's been. So he's going to take him with have him and Mac Jones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. What round was it? Four. Uh, fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. I thought maybe the th- third. Oh, it was third. Mills went third. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he went right after Kellen Mond. But but in theory, he's out of the league. Yeah. yeah. Well, he got caught. He might. Yeah. yeah. So in theory, Belichick viewed him as a, an ideal backup quarterback. Well, or he understands a quarterback you just want to have. <laughs> Let, let's be honest, though. When you were saying how dumb that pick was before he ever played, what did I say? Lottery ticket, remember? Yep. Expl- you want to share? That basically – Tyrod Taylor wasn't the answer. Yeah. So why not get a guy that there might be a 5-1 to one shot or 10-1, to one, he's any good. You're losing anyway. And play if, the and, lottery ticket. And you have a chance to draft a quarterback number one next year if, if he's he that horribly. bad. Yep. Now he's in that weird spot where he hasn't been so good that you know he's good, but now they got a second year to. But one hundred percent, you've been proven correct on this because Davis Mills has already been more than I would have thought he would be, and at worst now, a good backup. He's a good backup quarterback, which is valuable because backups can be expensive. And if you told me you've got to you've got to spend a third round pick on a backup quarterback, I'd say, well, okay. Well, that's what Belichick always believed. He never was trying to replace Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean. I guess Jimmy G eventually he did want to, but it was like there's a chance we can hit a yep. home run and trade him, or we get a cheap backup for three years. Right before his last cheap year, we trade him. Someone like the Texans will give us something back because they've done that a couple of times. They did Jimmy for Brock G- Osweiler, famously uh, and disastrously. Who did? The Texans. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, he, they traded uh, – Mallet to the Texans. Oh, yeah, Ryan Mallet, another yeah. guy, another backup they thought would be the answer. Yeah, so. Ryan Hoyer. So if you can have <laughs> for like 600000 a year a good backup and then get rid of him and make back about half of the draft capital you spent, you just keep rolling that over and Belichick, that's another thing he's done. Or if I mean, he may have been looking at it the same way the when the Redskins drafted RG3 and Kirk Cousins and then made, you know, they, they RG3 gets hurt. Okay, well, we've got yeah, a but I think that, that, that was more ownership disagreeing with. The Remember the Shanahan, stuff. my yeah, Shanahan yeah. there at the time. How, <laughs> yeah. how do you see that? Uh, how's that story told at the family reunion, Mackenzie? I'm sorry, I missed that. What were you doing? I was getting Lovey Smith's query. Oh, that, that's fine. That's good work. We were talking about the whole idea that Washington with Uncle Mike and them drafting two quarterbacks. What was driving that that year with RG3? I think it was an ownership. I don't have any insider knowledge. I think ownership really wanted... Robert Griffin III, I thought they, I think they thought Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, they had a lot of value later in the uh, – because that's who they wanted. Russell Wilson in round three was the, was the choice before he was selected. That's, they thought there was a lot of value that, later that in the sounds like a, That sounds like a little family. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, the best quarterback ever taken in the late yeah. rounds other than Brady. They wanted. But then when they couldn't get him, they had to resort to Cousins, who's now the 12th best quarterback in the fourth round. No, no. <laughs> but in general, it was – I mean, and the funny thing is RG3 had one of the best rookie seasons ever. Yeah, very ever. good. Yep. You got to wonder if he didn't hurt himself or if he didn't get hurt, what would have happened? 
where would Cousins be right now if he'd just been a backup for the next three years, four years? It's all interesting questions. Yeah. I'm sure Cousins wouldn't have a Super Bowl win, and he doesn't now. So really, everything's Correct. about Nothing to say. Uh, Lovey Smith from pregame.com research. McKenzie driving the bus here. 82, 88, and 6. Not so bad, Faz. That's ATS. Not so bad. Mm, not so bad. I mean, if you're horrible, you're usually a little worse. What was than- he at Illinois? <laughs> well, it's a different game. I mean, college football coaching is a different. I mean, we saw it's with Urban point. Meyer. Maybe, maybe I'm biased when for his recent maybe stint at Illinois. Maybe you look at him and you think he doesn't look like a coach yeah, that he's I like. Just, he's, it's the beard that's throwing him off. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is in general, let's be honest. That Caldwell, if Caldwell was white, would Caldwell have? I mean, like been fired by the Lions. I mean, I he was I mean, the Matt, only guy to have a winning record, like yeah. for 20 years. They said you got to go. Yeah. I, 62 I, and 50 in his career, looking for work. To me, the Miami head coach, looking for work. One of the best ATS coaches ever is looking for work. Brian Flores. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't lose when they told him to. But let's. <laughs> and obviously, I, my guesses are something to that, meaning that that he that it wasn't a joke. Where it seems yeah. it, it seems like a joke to say it was a joke. Yeah. But I will say this: it doesn't matter how good you are at something if the if you make the owner uncomfortable. With your own, like in a weird way, owning a company, the best thing it does, it lets you dictate the ethos. Meaning if you want it to be everyone's in a suit and tie, they're either going to be in a suit and tie or you can't work there. It's your choice, but you're going to get suit and tie people, right? I don't mm-hmm. care. I just say, AJ, you can't wear flip-flops. You have to have your sh- your feet covered was all. Oh, I didn't know you ever told me that. Wow, well, I'm joking. Right oh, okay. Now. But, <laughs> but to me, that it, to be an owner of a team and to let your coach kind of dictate the ethos, the, the culture, he seemed to be – and again, now here's the catch-22. You can easily say, yeah, if you're a black man, you better be the type to have your own North Star or you're going to suffer for it. And thus, now you can say, I don't necessarily like that in a coach, but for him it was better to ha- I don't know. It's a complicated matter. I don't think it's as easy as Flores is a great coach and he got let go because the stuff that came out of Miami after was really negative and it wasn't the owner putting it out. It was hmm. a lot of players. I mean, you follow that stuff pretty close. Is that what you heard? Like, pretty negative. Yeah, there, there's a lot of dysfunction. And he was presiding over it. Mm-hmm. So, but he also was a coach that I really was critical of AJ for thinking he wasn't a top 10 coach. Your point was he hasn't won yet. And my point was, well, that seems square. I think we're both right. Meaning <laughs> that, 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 that to some degree, the re- it got to be in the results, just like with Herbert. Yeah. We can, explain, no, you're right. we can say, oh, it's just because of this. Maybe there's things we don't fully understand. So I don't know. I do know that. But somehow in our quarterback draft, Justin Herbert went, what, second or third, and Ryan Tannehill. When you got him, you stole him in the last round. Okay, but what's that got to do with? Like, just thinking about Ryan Tannehill was the number one seed last year, but mm. we're still thinking of him. Well, as, remember oh, he finished the year so bad in that playoff. People remember that yeah. too. So I, I like Houston over with you. I, I, you're, you're I, going I from under to over. I, I, pa- so I, I panicked. You. I had I had the Tennessee under in my palm <laughs> like a juggler, and another ball was coming down. I was like, I got to get rid of it. I got to throw it somewhere. So I got 20 more seconds on, on Flores. Has any in the last two years? Because he coached the last two. 
what team has had a, not a good quarterback with a better record than Miami? If you say let's put all the teams that don't have an elite quarterback into one division, because he, he was almost 500 both year or like Saints. Except they had Drew, Drew Brees was. Oh, a, he was there too. Well, yeah. well I guess yeah. Texans. The Texans have been. They've won three terrible. games. Yeah. The point no, I'm no, saying. No, the ones is, back when O'Brien with all his no, crap. I'm saying we now. Still the last two oh. years. Because quarterbacks become more important now than yes. it was even five or six the years. Broncos. I think you're right. The, what, the uh, Browns. But let's think back. The Broncos two years ago won like five games. The Broncos then. are 12 and 21 over the last two years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They did last yeah. year felt. I'm saying the guy, if assuming Tua isn't great in a way, we even if he was, he didn't show on the field. If yeah. he is, he did. The Bears won a lot of games. Not you without know a quarterback. Funny? Well, they didn't last year. Yeah. Right. So, but again, I do think that's it might have been a little hard on him. The fact they made the playoffs twice. <laughs> I got a good one. The Steelers. And how much is Tomlin getting exalted? Yeah. By the way, Tomlin has the big office and Flores is down the hall now. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Which is one. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm excited to have that guy on the staff for sure. For, especially on the defense because yeah. I, I think it's a good year, well, which he's a defensive guy. So I didn't mean to slight Ben Roethlisberger, but you get the point. No. Yeah. Listen, I, I think Big Ben was very limited, and mm-hmm. we're going to get to them in a second. So me, I'll finish Houston. We'll get to the uh, AFC, uh, I guess the final one, the North. Because um, there's a, another disagreement there. Yeah, I just think Belichick had. I always forget his name. The GM's name at Houston. Oh, uh, Rick Smith was the guy before. No, the the current one. Nick Casario. Nick Casario. Yeah, yeah. Casario was literally Belichick doesn't suffer fools. If you come in there and and you're even adequate, you're out in like two or three years. Because he figures, if you're horrible, I fire you now. If you're not horrible. I'll get the best out of you for a year or two, and then your idea. Usually, people don't have new, fresh ideas in year three. Right. So you got to be great to stay. And then he'll cycle through people. I mean, the, he was with him over ten years, and that means he's he's gonna be good. He's not. Okay. And he could have let him go the first time the Texans tried to hire him. Oh, he he restricted them from even. Yeah, they, 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 like they were threatened with tampering. Like it was about to so get he real was ugly. Protective, uh, uh, unlike maybe an offensive coordinator. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he did not want Nick Casario to leave. So I gotta figure they're at least on not the at right, that time. Yeah, I gotta figure they're on the right track. I know the thing he was specializing in was was bottom of the roster in in New England, where he would upgrade like the third safety really exceptionally. They did that well. Now the question is who's going to step up and be elite, but the total's so low. Yeah. It, it's like they got to be better than last year. I agree. And the, the total's about the same, right? What, what's our current number? Four and a half. Yeah. Well, it was four last year. But, right. now I'm just, but so to me, this is one of those. I'm looking at the worst teams and saying, who do I want to go over on? Houston, the Lions are now out of that universe. I mean, think about it. The Lions are now, what, what's their current number? Seven. Think about that. <laughs> it was six at open. It's absurd. But hard, knocks, it? hard knocks boost. It, well, it feels it, absurd. But I tell you this, they covered more games. I mean, last year their cover rate was crazy. I think they covered more games than any team, which is hard to imagine when you win three or whatever. So to me, it's that simple. I like to go under teams that are supposed to win Super Bowls, and I like to go over teams that are supposed to be the worst team because, in theory, I only got to be right a little bit, and I'm going to be right. All right, Fez, you're back. How many times you go to bat? Were you touching up your cut? I'm 58, so my bladder <laughs> does not hold my, my urine as well as when I was 28. I don't care what people told you when you were younger, though. 
a woman can do domestic violence, is what I'm saying. So if you need, we w- we wouldn't think less. <laughs> the funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing is, the fact I make that joke means we know it wasn't that. So I was. <laughs> But the funny thing is Steve says, I'm not going to even say anything because it's going to just be bad. <laughs> Tell us what really happened. Though. I was walk- Tell us what really I happened. was walking, getting my miles in, and I was texting, and there was a but branch. But did you hit a branch? The- yeah. But your hair would have protected it. That's why it's a very, it's just a little flesh wound. It's nothing. <laughs> it's fine. All right. We got one more division to go. Nope. Indianapolis going to go oh, over. Oh, God. Who's going over there? I'm going over. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Um, Indianapolis, good squad. All right? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Over. Good squad, over. Good squad. Average quarterback now on Matt Ryan. Very good coach in Frank Reich. We're not sure he's average. Matt Ryan was average two years ago. I think he's average. All right. right. Well, no, you're right. You're right. There's some uncertainty, and who knows? We might get a Matthew Stafford bump up, or suddenly he's a lot more motivated with, you know, with probably not. He's probably average. I think he is more motivated. Just is it going to be able to overcome his age? But what I couldn't resist is the strength of schedule. When I saw that they had the third easiest strength of schedule in that, and it makes sense, that division is so bad across the board. When you're looking at, you know, just the season win numbers. Indianapolis has the easiest path in terms of having a winning record. You only have to get to 10. Division winners win 10 or more games. I'm going over 10. So they have the third easiest this year, but they were 11th last year. So in theory, it comes to 0.4 wins. Hmm. Advantage this year. Yes. And bottom line is, you know I hate overs, and I hate AFC overs because I only get— And I know that you will never make an over without telling us you hate overs. That's right. (laughs) But I have to play an over, and so I'm on the Colts over. It's good. I'm stretching you into those unnatural or those areas that you don't like to go to. Yeah, that is good. You're working the muscles that aren't exactly that are hard to reach. Lee Haney taught me that. Former seven-time Mr. Olympia, Lee Haney. <laughs> I only know the Hulkster. No, the Hulk. The <laughs> he was Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. All right. Oh, You're looking Hulkster. like him, Scott. Not yet. Not yet. Is that your goal? You don't know a lot of Mr. Olympias. Jay Cutler won it four times. Not the Jay Cutler in the NFL. Jake, oh, I was going to say, amazing with diabetes. Schwarzenegger five times? I know the world's strongest man. Like, I love when they do things like throw the barrels up and they almost fall down on them. Is this like Wide World of Sports from the 70s? No, it's like the world's strongest man's current. Magnus Magnuson? People always get injured. I would say the injury rate is 30%. Oh, you think when guys put a belt around their head (laughs) and pull a semi truck that they get hurt? Imagine that. I wonder why. (laughs) All right, last That's my goal. I'm getting out in the parking lot. I'm carrying your, your truck home. All right. One thing, and we talked about this on SOV, then I'm done with the Colts. They are flying in the face of all convention when it comes to positional value. High draft choices at guard, Quentin Nelson. As AJ was saying, and I'm not as deeply, you know, one of the best linebackers. Darius Leonard, yeah, middle linebacker. One of the best running backs, if not the best, him and Henry. So wait a minute. The, the best, most important position is quarterback. They haven't really valued that too much. Left tackle, that always seems to be their weakest spot on mm-hmm. the line. Cornerback, uh, okay. And edge rusher. Wide re- and wi- edge rusher, wide receiver. They got no superstars at any of those, mm-hmm. but they have at least three superstars at other positions. Yeah, they're kind of built from the inside out. Or, but they're true, but they're, they're built in a way that flies in the face of what everyone else is doing. No question. 
this but, could be an example of the whole Belichick thing of saying maybe they're getting these guys at discounts and it's going to be worth it, but we haven't seen the results. Chris Ballard's regarded as one of the, the – Oh, yeah. He's one of the smart he GMs. He gets on the phone with everyone and yeah. talks to them. It does seem like that Ballard thing's reversed itself this year. I don't know what happened, but Colin used to be pro-Ballard every sat- sentence. Now it's not. And I, I can t- I've listened to him long enough. I, I, I wonder what's going on. I, the, and access, I've heard- the access is closed. You think? I don't now, you know. know, since I'm playing this team over, I'm not going to mention all the usage of Jonathan Taylor running back last year because that was yeah, fly young enough. You, you think it's? I think well, it's, and okay. Frank, it's only one year old. Reich also like said publicly, we've got to get his workload down. And yeah, but his number, his his over under win or over under yards hasn't really gone down. People think it's just lip service. It's so. four, fourteen fifty. I think he's number one in the league. Fourteen fifty. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what I saw in him. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else? I mean, I think the Colts, if Matt Ryan does well, they're going to go over. I, I think also a mission team, the fact that they just blew it last year. Except they, when you have a crazy owner like this, if I mean, he feels crazy to me, Ursay, and it feels like maybe they're – because here's what I understand. They didn't want to get rid of Wentz. Hmm. They, they were disappointed. They wanted to give him another year. Because, listen, if Matt Ryan – if, if they didn't go for Deshaun Watson, if Atlanta didn't go for Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan would still be with Atlanta, by all accounts. Mm. Who would they have gotten? Maybe Jimmy G eventually, but what I'm saying is they would have been up S Creek. Why would you get rid of Wentz and have nothing to fall back on? Yeah, that's a good point. Supposedly the owner said – The owner just rid- said, we got I'm not mm-hmm. dealing with that guy. And so when you have an elite head coach, at least he's perceived to be, getting dictated to, they usually mm. are looking to get to another job. Hmm. So I'm not sure. I could be – all that speculation. You want to leave this division if you're head coach, though? I think Except, I'll stick around. Yes. <laughs> that's the catch-22, though. If you want to win a – if you just win divisions and never win Super Bowls, it actually becomes negative to win. The it's, Bengals. That happened to the Bengals. happened to Andy Dalton. Yeah, they made the playoffs like four out of six years or something. Yeah. But what it's, I'm it saying is – It tricks people for a while, and then they're finally they're like – Iron Shark or Houston. The Texans were yep. winning divisions every year. Couldn't get any further. No one – and they were – there was there was a local guy down there on a show that was used to be top-rated down Shit there. Shit on him. Shitting on him. And I was trying to help, you know, but some things can't be helped. Don't, I mean, iron sharp sharpens iron, as they say, right? You, you play those tough games, you end up winning. Yeah. But with the number one seed being only one now, with the bye, boy, it'd be nice to have a really good team in a bad division because mm. that that bye yeah. is important. Yeah. All right, last division. Let's get to the heat of it, the meat of it first. Who's square enough to be over Ravens? Check. 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 Okay. Mackenzie, you like being with me? I do. You feel smart. Don't, like, wherever we are, you're thinking we are on the right side, aren't you? Yep. See, that's what, when you build trust, that's what happens, Fez. Go ahead. Mm, let me make my case for the Ravens. So, obviously. Good, draft. Good, uh, good squad. <laughs> good squad. Good squad. Good young Americans. The Ravens <laughs> are styling out there. They're 8-3. and three. But the, oh my God! But you do realize finish, this whole thing was the number told, one seed. I was crap. told I was going to be given a chance to speak. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Mr. Hooper, president of the pledge class, eight and three. They're, but their injuries are mounting. They are adding up. How much are they adding up? They're playing the Steelers. All right, they score. They're are you down really one. giving us like a like an a- anecdotal situation yes. instead of real numbers? No, this is this is. This is like Critical. what Fez did on vacation. Harbaugh, I was watching Harbaugh, this game. No, no. Harbaugh has the best coach 
in the world, the best kicker in the world. All right, and Justin Tucker. Sick of that kicker. So he, oh, so oh, all, the, so they want to go to overtime. When you got a great kicker, overtime's great. And he still chose to go for two. Why in that game? Because his defense had not gotten very smart. Not very smart. An ass. And he had like basically felt his defense had had suffered so many injuries that he absolutely didn't the risk point them of anymore. Story. Why would he go for two? But the point is they got decimated with injuries. They're an eight. The th- they're story? an eight and three team. The, what was the Ravens' record last year? RJ was eight and three. That okay. was their record. Uh-huh. But after and they, that, and then the year continued. Then the year continued. They lost all their defenders and all their running backs, and then Lamar got hurt as well. Oh, poor Lamar. So they're eight and three. Eight and three, that's like... Oh, so what should they have been, Steve? They should have been be eight. Be honest, be honest. What should they have been? They were a 67% win team. Okay, they were. What should they be? What should they have finished? Uh, they should have finished you, 11. what you want to say is 11 insane. and five. They should have finished 11 and five. Okay, so let's assume they finished 11 and five. What would I their like win total this. be 11 this year? 11 and six. Yeah. Yeah, what would their win total be Ten this year? 10 and a half. All right, and what is it? 10. 10. Okay. So we got to act like for there to be a half game of value, we got to act like they were not culpable at all for any of the losses that happened after the eight and three start. Yes. Does that make a lot of sense? Well, they they had backup let, quarterbacks playing the last four. They had Hundley playing off, the last four games. First off, Hundley playing better than most of the quarterbacks Johnson in the league. Played, Josh Johnson he did, he did play one well. Of those games. Yeah, uh, one let, Josh Johnson. Let's take a gander at you know we can. I could tell a story about a game I watched, or I'll give you some data. Please. All right. Is this stuff about the Ravens is 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 extremely overreported. So the injuries. Now we did something a little different. Football Outsiders does great work on adjusted games lost. Mm-hmm. But we dug in. It doesn't seem like they value position groups or even qual- meaning you can have the best safety in the world, the worst safety. If he's your starter, he misses the game. It's a game lost. Mackenzie, as you kept digging, do you agree with that still? Yes. They don't wait quarterback. Like Lamar missing was the same as like their tackle who wasn't any good, let's say, missing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying stay. And at some point when these guys are hurt every year, do we think it might be part of them? It's interesting to bring this up because it runs contrary to my handicap. Mm-hmm. But the running backs were all injured last year. Mm-hmm. They're injured, and, and they're all thirty some years old. They're, they're both injured already. Could it maybe be he pushes them so hard for in every practice in every freaking preseason game that maybe they get fatigued or maybe they're playing too many minutes? They the do preseason? appear to overvalue preseason, do they not? They, they certainly value as much as any team in history has ever valued anything. So Dobbins and Edwards <laughs> are both hurt already. So yes. I, it does seem like Harbaugh is a lot like Bill Cowher, that there's an intensity that doesn't wear well over mm. a long season because the playoffs don't go well no matter what, except one time. Yeah, Flacco took him on his back. You were disparaging Flacco a long time ago. Oh, that, I mean, it was earlier this That was pod. like a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but if you look at the numbers, we said we're going to rate quarterbacks separate because mm-hmm. obviously they matter the most. We went through and tracked every game all year but we didn't do it just what quarterback you had that missed the game. What about the opponent missing a quarterback? Because a lot of teams yeah. get lucky. They miss two starters, and it skews all their stats. Well, after that, plus we took the football outsiders and blended it in. So it was both weighted. This is what Baltimore lost. was 1.6 games by injury. That's it. 1.6. Really? Where does that rank? Is that Number one. Okay. So they were the most injured team. But it was 1.6 games. But they were two wins out of winning the division. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is he says they should have been 11 and whatever. No. Eight plus 1.6 is 
9.6, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm just questioning that for a minute. But if we look at the rest of Baltimore, they were 2.4 unlucky. So it was the 1.6 plus another 0.8 of sundry unluck, lack of luck. So they were pretty unlucky. What did this open at? I mean, I've never seen a team that gets more credit for a draft when they draft the same way every year. And every year, mm-hmm. Kuiper says how – who lives in Baltimore. I never – he says how brilliant the draft was. Why haven't they won more games? Because eventually every draft is now in a second year, in a third year, in a fourth year. How many Super Bowls have the Ravens won since they won the one 10 years ago? Well, I don't think it's been a problem How winning games. How many playoff games, games they have they won? Exactly. It's the winning the playoff games, which we're not concerned about when we're doing but, regular but season we, bets. That's not ag- so you believe that's entirely different, or is it a sign – it gets past strength of schedule, get past, and it says, how good are you really, is what the playoffs well, I th- say. I think it, it goes back to your, your point of they drive too hard during the regular season, and it hurts them come the playoff time. Well, it seems like and it's the hurt second them half of the year. sooner than that. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing where Lamar – and here's the next question. Have they solved Lamar Jackson, the league? We're talking about they're going to solve Mac Jones. This is the most unique offense we've seen in the NFL in a decade. Well, Chip Kelly maybe. I mean, it's right up there. Why haven't we seen another quarterback run this off? Is Lamar Jack- I think he's the best mobile quarterback maybe ever. But how much better is he than the second best right now? Philly would be the second best? I don't know. That's an interesting point. I, I'd probably go Jalen Hurts, then Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray hardly runs yeah, now. Buffalo. Yeah, well, that's why. I, I can't Jalen go Buffalo, Buffalo because they throw so often, too. The thing that separates Lamar Jack, and I thought you meant from – other running quarterbacks historically, not well, just even in the that, league now. I think, but, yeah. but Lamar Jackson is like Michael Vick's the only other running quarterback we've seen with this level of speed. This level, of, like, there's fast quarterbacks, then there's they, Lamar Jackson they, and Michael Vick who were. They tried to run the West Coast offense with Vick, though. So what I'm saying yes. is, which is about precision and timing, yes. they built an entire. Like, the NFL has never seen in the last 20 years an offense like this. They built it all around Lamar. And do we think that it was so brilliant? Because let's be honest, do we really know if Harbaugh is even intelligent? There's nothing I see in his actions that made me think that guy, I bet he went to Harvard. He was a special teams coach. Which means he's probably not that technically. He wasn't an offensive guru. or yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He might be smart. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, who invented this offense? Wink Martindale? Well, oh, that's the defensive guy, right? Rick Roman? Yeah, Roman. Roman. Oh, Roman. Now, yeah, what's yeah. Roman's history before Baltimore? I don't know. Well, he was I, with Kaepernick for a minute, lost uh-huh. the Super Bowl. And what happened? And what happened with Kaepernick initially? Really good, and then not so good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. At some point, now it's the second iteration. I'm not saying it's the same offense. They figured out Kaepernick, and we can get you know the politics aside of it. No one thinks he was an elite quarterback at the end. It's just should he have been a backup? Yes. Do they want backups? Meaning he should have been in the league, but do they want distractions that backup? Usually not. Thus, Tim Tebow wasn't Correct. in the league, even though he was one of the 64 best quarterbacks, no doubt. And even Belichick tried to make it work. He just couldn't for whatever reason. Why do we think that Lamar hasn't not? Why are we sure he hasn't been figured out? Meaning, not that he's not going to play decently. It's just whatever edges he had that MVP year are gone, and they can't scheme anymore. 
So now he's a typical running quarterback with Matt. He's not just, typical. He's an elite athlete at quarterback, but that's never really won in the NFL. He's running a quirky offense that most defenses don't bother preparing for until the week of the of the game that they don't. Well, it's this unusual. isn't college. I mean, they're they're preparing yeah. all off season. It's just they don't have the familiarity, and they can't replicate it. I, it exactly. That's well, that saying. one's easier because you got a lot of fast. I mean, they a lot of teams will have a, a wide receiver play Lamar in practice and yeah. Yeah, do things. Yeah, I think to say that they haven't won is maybe unfair. No, no, I'm saying they haven't won any playoff game or one playoff. That's game. very yeah. fair. Well, since Lamar Jackson came, this, this is Lamar's third year. They've won one playoff. This game. isn't his third year. What are you talking about? It's He's his, played three years. This will be his fourth year. As a starter, it's his fifth As a year starter. overall. He started half the season his rookie year. The whole, yeah. So that counts, too. Okay, okay. So out of year. Okay, so— si- So you were saying something wrong, and I kept asking you why you Correct. were saying it wrong. But he, was, he, was, he went six—this is the—he had three years where he was healthy, and in— Oh, God, now, so we're g- eliminating the first year and the last year. Go ahead. I'm not eliminating the first—he was six and one when he started in the first year. And they how, won. And how did he do in the playoffs? Is this a playoff game? Well, we're, no, we're, we're, we're talking we about win totals. Play, we believe the playoffs are representative of how good. Do you think the Patriots are any better? Because they, they would have lost every playoff game. Would we think differently of the Patriots in the regular season? Yes, we'd say this is telling to how good they really are. But, do you think the Rams are better? Because yes. of what they, all right, then but, but what I will say is if before last year when everybody was hurt, every year of Lamar Jackson's NFL life, the Ravens have won 10 or more games. Okay. So so how is it? So so if the Ravens don't have disastrous injury luck again, but don't you see that your argument is completely ignoring my argument, which is things have changed. That every year he won the MVP his first full year starting. He wasn't near an MVP last year before he got hurt. It was really a huge. If you look at his PFF grades, he they started passing a lot more, and he did pretty well the first like three, four, five. Last, like, three, four, five games, he was disaster. Pull up the grades, McKenzie. I think they figured him out. I think they knew he was figured out because why would you start passing so much? Like, they did Well, that. because the, both their running backs got hurt in the preseason. Uh, running backs are literally replaceable at any time. You can get a decent running back. They get cut every day, these, these backs that— the guy came off the couch for the. It was for the Rams again, right? The, when Gurley. Oh yeah. <laughs> who was the guy? Anderson or something was his name. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> he came off the couch literally and was like the, better than Gurley. So McKay, read read us to us like the the ebb and flow of the season. Just Pat. Uh, well, no, go full offense. So he had uh, pretty good grades throughout the beginning of the season. Week three was an eighty nine. Which four is excellent. Eighty two, eighty two against that Colts. That was that big comeback. That's game. all good. You might remember. Here's the end of the season. Here how, here's how it ended. 42 against Cleveland. 44 at Pittsburgh. 67 week 14 at Cleveland. Then they shut him down for the year. And even before that, it was what, 50 and 59? Yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Below starter status. Straight in a row. Yes. Seven in a row. So, it, now again, it's easy to cherry pick and say, but if it's the last seven fezzes you taught me last week, you got to wait it more. Right? Yeah, I also don't like the fact that two of those are against division foes that already seen them. Well, the Steelers have gotten better. I mean, the Steelers got him fit. I mean, I don't know I about agree. figured out, but yeah. Tomlin's, you know he spent that whole offseason after the MVP. Like, how are we yeah. going to stop this guy? I, listen, I think I love Lamar Jackson not needing a car. Like, he's a gutsy dude. He's playing preseason. Well, he didn't play, in the, but he's practicing without a contract when no one else yeah. would do that. Yeah. To me, that's the kind of thing I always complain there's a lack of in the game. So I got to exalt that. I don't care if he's on my uh, uh, rival or not. I don't. The guy got drafted last in the first. You know, 
I don't want to say last in the first round. At the very end of the first round for a reason. The Ravens passed on him the first time in the first round for a reason. He exceeded expectations beyond belief. I still think he's the 12th best quarterback maybe in the league. I just think the trend line isn't good. And if he is the 12th best quarterback, this win total is way too high. Because what else is good about this team? Because guess what? They had another draft that was outstanding. Best kicker in the world. Their win total moved up a half game after the draft somehow. Great draft. Hmm. That should tell you something right there. Because they took a safety that everyone else passed on because he was so slow. And a center center because they don't draft centers in the first round. It's like every Mm -hmm. other year there's a center draft. And these guys undersized. What was their strength of schedule last year, RJ? Now they they start. You know know we're at a certain stage, McKenzie, when they start asking (laughs) random questions. Well, they finally get an an easy schedule this year. It will be easier about middle of the pack last year. They went from 11th to 15th. You know, so it's like literally. It's, it's point, so so. It's like it's worth like point one of a game. Uh, point two games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I all right, I mean, I, and they do have a. We're assuming on all these numbers, their injuries are going to be average next year. And we're and it's possible that they're more prone to injuries because of the aforementioned hard ass coaching staff, or and, maybe because they draft certain ways that look good. Or all I know is, and Scott, I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a lot of speculation the Rams are doing things with injuries that no one else are doing. Because they've had so many years in a row, and there's without as many injuries as you would expect, and they're so forward thinking in so many ways. Let's give them credit. Maybe they just don't put the money in the I don't know in the training staff. But it does seem like if every year you're hurt more than usual, mm-hmm. it's a trend at some point. Well, and the Rams obviously don't play anyone in preseason, so they're you know right off the bat there's that you know that's got to help. Yeah, I don't know. But there's got to be something with training staff, strength and conditioning. I mean, we know Phoenix was famous for that in the NBA, right? So their staff was really Mm -hmm. good. All right. And the Mets and baseball staff was really bad for lots of years. Is that right? Okay. Oh, they had injuries every year. Didn't the – okay. So I was going to say them about DeGrom, but we don't want to get off. Is other than just they were hurt a lot last year, (laughs) is there anything else that's making us like the rave? Or the draft was good? Anything except those two? I – they were eight and three last year. AJ, uh, the the division is weaker. the second strong. The second strongest in football. It's weaker than it was a year ago. <sighs> was it? I mean, the Browns. Browns are weaker. Have well, to be why weaker. are the Browns? Oh, because we're saying how much, how good Baker Mayfield was. The Browns went from ten and a half to eight right now, yeah. win total. The Bengals, though, they went from no. six and a but, half but, to but, ten. But there, here's the thing: that was the expectation coming into the year. But Baker played so badly. Did Baker play any? Worse than you would expect. Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, yeah Brissett well, seems to be about what Baker played let last me, year. Let me address the Browns. The Browns have a season win number of 8.25, but that's only because 11 sixteenths of their games are with Jacoby Brissett. That does not apply to the games against Baltimore. Baltimore has to play. They're both one, after that? No, one, it's oh, one okay, and one. Okay. It's one and one. So 50% of the Browns games, not one third, but 50% of the good games God, against yeah. Baltimore are mm-hmm. with the good quarterback. With another six points or, or so in yeah. theory, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I uh, I mean, Pitt, is Pittsburgh better? Because, I mean, I tell you this, the disturbing numbers to me in this was how lucky Pittsburgh was that we didn't realize it. Because I thought they were kind of lucky. But if you look at it, Pittsburgh is the second luckiest team in the league last year. I don't know if you saw this game, AJ, but Pittsburgh oh God, beat I Buffalo in week one. I wasn't going to say anything. So yeah, win, but the Bills dominated. But hold on a second. Win share was 1.6 games. Now, that's a lot, meaning they overperformed. They got lucky. But it's 2.9 games on the season. So if you keep adding in the other factors, 
Pittsburgh was so lucky with turnovers. They were the fourth luckiest team. And then uh, strength of schedule, let's see here. They, was it 29? Oh, no, it's a – oh, so it was 22 versus 12. So that, they, their schedule's tougher. So, I mean, it's been a lot of a lot of little things add up to think Pittsburgh's not going to have a good year, even if you think the quarterback situation is improved. But, but the memo went out on that because Pittsburgh won nine and a half games last year, and this year they opened up seven and a quarter. So but now it's gone up. Right? And now it's gone up to seven and a half. You, you know, a lot of talk about that Pittsburgh second-round wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Just being like, like a, re- a really, really playmaker thousand-yard guy, you He's know? He's tied for the second. Pickens? Yeah, George Pickens. He's yeah. tied for the second odds also to be the— Offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, Georgia, but he had his, he had a, a bad knee, right? Yeah, he that was most part. of the season. And supposedly year. he's a trouble trouble guy, right? I mean, that's what everyone's saying is off field issues, except they're not tangible. It's not Which trouble when they you, don't like his attitude. It's not trouble when you like oh, like throw the ball like two yards too far to the right and over his head, and he still catches the ball. So, did anyone have Pittsburgh either over or under? No. So, any okay. sense of the quarterback situation? Obviously, what picking or picket did in the preseason has been impressive. Does that cause you to reevaluate Fez at all? Like if he Oh, st- sure, sure. Now now you, you you go from having an aging superstar that, you know, made maybe made good decisions, but Ben was shot. Yeah. And now you got two two quarterbacks with skills way better, you know? I mean, that's I think Trubisky starts the year. Uh, Tomlin hasn't announced anything yet, but the way if you watch that last preseason game and you just watched Mitchell Trubisky's mannerisms on the sideline, the way that mm-hmm. he interacted with his teammates. Now, were you watching it so close to do that? It's like, yeah, oh, I like it's, this. it's like he knew he, it's he it's like he knows that he's number one. Okay, because I was thinking you were going to say the opposite. No, and I was going to want to bet you because no. I think Trubisky. He, I, I think he, he looking at him on the sidelines. He, I think he knows he's number one. I think because when Kenny Pickett's yeah. in the game, it didn't seem like he was concerned at all. My sense is it, it drew to about even before the last preseason game. And Tomlin, his instinct is not to start the rookie. If he would have taken it, he could have taken it, but he didn't take it. Trubisky did fine, mm-hmm. and you know, so I was going to play Pittsburgh over, but then this I got, bothers me. but then I got concerned about Najee getting banged up a little bit. And I got I concerned about Watt getting Every banged up. So as soon as Najee's numbers are high, so when both of those, you know, coming into the season, I mean, you need TJ Watt to be 100. percent I mean, yeah, he's, well, he's just, fine though. Yeah. What I hate about Najee is he's going to have two years running the ball into futility, mm-hmm. which is going to hurt mm-hmm. him from here, right? What so, do you hear about the O line? No, no. no. I mean, the thing is, here's what is going to happen, and then we'll move on to the final teams here. There's going to be one game in the first four weeks that Steelers give out like eight sacks. Mm. And they're going to talk about how bad the line is. The line's going to be a little bit better than last year. But Big Ben had the quickest release yes. for time to throw yeah. in the league, and he covered up for him. These guys won't because they're bo- Pickett has done shockingly. Remember we were talking about how the Tennessee backup, I said, I think it's been a disaster. You thought it looked good. Yeah, I'm really close, yep. Is the same issue, he's not near as talented, with with uh, Pickett, they thought he can't process fast enough. He in, in Pittsburgh at Pitt, he was like really slow, right? Somehow, some way, this preseason he's processed shockingly fast. Does that help? He gets to play in the same city and like this, maybe. But you know? this is something they say that once a guy can't process, he never. They never. You never hear about a guy that was slow to process that's fast later. Meaning, once he's in the pros, hmm. somehow he was able to do it. Now, some people say if you look at his A dot, he's throwing so short, he's not really going through the progressions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll see. But guys at PFF who really are better at this than me, they really were shocked at how quickly he does 
he has gotten to his reads. Hmm. So we'll see. But that, that causes optimism where not so much in Tennessee. Though, those, again, he was more of a project. He's a two-year... In theory, he's a multiple-year project, right? And if, with his athleticism... If he, if he became a good quarterback in his third year, it'd be worth the draft choice. you got to like your wide receivers and how they're oh, looking God, now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, yeah. All right. So, any other thoughts on Baltimore? We're through Pittsburgh. I will end with my Cincinnati over. What else we got? I got Cincinnati, Cincinnati unders. That's okay. it. Yes. So, we, we're not going to mention the Browns. The Browns are just such a— Good squad. Good squad. Well, not all of them. There's a couple <laughs> bad apples, you know, couple I wanna, bad I, eggs. I want to say one. I want to say one thing about Cleveland that that, that is, is. That would have been great if we said that all yeah. up for that. Well, this this is this is really eye opening. So Cleveland obviously plays Carolina week one. Mm-hmm. All right, Cleveland was laying four. Now they're catching two. So assume Carolina's two for home field. Mm-hmm. Carolina's a six and a half win team. So right now the market is putting an exclamation point that with Jacoby Brissett. They are the Carolina Panthers. They are a six and a half win team. That is a big devaluation of a Cleveland Browns squad with a good squad. Now let me say this. If there's one team I've reevaluated the most in the last week in the NFC, it's been an upward arrow on Carolina. Hmm. I talked a lot of, and I just had the beginnings of that last week. I talked a lot about how Philly was reaching the timber point and you'd hear about how they are better than Dallas. How many times did you hear that this week? Several. I mean, it's like it's 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 basically just accepted now. And I'm and and no one would even say it two weeks ago. No. My sense is I'm starting to hear the beginnings that Carolina could be a playoff team. Really? And it's Baker looking good. And Baker does look good. And here's the thing, Steve. It's this has gone too long. We'll talk about this next week. But I'm going to pose you. If you look at the imputed ratings, and we talked about this last week, based upon the spreads, how good the offense is, how good the defense is, all Mm -hmm. that. It. Mackenzie and I were looking at three or four different sources for it. Everyone has Carolina as having a below-average defense and an above-average offense. PFF has Carolina as the worst defense in football. That is nonsensical to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're reverse engineering. Uh, they want it to be in a certain window, and they are saying, well, with Baker here, they can't be that bad on offense. So how do we? So we must. We got to move the defense. We know what the overall rating is, so we exactly. got to make the defense crappy. There's no other rationale to this. It's either Carolina is much better than we think, or they're going to score a lot less. I mean, the total should go under because it's one or the other. They're either underrating that defense, which means, hey, it, uh, they're going to be better than we think. Or they're as bad as we think in that D. De- well, let me think how that would go then. Because if they're, if they're truly better than we think, let's say they're an average team, mm-hmm. that means the defense is being, the offense is being fairly rated, but the defense is being unfairly rated. Because you've got to push them unnaturally down to make them a if bad team. If the offense team. is close to average, you've got to give them a bad team. And defense. I think that's almost, you can't have Baker Mayfield healthy and not be close to an average offense. With Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Now, maybe that'll change after yeah. he gets hurt, but he's not hurt yet. So I'm going to think more about how we could exploit this, but it does feel like that D. Like, I told you that. You go, what? Like, I just said, do you think yep. Carolina's offense or defense is better? You said, oh, it's got to be the defense. The defense is better. Yeah, McKenzie, am I lying about the numbers? No. So there's something really weird going on. I haven't cracked it yet, but, you know. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's talk about. Bengals. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you guys start. I think a lot has to do with the schedule. You look at the second half after the bye, six playoff teams. And well, let's count. Let's call them five because Pittsburgh was a playoff team last year, but I don't think they're a playoff so team this year. So they have the most difficult transition of schedule. Yep. And it's going to account for 1.15 games. 
that is the biggest and major. Yeah, right. and I think if you look at after the bye, you know, at Pittsburgh, division games are always tough, especially. Now we're, now on the we're road. giving you the schedule. Yeah, right. but I'm just I'm just reading through them just so <laughs> well, we know at Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland with Deshaun, at Tampa, at New England, Buffalo, Baltimore. I, I so, think that the the division of the early and late schedule is important too because early in the season is when they're replacing all these offensive linemen when they're trying to gel. So games that we would maybe think are gimmies early in the season. Or we could look at this the other way, is their schedule is easy enough at the beginning to get past this transition Good. time, and they're going to be rocking and rolling in the second half. Good. But so, in week one, they're facing T.J. Watt and the Steelers' pass rush. In week two, they're facing that Dallas pass rush that was so good last year. Well, if only they had all those players. So uh, the last true. eight games, RJ, well, uh, Parsons. they're only going to be favored in two of the games, and I'm not confident. This sounds, you and uh, Did you and Scott talk before? No, no. The fractional wins are what they are. Why would I care about how many times they're favored? Well, it's it, it's just interesting that you've got the, a team that went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they might be an underdog in seven of their last eight games. Which sounds like they're underrated. Um, <laughs> possibly they should be favored at Pittsburgh. Yes, I mean so. Uh, but I mean, it is a murder's row they, 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 down the stretch for this team. I think at best this is a push. They're ten and seven at best. So Mackenzie, what's our current number? Nine point eight. You All know, right, and this so is one. Doesn't it feel like the Bengals are going to win nine or ten? Doesn't it feel like under? Doesn't feel like if you can get the ten, you can go under, but not under the nine and a half. I can't get into the deep science of that <laughs> analysis, but here's what I'm going to give my take on it. There's this talk about a Super Bowl hangover, okay? McKenzie's done some work on this. You ready to present a little? Uh, one second. Pull that back up. Okay. It's not as bad as it seems, or it's mm-hmm. not even. you could make the case it's not even bad anymore. In recent years. Well, I mean, like, when we say recent, like 10 years, yeah. you know, that, to me, anything before the 2011 new collective bargaining agreement, or now it's one old, everything changed. The, the, the practices, everything. So, to me... Football started being more passing then, too, so it all yeah. kind of fit. Um, all I know is this. It feels like if the Bengals didn't make the Super Bowl, but they just made – let's say they would have lost to Tennessee, which they could have lost to Tennessee. Oh, sure. Um, Tannehill had a bad game. You guys Three interceptions, that. haunts mm-hmm. them. All right. Is, I think they might be more highly rated because there's so much of, oh – they almost didn't make the or they first of all they were resting players in the last week of the year and lost the game because they didn't care because they were yes. already locked the division up so they had the division locked up before the last game but somehow it's like they barely made the playoffs and they almost lost you know the, the Raiders if everything would have fallen right they could have went to overtime you know it's like yeah. okay they dominated I mean since he had control of that game and then they beat Tennessee even though they gave up eight or nine sacks. So at some point, I think if they would have lost that Tennessee game, there would have been no backlash. It would have been like since he made some progress, Burrow's amazing. He's got to fix the O-line. And maybe Zach Taylor's not a dummy. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because I've been anti-Zach Taylor. I don't know how good he is, but that D coordinator is getting more love than any coordinator on defense in a long time. Like his, they say his halftime adjustments are amazing. Zach Taylor's already accomplished more than I would have ever expected. Him. I agree. So I've, I haven't been a fan of his. But then if you start thinking about it, well, what would they do in the offseason, right? Well, get the O-line straight. They've spent- By all accord- accords, they did. So it, it's almost like how do you do better than this? And I'm going to say one more thing. Joe Burrow's injury was catastrophic. It was multiple. It was where it was is at the – you know about this. Where they could not at the functional level, but at the structural level. Yeah. 
It wasn't a tear. It was like it blew out the knee. Yep. They said he didn't feel good until at least halfway through. So he was out there gutsy taking mm-hmm. sacks. If you look at his numbers in the second half of the year, they're so much better than the first half. I mean, he wasn't that good, like, even through game 12. And then it was like, this guy's another guy. Don't Does not feel applicable that he was injured, and often they call it a two-year injury, some of these injuries. Well, he was good about 12 months later because, really, it was the midpoint of his first season he got hurt. It was about the midpoint of the second season. A year later, he got so much better. So it's like, do we count the whole season or do we count the second half? If we count just the second half, Burrow is one of is as good or better than Herbert. If you and again, I know you can't cherry pick, but you can sometimes a little. And then you think, what kind? What other quarterback took a whole franchise that's a loser, and on the force of his will changed their 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 losing? I've never seen it. Like, Josh Allen, Andrew. Well, the Bills made the playoffs the year before they drafted him. It's it's a bad Tyrod Taylor. They made the playoffs. It's 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 a bad example because they were always good, but they had a terrible year before Andrew Luck hit hit Indy. Yeah, so I'm talking I'm talking about saying a franchise. The Bengals, even when they made the playoffs four out of six years, it was like these guys are losers, (laughs) right? It was always that. Well, when the Bills made the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor, you felt like they were winners. No, they made they were in four Super Bowls not that long ago. And what happened in every one of those? They were losers. If you think the Bills... Uh, what be, are we it, debating exactly? Are we debating? That the Bills were, have been <laughs> considered... The Bills and the Bengals were comparable franchises in the eyes of the public. Is that what you really want to go on record? Because it's just absurd. Well, what, I mean, let's look at... Uh, is that yeah, a like, no or Playoff yes? appearances is in that the last no 20 years. Yes. Is that a no or a yes? Okay, no. Okay. The Lions... That, They're I, losers. Yeah, the Lions yeah. are losers. I was going to say Russell Wilson, Seahawks. Well, did the Seahawks get that play- down? Well, they did. They did play. They did make the playoffs a year before, but again, it, it was because they were seven, eight, and one or something, if I remember right. Because that yeah, was when, but the, like, they had the Hasselback, you know, surge, and they, then that was but, it. But they made the Super Bowl, and it was a very well officiated game. They lost in, but in Super Bowl forty, <laughs> they played the Steelers. I, it's hard to say yeah, Seattle. Yeah, you're right. Well, sure I mean, if, if we would have said who's the losers of the league, it's the Browns, the Bengals, the Lions, the Jets. They made two championships. Yeah, under Ryan, certainly they had some tough times recently. I think the Jets qualify. No. I agree with AJ. That was that two AFC championship teams. They, they I mean, you got to go back to Klecko before that. I, 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 the Jets and the and the Bengals putting them in the same sentence as losers just to me means you guys don't know the NFL. It's just there's nothing about the Jets. They won a Super Bowl with Joe Namath. Like even winning a Super Bowl takes you out of this. But the list. Bengals went to, to went to have gone to. It doesn't matter. They the Bengals lost. had gone to two Super Bowls. Yeah, and the last one was forty years before, and they still lost. That's the point. Icky shuffle, boomer. <laughs> so you so you believe growing up a Bengals fan, the Bengals weren't in that losing category. Yeah, because I'm biased. I was a homer. You were, but you were a homer, so you're yeah. not anymore. Well, probably. What pushed you off the team? All the winning. The I didn't like the fact that they became a dirty team. That that really turned me off. Like like with was it perfect and, and so those up guys. until perfect, you were a big fan of Pac-Man. the Bengals. Pretty much that put me like I was just like God. What is this this team? And 
This, I got to say, is one of the worst debates I've ever heard. Anyone that's debating that the Bengals weren't one of the losing is they're so cheap they don't No, they, they are losers. The Jets are losers also. It's not the same category. Well, you grew up around the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you put the Bengals and the Jets in the same category? No, I look at, I look down on the Bengals as a Jets fan. <laughs> I mean, he's being serious. I'm being like, how serious. could yeah. you not? The, yeah. the Jets did beat the Bengals okay. in the playoff game in 83. NFL records since they beat 2000 the in the playoff game. In, so why since uh, 2000? What, what year do you want to go to? I mean, Coldest I want to go. Ever. I want to count Super Bowls to start, and then if there's any, if anyone won a Super Bowl, they're not on this list. That's okay. the starting point. Hmm. Because you can't be an ultimate loser and you won a Super Bowl. No, I think just, the Lions is the comparison. Yeah, That's the it. Lions. That's it. The yeah. Bengals are way better than the Lions. The Lions are the ultimate losers. Okay, but there, if we—that's what these categories. How does this sound, Steve? <laughs> you playing the role of a fake NFL fan isn't a good. You're right. You're it's right. like don't act like you care about any of this. All right, <laughs> you're right. So you name three loser franchises, right? Uh-huh. Well, our database goes back to '89. The three losingest franchises: Cleveland, Detroit, and Cincinnati. So somehow exactly what I said. The Rust uh-huh. Belt. But let's let, let let's try to find some other slices of time. And this was even before the Super or uh, I guess the Super Bowl doesn't even count for the Jets. And where's the Jets at? They're, the Jets are ahead of the Cardinals and the Jaguars during this time. Yeah, this is almost like Oh, the, they, we left out the Jets. The Jaguars are worthy. They belong. They haven't been around long enough. It's like you can't this is takes decades <laughs> of losing. You know? They're well on their way. Oh, I agree with that, except everyone batting the over this year. <laughs> but I, w- I, will say, I, I will say this. Who in the right – Fez, we bet let's, – let's, let's be honest. We bet the under to the Bengals last year, and it was under like I six know. and a half. I know. And you know what? Burrow somehow said, I don't care. Like, he's taunting the Ravens. When in the second in that second game when he throws for 525 and did a play action pass and they're all saying, "Well, we're gonna remember that." He's like, "Great." I mean, like, <laughs> check this out. This is interesting. Burrow by far the best QB after Week 12 mm-hmm. of last season. PFF Burrow 93.2, second best Rogers 91.8, best quarterback. And I, it's I, not I, just arbitrary. It's his knee got better. His appendicitis. He, apparently, his appendix exploded. Which makes it a much bigger deal than just having having your appendix removed is no big deal. Didn't mention this till now. This is a big deal, though. You think? I don't know. I'm not an MD. Look at Ben Roethlisberger's season after he had his appendix taken out. It was bad. What? What? what, Taken out is okay. It's just the problem. Apparently, you know, it ruptured. A ruptured appendix is a much bigger deal. But I don't. Did you ever see Breakfast Club, the movie? 40 years ago. Okay. At one point, the dude who was a nerd was trying to act like he had a girlfriend in in um, Niagara Falls. The blonde kid. Yeah. Yeah. And what Judd, uh, not Judge Apatow, what was his name? Judd, uh, uh, Judd Nelson. Nelson, yeah. He said, well, beyond your vast experience with girls in the Canadian area, do you have any other examples? So let's accept that very possibly Joe Burrow's appendix could stop him this year. Anything else? It might cause a slow start. Okay, but anything else is no. what I'm saying. Because it seems like we got a team that did shockingly well last year, that all they did was improve. That no, I haven't heard one critical thing. I've heard one critical thing about the Bengals. They could have over they could have done what the Chargers have done. I mean, you got a quarterback, you can spend out the ass. They didn't spend out the ass, but they spent a good bit in the right places, it seems. Mm-hmm. I don't know how – let's do the Super Bowl comparison or the, the uh, hangover. What do we got, McKenzie? So since 2009, 10 of the last 13 Super Bowl losers have made the playoffs, my 49ers not being one of those 10. 
Think about that. 10.2 wins per season. 10 out of 13. That's, that's probably better than Super Bowl winner. I think that's a good number, though, because, I mean, 10.2, that's... I think we all think there are 10-win teams. Except that's out of 16 games for the most part. Sure. I mean, so they get a whole other game to win the extra game, right? So, so it sounds like they met expectations. I would imagine this. No, no. The, making the playoffs 10 of 13 years is not meeting expectations. The, the, no, but the ten, I agree with that. But the 10.2, uh-huh. that that, look, that f- feels about right. A Super Bowl loser is going to— We need gonna, the median more than we need the mean. The median is— I think it, it might even be higher. I think 10.5 well, might be the, the normal. Can, can you get the median, please? Do you have the numbers? Yeah, I'll, I'll grab that. There's yeah. some— the 49ers and the Panthers won like four games. That's what I have. You're going to have yeah, a few disasters. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, you're, that's a good point. Um, and for those, and again, I'm, no, I'm pretty good at stats, but I'm not a PhD, is the theory is an average is good unless there's going to be extreme outlier numbers, and thus you want to say, take the number that half of them is above and half is below. That's the median. Is that fair to say, Fed? Spot on. All right. Anything? Do you have anything negative on the Bengals, AJ? Have you, you heard about the Super Bowl hangover before the new pregame.com dad? Well, yeah. Uh, in the Super Bowl hangover, one thing you'll, if you dig into that Super Bowl hangover, typically those teams have started slow specifically. But we're not grading this after four games, are we? No, but we just talked about how the, the opening part of their schedule much less difficult than the latter part. I, and the overall strength of schedule but is But if difficult. you're going to be slow, and, isn't that where you want to be slow? Sure. Okay. But, and then the other thing is, I just, and I've certainly come a long way on Joe Burrow. Oh, you hated him. I did. Mike Sando had him 14th. He ran it. How I thought wrong it was crazy. Was. The, the Bengals did catch a break with this whole Cleveland thing. And they, yes, they have to play Cleveland once with Watson. But weeks 9, 10, and 11, from memory, Cleveland plays the Bengals. That's on Halloween night. And they played Miami and Buffalo. So, so the theory is the change in the suspension affected these teams. Right. So check mark upwards for Miami, Buffalo, and Bengals. Those three teams basically get a Jacoby Brissett game instead of a Watson game. All right. So last thing before we get this median, I'm going to ask one more time. Give me an example of a quarterback that took, doesn't even have to be a team as bad as the Bengals. But they, he put them on their back in one year. The entire culture changed, where it felt like they were. At no point did I go into the Super Bowl saying the Bengals are losers. I'm fading the Bengals. You, you one year, a couple years ago, Fez, your entire handicap against the Browns was the Browns organization, are and I was directionally right. Okay, but what I'm saying is that's how bad certain teams can be. The Bengals would have been in that group when it comes to really winning, as we've proven at length. The question is, how did he change it so fast? Stafford is someone we're trying to act like he was held down by a decade by how bad the lines were. Hmm. Burrow said, I don't let that affect me. I'm Joe fucking Burrow. Cam Newton? What? They had one year they made the playoffs, and Carolina wasn't bad. They made the Super Bowl with the loam. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, how, how, how about this is extreme car of the Raiders? The Raiders were bad for so long, got, and now they've been, and they, they've been decent with them. So winning eight games? They, they go over every year. I know they've been lucky yeah, as all hell. This is a Vegas thing. Okay. You're supposed to be six and a half. Right. You seven. They, they, no, you might be right. I don't know that they're. They, they, I mean, they, they've Brady. risen up from from horrible. Oh, Tom Brady is Tom Brady's rookie year. But remember, yeah. they made the Super or second, Bowl. Second, yeah. But they made the Super Bowl against 80. Green Bay. Oh yeah, ninety six. Yeah, with Barcelos, right? So I mean, and against and they the, were kind of like the Bears. Drew, Tom Brady followed up Drew Bledsoe, who was also very very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you got that median. Not quite. No. I know. I maybe you don't have the raw data. We'll do. That'll be a tease for next week. Like that. I thought, to be honest with you, this went long, guys. But I thought the info covered was awesome, 
And we got a team here. Pre-game research. Uh, yeah. I will say that the, 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 the swing, it was probably, uh, it's a part they should probably give to the Hall of Fame for me, I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, if, you know how sometimes you got to pick one for that? What do you think, Fed? I think this so. This is like for your consideration. <laughs> All right, so let's talk schedule. You guys who had a hard start, there were seven games, and somehow they had eight picks. They went seven and one. I'm gonna, there was but, one combined pick. I double-checked. Uh, okay. One combined. We were both on UConn plus the points. So that was a lock then. That was, yeah. That Gra- was, grab was plus, one, tw- grab was plus 27. Combined. They led 14 to nothing early yeah. in the game. And by the way, closed 24 for those who like closing line value. I, I, you can't eat it for lunch, though. Now, I will so tell technically you. Technically six and one. So, no, no. double count. I mean, well, if yeah, you Because well, I, I, I had four plays. He had four plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's seven, seven and, and one. Yep. And there was one, one double, double light. Yeah. Yeah. So college football, you guys are taping tomorrow. Today is Tuesday. That means you're taping it Wednesday. It comes out Thursday. Correct? Yes. Okay. We're going to be flipping that in the next couple of weeks. Just know one day come out, Wednesday is going to be NFL or college, then the other one. And then once we get settled in a week or two, it's going to be always college first, NFL second. But a little different for the next couple of weeks. Okay. How many games are you picking? Because you had a lot of games last time. I think we're going to go with eight to prepare us for this contest. Yeah, so we're in that contest. I'm off. How many people enter that usually, Fez? Well, the guarantee is... It's William Hill. William Hill. The last year, the guarantee was for 1,000 people. My understanding is they only got about less than half of that. Right now. It's a huge overlay. Now, this they, was last no, year. Last year oh, okay. Half, so so they, this year, they dumped the guarantee down to 500 people. Correct. I anticipate maybe only 330 people would as be my over-under. As of week, mm-hmm. as of the 21st, mm-hmm. there were only 97 entries. So that's called an overlay in theory. Yes. That's a six-figure overlay. Now, usually when the overlays are too obvious... Everyone, all the the uh, blood suckers will say yeah. rush again. And, and those <laughs> that number that I got was on the twenty first. So we are almost ten days past that. I'm sure there have been probably yeah. double the signups. This, this is not an easy contest, though, in the sense of an easy contest to enter or to put your put in your picks. You can put them in on your app. Okay, mm-hmm. you cannot put them in on the app with this contest. You mm-hmm. actually physically have to go to a kiosk mm-hmm. to enter them. So that's going to make the, the bloodsuckers less likely to deal with the hassles of having to put it in Saturday morning when they're super busy. That's Steve Fezzik speaking for the bloodsuckers. <laughs> now- <laughs> Representing the two bloodsuckers, Mr. Fezzik. Those, those bloodsuckers. That's a good squad. <laughs> All right. So, one, if you're not listening, give it a try. Because you're going to get no RJ. I, I might, if you guys have a super hot streak, I want to somehow get some credit. So I'll jump on for 10 minutes. Yeah, sure. But, you know, that will only be on that rare. Can occasion. I come on for five? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, Fez, again, I think your college insights always in. You know what we should do? This is interesting. You guys pick nine games, you send them to Fez by text. Now, follow me here. I want this. And he eliminates one game. He knows what's wrong. He doesn't always know what's right, but he knows what's wrong, right? Spot the lemon. And then what we can do is track that ninth game, the lonely number nine, and see what happens Mm. to it. Because I will bet major money it does worse than the other eight. (laughs) But when it comes to the Oh, okay. okay. Got it. Got it. So I would would bet massive on that. So he's really offering 
not really, I'm kind of making You're offering for him. Yeah, to improve your win percentage. And it's great. What do you think? And it's good yeah. to have a bloodsucker on our side. Nice. Well, you always have a bloodsucker <laughs> on your side when you get Steve Fazek. Scott, Scott sent me a, a baseball play, and I, I only mentioned this because it's maybe self-serving, but I was like, I think, I think play that first <laughs> five. Else, why Remember, I, I, I tweaked it. I'd play that first five. And the first five won? Yes. But the full game lost? It when was, he it gets, was your, your tweak made me money instead of losing me money. When he gets labeled a bloodsucker and his response is to lean into it, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> I want a shirt made, yeah. But here's the thing, guys. Next week we're going to start the regular season, obviously, because it's going to be upcoming. Week one, we're going to make a point to be tight. Not too tight, but we don't want it to be onerous to listen. We know a lot of people love the long pods. A lot of people want to get to the facts. We're going to probably find a way to split it out. But rest assured, I've been thinking about it. And I'm trying to move in that direction. I think today, though, there was just so much great debate. And if people fake debate, it never lasts. It's like, oh, good point, and they're moving on. But when you really care about the points, you debate them. But I tell you, I think this show is a good example. There's a lot of good meat on the bone when we dig in. And I'm going to try to dig in as deep as we need to, but not deeper. But there still will be Bob Dylan stories. Right. Occasional. Occasional. Well, mostly every week, but occasional long ones, oh. shorter ones mostly. 40 seconds here okay. or there. All right, Fez, take us out. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Let's be careful out there. Talk to you next week.